Warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long runtime as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned pop thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest. If you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 311. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. It's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over, counterculture, push over. Pop culture. Leftover. And you'll be uncool, kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. Yeah, Jake. Uh, and another week, another episode. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy how time works like that. <laughs> well, actually, people got two episodes this week. They got a bonus episode of uh, the Rise of Skywalker spoilers. Oh, to be fair, only non-pussy listeners got two episodes. That's this week. true. That's true. I guarantee you. Guarantee you, there's, I don't know, man. I, I, there's a lot of people that I'm sure started listening to it and then they turned it off. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like that sounds just like any normal episode. <laughs> That's very true. Very true. We are not alone this week, though. Hey, yeah, check out that. Uh, we, we did, if you want to know some spoilers, uh, actually a, a lot of spoilers that we believe are spoilers. Uh, Jake and, and myself, we, we did a uh, Rise of Skywalker spoiler episode. I compiled the Spoilers from MakingStarWars.net, Bespin Bulletin, and the Jedi Paxis Reddit leak. So check that out. And we had guest Dan West on that episode with us. So yeah, give it a listen if you aren't a huge puss. Yeah, uh, yeah. Joined by the great Dan West. And yeah, Brian, I'm very proud of that episode. And man, you just killed it compiling all that information from all those sources. Like I, I still can't it, believe that might be our most cohesive podcast ever. It was, it was fun. And I did like, um, I did realize afterwards there was a couple things that I think I got wrong, but on the flip side, like all the elements are there. So whatever, it's out there, listen to it. And when the movie comes out, once the movie comes out, then go back and listen to it and see like what was right. You know what I mean? So yeah, that'll be fun. Anyway, we are not alone this week. We are joined by Quentin Roberts from the now retired The Real Zodiac podcast. Welcome, Quentin. Hey, how you guys doing? It's great to be here. Happy to have you on, sir. So, yeah, uh, people heard you on episode 300. 
Yeah, I did. I was on there for a good good little while. Got to talk to a lot of people from the Leftover Army that I've been kind of conversing with. So it's, it was really cool. Really cool to be on it. Yeah, it, we we had a blast that episode. It was great having you on. And we are excited to have you on this episode as well. I don't know why I'm talking like that. So. <laughs> well, great. I don't know. Yeah, things are, are going to get weird. It's the excitement. It's the excitement. <laughs> Feel the excitement. That sounds like so 80s, like an 80s kind of, you know what I mean? Feel the excitement. Need a guitar riff right after you yeah. say it. It's like it's a little in there. Fucking teenagers drinking orange soda. Feel the excitement. You know, <laughs> like that's a commercial or something for like Fanta back in the. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Anyway, yeah, hey everybody, I was uh, recently on another podcast that I want to kind of promote here. I was on uh, episode 90 of uh, the Heroes of Noids. No, uh, Heroes of Noids. Remember the Noid from Domino's? <laughs> oh, I'll never forget. That thing haunted my dreams. <laughs> Man, the Noid was huge. The Noid was huge there for a while with Domino's. I was like, the, yeah, what the fuck was it? Was it a red bunny rabbit or something? Like, it always confused me. It was like a, it was a guy. It was like a weird looking guy in like a, a suit. Like a suit that did kind of have ears like a bunny rabbit, and they called him the Noid. What did he? What did he do? What was his thing? He stole the pizzas, right, and kept them from being delivered warm or some shit like that. Uh, yeah. Thirty minutes or less. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the the mythology of the old Noid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what's canon these days with it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, everybody and their stupid fucking mascots back in the day. <laughs> Remember when Seven Up they turned the fucking red dot into those little characters with the sunglasses on? Yeah, Spot. Spot. Jesus Christ, Jake, you're on top of these mascots. Yeah, yeah. They should do like the giant mascot crossover. They did, like a battle royale. Well, they did. Did Did you ever see the movie that they did years ago with like the breakfast cereal mascots and like? It, and they had huge stars in it and the CG. The, this was made like in the, oh god, I'm gonna have to look this fucking thing up. It's, it's, um, I wish we had our Jamie. Did you, you, have you ever heard of this? They had like, I think, oh. I think it was like Tony the Tiger and, oh my god, hold on, let me pause. I'm gonna find this. Alright, we were back. I fucking found it. I was about to, ready to give up, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah, I thought this was like some Sinbad genie movie shit. That, you know? No, 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 not the like the Kazam movie that was actually Shaquille O'Neal and not yeah, 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 yeah. This is it's called Food Fight, and it came out in 2012. And like the trailer for this thing is, it looks like it is from the 90s, like 90 CG. If you ever watch this trailer, and they got huge names in this thing: uh, Charlie Sheen. Hillary Duff, Eva Longoria Parker, Chris Kattan, and the it's it's all these food celebrity icons and and just icons in general, like in uh, uh, products and things like that. They got Mr. Clean, Charlie the Tuna, the Energizer Bunny, the fucking Twinkie Rodeo looking dude. This thing is ninety minutes long. <laughs> they got the Vlasic Pickle Stork in this fucking thing, Jake. Yeah, the poster is amazing. It's got them all like in a, a shopping cart. The the tuna fish, Mr. Twinkie, the store, Aunt Jemima. Yeah. 
I've never seen this, but I've watched the trailer and it is so bad. It is so terrible. Oh my god! I know what I'm watching after this, dude. Uh, Wayne, it's free, it's free on Tubi TV. Uh, Charlie Sheen, play, ooh, watch it on Tubi TV. It's called Food Fight, and uh, <laughs> Charlie Sheen plays Dex Dog Detective. He's a detective dog. He's a dog detective. And he teams up with flying stunt squirrel Daredevil Dan, played by Wayne Brady. (laughs) And the beautiful sunshine goodness, played by Hilary Duff. Oh, my God. This this movie. I've got to watch this now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm watching the trailer right now. It's got uh, Gruff McGruff, the crime dog. No, it's that's like a rave. That's Dex Dog Detective. That's oh, Dex. Okay. Yeah, it's not McGruff. They couldn't. Yeah, they, they could only afford Charlie the Tuna. They could not get the rights to McGruff the Grand Dog. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was too busy busting pedophiles. Wouldn't that be great if we could have like a Chris Hansen type show where he's busting pedophiles, but it's McGruff the Grand <laughs> Dog asking these guys to sit down and hey, sit down. Let's have a chat. <laughs> oh man i've fallen down the rabbit hole in this food fight so it looks like it was made for like russian audiences oh it was terrible dude it came out in, like the it came out in 2012 but it looks like it's like straight from the 90s the rotten score rotten tomato score is 10 percent from the audience <laughs> <laughs> you know it's bad when the audience hates it <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is amazing. I have to see this. I will have watched this by next episode. I want your sure. I want your full review. Anyway, I was talking I was um uh I was on the Heroes of Noise podcast on episode. <laughs> oh yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that's even where we were. I know, I know, man. Oh, yeah. I was on uh Heroes of Noise episode ninety, so uh download that episode everybody. I had a great time. We talked about literally everything uh under the sun and had a blast talking with uh Steve and Dan uh from the Heroes of Noise. So download episode ninety of the Heroes of Noise and listen to me talk with them. Um yeah. Are you guys ready to jump into some iTunes reviews? Oh yeah, my favorite. Oh, yeah. All right, let's do it. It's one iTunes reviews this week. Uh, let's see here. We've got one from uh, Mikey, Mike, oh, God, Mike Tite, Mike Titan, Mike Titan. I, I like it. it. Oh, I like it. Mike Titan. And uh, it's uh, titled From the Offices of Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer. And it's a five star. And it goes, host Brian, he not walk with women. Host Jake, sound like walk with many women. Me like Jake, me like women. Me thank you for many moons of fun talk from noisy rectangle in hand. So this is, this basically is going back to, uh, that, uh, one listener that left a review on iTunes about, uh, that was, uh, we, they, we didn't quite understand. It was just kind of, uh, he talked like, uh, Tonto or, you know what? Remember that fucking? Uh, yeah, kiss? I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about. Yes, fucking. Yeah, this, this was just as bad as that. Oh, you weren't not as mean, not as mean, but 
Uh, it was. Not, I think. I think. Not very it, funny. I, well, I don't know. I, I appreciated it. It was fine. It was topical for that. I guess that one week that we t- had two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> this is a three star review. For me. Okay. Yeah. So thank you there, Mike Titan. Uh, here. Um, and the, the final one here. Yeah, we got two this week to go over. Uh, it's, uh, it's from NM Bad Town. What do you think NM stands for? NM. New Mexico? He's from a bad was, town in New Mexico? I went to a noisy motherfucker for some reason. So I don't know. You're probably right, though. No, I, I think you're on the right track there, Jay. Noisy motherfucker. <laughs> I think you've narrowed it down. It's I think you got right into his mind, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Mind meld. Yeah. I don't know. Why would it be a state? Why would you know what I mean? New Mexico. That's silly. Noisy motherfucker. Yeah. Anyway, it's uh, <laughs> titled uh, "Listen to the Leftovers," and it's a five star. And it goes on to say, I, like many, started listening when I happened to find Brian and Jake and company breaking down Infinity War and have been fast-forwarding to the advertised content ever since. The show is co-hosted by resident mommy and daddy Jake and Brian, the former and an accommodating accommodating yet practical sidekick with a heart of gold, and the latter a guy who reminds you of the loud older bully at the arcade who had more quarters than you. I kid about Brian, though, who all credit should be given, as I'm sure it can be difficult being very intelligent combined with the repetitiveness of doing this every week. The man's wit is spectacular, and as someone else who also recently wrote, I, too, genuinely appreciate his passion. He comes up with this program from scratch every week for all you judgy dinglehearts. I hate this review already. Also... He says that, not me. I hate this review already. Also, is it really interesting, Jake? You're goddamn right it is. So that's, uh, that's from uh, Noisy Motherfucker Bad Town. And he deserved that name right there. <clears throat> yeah, for real. I, I was right in his mind. That was a, a noisy, noisy review. I liked it, though. It was good. I'll give it four stars. Yeah, I liked it as well. That was a fun one. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for the iTunes reviews. You're all fantastic. I ain't got any fucking weird, funny bullshit to say about them this week. I don't know. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I was I was choking <laughs> and struggling trying to find weird, funny shit to say about those as well. Yeah, I know. This, you guys are not giving us anything to work with. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it, it's I it's some like I feel like um like a potter. Is that what they're called? The guys that make pots out of clay are they called pot? <laughs> yeah yeah is that what they're called <laughs> for now they are and i feel like your itunes reviews are sometimes just a lump of clay and then i put them on that is that called a spindle what is that, what is that thing? i'm i'm digging the analogy not really digging the uh yeah. not really landing on the joke but the, the, the hold analogy. on the the, the, the delivery this isn't about to be ghost fan fiction the, is it it might be we might jake me and you might be naked making some pots here in a moment buddy <laughs> I think I have the right gloves for that. Oh, that's that's when the that, that's when the uh, that's when the Whoopi Goldberg ghost like walks out of the room. <laughs> oh, she was the she was the medium, right? She was the medium. Correct, yeah, correct. Not, not a ghost. She, <laughs> I'm I'm not sure you understood what that movie was really giving you. <laughs> 
Whoopi wasn't the ghost. I don't know where this analogy was going. I was, I was, it was basically, it was just like, you give me these lumps of clay and then we mold them into something special. So you, I was basically saying that your iTunes reviews are the equivalent of just gigantic lumps of boring clay and we make them interesting. <laughs> we, Jake, we, we shape them. We shape them. I, I like it. I like it. That's a great metaphor. Yeah. With our ghost reenactments. This week, this week, the only thing I made was like a shitty ashtray. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's lopsided. I'm hearing, I'm hearing unchained melody in the background as you're saying this. Oh man, Quentin, you want to make you want to make some pots with me, man? <laughs> uh, uh, put, put the ashtray next to the other 250 ashtrays. <laughs> All right. I got an email here from uh, Mediocre Alex, and uh, the subject is TV series. It goes on to say, hi, leftovers, exclamation point, Jake. He's very excited. Yeah. Very excited. Yeah, I get it. Sometimes when you start emails, it, it's just so, so thrilling. It is. It's a thrilling. It's <laughs> almost It's almost like that lump of clay that's saying, no, I'm not, I can't get it. No, it's more than that. It's like <laughs> it's an adrenaline injection. It is, uh, these emails. I love the show, and I've been listening for a while now. You guys mentioned a show called C, and I wanted to check it out, and in, it's now one of my favorite shows. It's a combination of CW's 100, Daredevil, and Game of Thrones, which seems like a lot, but I think it's meshed well together. I wanted to thank you guys for bringing this to my attention, because I had not heard of it before. So thanks, Leftovers. I think it's like I get the whole combination of CW's 100, and Game of Thrones. I think he just threw Daredevil in there because he's blind, and these people are blind. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you? see any other connection. <laughs> Do the people have heightened senses and see? I didn't I didn't know that was a thing. I thought they, they just couldn't see. Well, don't blind people have heightened senses anyway in real life, Jake? Yeah, but even more so in the TV shows and the movies, it seems. I don't I just think it's because Daredevil's blind. Is the only yeah. reason he threw Daredevil into the conversation there. <laughs> I guess that's all that guy gets from that show is that he's blind. He's just proud of him for doing what he has to do. He could have thrown in like uh Cheered Imway from uh Rogue One. <laughs> any just any random blind person. Yeah, I think the Apple Plus people should hire this guy. I mean, that that's pretty good marketing there, just throwing those. You know. Oh, totally. Oh, my God. Like on their next commercial. Have you seen C? Wait till you see C. It's a combination of CW's 100, Game of Thrones, and Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah. I don't know. I've wa I watched the first two episodes of that one and just haven't got – I've been watching Apple TV, though, man. There's some – like I'll be talking – we'll be talking about one of those shows this week. But um, I'm still wa – I watched uh, episode four of Servant today. I'm sure we might even talk about Servant. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm – I don't know. I'm kind of digging it. I just haven't gotten back to see. Yeah, you think it's worth the five bucks a month then? Yeah, I do. I mean, for me, it is so far because I'm watching these shows. Yeah. So, so there you go. There you go. It's definitely the cheapest one out there, I think, of all the major streaming services. Yeah, well, yeah, I think it. Well, Hulu, 
Well, yeah, Hulu's right around the same price. I I did the whole thing. Hulu offered the dollar ninety nine this year. Last year it was ninety nine cents for twelve months, and this year they did it for a dollar ninety nine. So I canceled my other one, and then I just signed up with a different email. Did the dollar ninety nine one? I did the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. I don't I don't mind their fucking commercials. I don't give a shit. No, no. Get on Twitter for a bit. Yeah. See what's going on? That's what Run I to do. the bathroom. That, I like those commercials. Yeah, it's I'm a glad they have them. It's a bathroom break. It's a yeah. It's a let's get on Twitter. See what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind it at all. Mm-mm. Nope, I don't either, Jake. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I kind of miss the art of the cliffhanger on TV when they, you know, they had to actually build around dramas around those commercial breaks. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Now it's like, oh, they do that on Storage Wars, Jake. Oh my god, oh, real bad. Yeah, they do it. And, you know, they got Dave Hester, and he opens up a locker, and he's like, oh, what, oh, what's in this? And then they cut the commercial, and then you got to wait for him to come back to find out what's in that fucking box. The worst part is when they come back, they show you the whole setup and the cliffhanger again. Yeah, it's like you show me. Yeah, I know. Just <laughs> show waiting me. for three minutes. <laughs> and, hey, we're going to do this. I think, are we going to do that whole Jamie thing? Is that happening? Yeah, I hope so. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that maybe we'll start that in like January, mid I think mid January sounds good. We'll have that people is good. come that on. That is good. How many people do we have so far? I don't know, like seven or eight. So wow. I'll, have to, I'll have to go through the emails and check them out. But I think I'm going to have one week where it's like, they have to compete against Alexa. So it's like man versus machine. Like, you know, fucking John Henry in that fucking coal mine with that fucking hammer. You know what I mean? And we get this man versus machine. Wow, is that going to be like the final challenge or just everyone's going to have to do it? I don't know. What, what do you think? No, I, not on the episode. I think I'm just going to have like all of them on. And then for the final week, I'll just have Alexa be the fucking Jamie that week and see how she does. It'd be great I, if she did better than them. <laughs> There's no way that could be better because the whole point of the, the silent Jamie is they'll do it with that. You'll, you have to ask Alexa. Yeah. The best Jamie won't even need to be asked. Right? Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, I never thought of that. But it's 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 all down to their performance too. Like she can just look shit up like really quick. But half the time she's probably just going to be like, "I don't understand what you're asking." <laughs> Doesn't she repeat what you just asked? Sure, looking for blah 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 blah. Yeah, she's she's just letting you know that she's on top of it there, Quentin. Well, I'm just saying, man, you wanted somebody who was kind of invisible and you're asking for Alexa and she's going to be talking to you the whole time. I haven't haven't worked out all the details in, have I, Quentin? Well, I guess not. (laughs) I didn't fucking apply for it, so I don't give a shit. I don't want our Jamie talking back to us except with the answers. Yeah, I don't know. I'm about ready to replace uh, Quentin with Alexa tonight. So. Oh man, I wonder if she watched that Black Widow trailer. We can talk to her. We're gonna, hey, yeah, that's what we're gonna be. We're gonna be, uh, actually, we're gonna be doing things a little bit differently this week. We're gonna be starting the episode, 
with uh, some of the Marvel news here. We're going to be talking about the Black Widow trailer. We're going to be doing a full breakdown of the trailer. And then we're going to be jumping into the CCXP news from the Marvel panel that's been happening in Brazil. We will not have any Wonder Woman trailer breakdown because we're recording on a Saturday. That's going to be released on a Sunday. So we'll talk about that trailer next week. And honestly, Jake, I think that works out great because doing two trailer breakdowns would fucking break me. Yeah, yeah, that does work out well. So nice for it comes out on a Sunday. We'll have a whole week to kind of let it stew and think about it and really dive into it next week. These trailer breakdowns take me anywhere from three to four hours for these Marvel trailer breakdowns and for the Star Wars trailer breakdowns. These are no joke when I do these. So it was like I was kind of worried about possibly getting two this week. So I'm glad it worked out the other way. Are you guys ready to talk about the Black Widow trailer? You know it. Let's do it. All right. Um, Let's see here. I think the first thing that I want to talk about here real quick before I do break it down is we got to talk about when this movie is set. Um, Black Widow is set between the events of Captain America Civil War and Avengers Infinity War. So there's a two-year period in which the Avengers have disbanded over the induction of the new legislation of the Sokovia Accords that led to members of the Avengers taking sides uh, with, you know, either Iron Man or Cap and then, um, you know, fighting uh, for or against their enactment of the Sokovia Accords. So Natasha... She was first on the side of, you know, Tony and the Accords, and then she eventually flipped over to Team Cap and then went on the run with Steve Rogers and was put on wanted lists in the process. So this is during um, uh, the two years in between Captain America Civil War and Avengers Infinity War. And this is a particular mission within those two years that takes her back to Budapest, and then takes her back to Russia. This is not the original Budapest mission with Clint that we've heard about. So I don't know if people are saying that. I don't. I haven't read, but I just wanted to clear that up at the beginning. Got it. Uh, funniest thing that I've seen on Reddit since this takes place between Civil War and Infinity War, someone posted that after the end credits, the screen will go to black and read, Black Widow will return in Avengers Infinity War. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of really awesome. (laughs) If if they did that, I would lose my shit in the theater and just die laughing, dude. Yeah, they should totally do that. That's a great Marvel joke. And if they haven't planned on doing that, there's no problem with stealing this guy from Reddit's idea and adding it. Yeah. Well, have you heard that this might be a trilogy? Oh, yeah. I've not heard that, but I can see why they would want that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't hear that. that, That's interesting. Yeah, that there might be more movies after this. Some people were speculating, oh, they're going to find a way to bring her back or something. I'm just like, come on, knock it off. As far as effects money goes, um, these are on the cheaper side of Marvel movies, so I'm sure they would love to make a ton of money off like three of these. Yeah, I just yeah, we'll talk about we'll talk about that. I think um, let's go, uh, real, oh, hurry, real go ahead. quick before we go on because we were talking so much about when this movie takes place. You know, on paper, we, we've always known like being in the know when this was going to take place, and I was kind of disappointed that it wasn't a little bit more of a prequel to the character. 
but having seen the trailer and like thinking about the time, I, I I'm excited to see what's going on in this two year period. Like it's an interesting period of Black Widow to mine, I think. Well, this all works out for the future of the MCU. Like, uh, I was going to talk about this much later, but I'll bring it up now. Kevin Feige at the CCXP Marvel panel today said that this movie affects the future of the MCU going forward in phase four. Oh, that's, wow. re- that's really cool. That's really, really cool. And I, I imagine because a lot of that will be those Disney plus TV series, they're going to mine this two year period a lot more with some different stuff. Absolutely. I mean, look at what we're getting as far as like some of the things that are coming out now. It's a lot of this government kind of stuff that's going on. And then just even street level characters going on in phase four, not all of it, but some of it I'm talking about characters like, of course, you know, uh, Captain America, you know, the new Captain America, um, you know, Anthony Mackey's Falcon is going to be our new Captain America. And then we've got us agent, uh, the whole moon Knight, moon Knight, And then also Shang Chi. So I mean, great point. I think a lot of this is, they're talking about this being the future of the MCU, there's got to be something set up in this movie, even in the possible post credit scenes going forward for this one, where it's setting up the future of the MCU. So I'm really excited to see where it takes us. Let's go ahead and just like before we kind of like break this down, let's go ahead and just rate this one. So I'm going to play our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, we're going to start with our guest, uh, Mr. Quentin Roberts. Uh, what is your rating for the uh, Black Widow trailer? Uh, yeah, I have to kind of go ahead and give this a high taste it. Um, it's not a Tupperware just because with this character, I, I'm i very interested in her story, but like, I just, I don't know. I just, I don't know anything about her. I don't know anything about like the, the other characters that were introduced. And I'm going to be honest, and I don't know if I'm in the minority, but I really don't like the way Taskmaster looks. Um, the, just what we've seen, but, um, some highlights that I really liked is seeing David Harbour coming in. Um, I think that it looks really good. Like it looks very well shot and what we've got, there weren't a lot of jokes in it, which I was kind of surprised about. And especially towards the end where they didn't even have a, um, ending joke scene or anything. Like it just felt very serious for once, but yeah, I'm just going to stick with a high tasted. Hmm. All right. High taste it. I mean, what was it like? Did the for it to get that Tupperware, what would it have had to have done? I mean, I, I understand that, you know, it, it, that you don't know a lot about these characters, but it's like was. What was it? I'm trying to figure that out. Right. Um, I think it might have been just that it honestly it. Black Widow's character, I mean, she's she's done so much in the MCU, and I mean, I'm excited for this movie, but it's not my top priority, I guess, with what we're getting in Phase 4. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that she's getting her own movie. I really am, and I'm going to go see it day one. But, like, I, I just want to wait and see what else we get with it um, before I fully commit. I mean, like I said, I'm going to see it. It might have just been, like, the Taskmaster. Like, I... I don't know. I love the character design okay. in the comics. Yeah. And, and like seeing him on there, I like, I had to pause it and look at it and I was like, God, there's like, 
nothing here that I'm seeing that is pretty much anything like the comic or even in the cartoons he's been in. And so that kind of brought it down for me a little bit. Marvel's doing this all the time, though, as far as like these characters, maybe even not looking 100% like their comic counterpart and then just changing story beats. And then for some reason, most of the time, I'd say, yeah, most of the time it ends up working in the final cut of the movie and people just accept stuff. I mean, Jake, we had to accept that Hank Pym didn't make Ultron at the end of the day. We didn't love it, but, you know, on the flip side, like, that's what happened. So, you know. Yeah, and I think Zemo is a great example of this. They yeah. didn't really go the full-on Zemo route at first, even though it seems like they may possibly do that in the future. Yeah. What would you think, Jake? What, what are you going to rate this one? You know, I'm actually going to Tupperware this trailer. It, it made me a lot more excited for this movie than I was on paper. I thought it was a really, like, slick and sizzling trailer i thought it was cut really well it it showcased lots of the action sequences um the perfect length i like the like almost parody trent Reznor, atticus ross music going on in this trailer i thought that worked really well for it the music was so awesome i loved it oh yeah yeah Yeah. and all that stuff going on It, it really helped get me even more excited yeah for this movie I, I just thought this was this movie could be a pile of steaming dog crap but i thought this was the essence of a really well cut you know two minute and two second trailer i i wanted to watch it again just right before we did it just to see if it still kind of gave me that impact and it, mm. it really did like this yeah definitely it did the job it's supposed to do uh-huh. and for the first time i'm very excited for this movie this trailer goes out with a bang like this this trailer goes out with a bang when she is fucking and we're gonna talk we're gonna break this whole fucking thing down but that action scene that we see at the end where she's free falling i'm just like oh my god that just even the even the middle stuff like the the fight between the two black widows in the house it, yeah like just the small stuff yeah. And yeah, I mean, it looked like a really different kind of Marvel movie, like almost a yeah. just a female led action movie, like James Bondish type like crazy stuff going on. I, I'm really excited for this movie. Now. I feel like like when they sat down and they talked with the director and they said that we're going to do this Black Widow movie, she was like, OK, what have people really enjoyed from this character? And I think they went back and they watched, I think Kate Shortland probably watched a lot of Captain America, the Winter Soldier. And she's like, I, for, I, I guarantee you she's a fan of that movie. And I, I feel like this movie is just like, they're taking a lot of the elements that we loved about Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and we're going to have it in a Black Widow movie. I, I really do feel that way. Um, cause yeah, that's I, a great analogy. So I, and I'm, I'm also going to give this a Tupperware. I thought it was a phenomenal trailer. Like I was just really blown away with this. I do kind of understand what Quentin's saying about like not, I for one think that we didn't get a lot of Taskmaster in this. And I think that the reason that we're not is I think that there's a lot of mystery to that character that they're wanting to conceal right now. They're trying right. to conceal a lot of mystery to that character because I think there's going to be a lot of mystery to who Taskmaster might be in the movie. I I, I don't know 100%. Or if they're going to use that character in future franchises, they yeah. may want to, like, slow build it. Right. Yeah. Because I think – I do think we are looking at – it's weird. It's weird. I don't know if it's just going to be the one villain or if there's going to be multiple ones in this. So – 
Yeah, and, I and uh, to kind of go off of what you're saying, Jake, I don't want another one and done character with this guy, um, because like I said, I really loved the way Taskmaster was in the comics, and for him to kind of be crossboned, you know, like I, I just wouldn't enjoy it as much seeing him just in this movie, and that's it. Okay, so just yeah, just worries like that. I hope that when I hope when the movie comes out, Quentin, that you love it. I, I hope you do, but we'll. We'll wait until uh, until the movie comes out to, to get – I'll hear your reaction then. But let's go ahead and break down the trailer scene by scene. Um, the trailer, it starts with a shot of Budapest, Hungary's capital. Budapest has – it's been teased many times in the MCU by Black Widow and Hawkeye. Um, it's where this – they were on this unknown mission that both Natasha Romanoff and Clint Barton – Ron that kind of bonded them even closer when they were both, you know, very young shield, a- uh, shield agents. So we hear, you know, we're back in Budapest. This is not that mission though. Um, we hear Natasha say, I, I used to have nothing and she's looking in a mirror and then we get flashbacks of what we've seen of her in past Avengers movies. We see Avengers age of Ultron and, and then we see, Natasha, uh, in her training in the Red Room, uh, we see her welcoming future Avengers aboard the helicarrier, like, you know, ca- uh, Captain America, and then spending time with Clint. Uh, we also see her in Captain America the Winter Soldier while she's, um, uh, aboard, uh, the Lumerian Star, which was that, uh, shield ship that they used to launch the, uh, targeting satellites for Project Insight. Um, so a lot of flashbacks to previous films. And then Natasha says, and then I got this job, this family, but nothing lasts forever. We see Black Widow getting off a train in Budapest. We next hear who I believe a lot of people were thinking that this male voice was Thaddeus Ross, General Ross, because we immediately see him in the next scene. I don't think it's, I don't think it's General Ross. It doesn't sound like William Hurt. I think it's um, the actor that they cast from The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, his name's O.T. Fagbenel. And that hashtag show said that he was going to be playing a villain in the movie originally. So possibly he's playing Taskmaster. But I also keep hearing that rumor that Rachel Weiss, her character in the film that we know little about. I'll talk about her later. But she could also be Taskmaster. I, I don't – that she could flip or – you know, I I think that one of the widows will flip, but I don't know. We'll we'll talk. We'll dive into that a little bit more later. But all I could find out about Ot Fagmental's character is that he's playing a character named Rick Mason, and in the comics, Rick Mason was known as the agent. He was the son of Phineas Mason, the Tinkerer. And he, mm-hmm. he became a uh, highly covert operative and freelance agent who specialized in the non-lethal handling of superhumans. So hmm. that's all I know. I, and, and I'm not even sure that that's his voice, but I'm. it sounds more like that actor than it does William Hurt as Thaddeus Ross. Yeah, I don't think it's William Hurt. I, he's got a pretty distinct voice, and, and I think a lot more people would be cued into it being Ross, if that was who that was. Well, I think the I think the conversation that's happening here is happening in present day. I don't. Oh, yeah. And the Thaddeus Ross stuff that we've seen in the trailer, he's de-aged, so it's a flashback. 
And by present day, you mean the present day the movie's presenting, the in-between Civil War and yeah. Infinity War. Anytime I say that, I'm going to say it as if it's the present day of this movie, because it's just going to get confusing for me saying it's set between Avengers. <laughs> for Civil- real. Yeah. Well, I-, I was just yeah. double-checking. Present day of the movie, as we're, we're meant to see it. Yes. Um. Anyway, we hear this. I'm glad you cleared that up, because somebody probably would have called me out on it, Jake. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we hear this man say... I heard you had to leave in a hurry. And she responds, it's never easy these days. We then get a shot of General Ross, and he's leading this convoy of soldiers and trucks and all these vehicles, trailers. And we're looking at a DH General Ross here. So this is 100% a flashback, a flashback to when. I am not 100% sure, so... But this is a flashback scene, and I think that we uh, they show this scene again later in the trailer, and we'll talk about that. Um, we hear the man say, so what are you going to do? And we see Natasha then flipping through old ID cards that have her face on them. These are from back when she was a spy. And then we hear her say, I've lived a lot of lives. This is where she's in that apartment building and she, as she's flipping through the cards, we hear a woman call out to her and she says, I know you're out there. And then Natasha replies, I know that you know I'm here. And then this fight breaks out between the two of them. This whole sequence, uh, from the film, this, this, this whole sequence from the movie was the scene that they showed at San Diego Comic Con 2018, uh, 2019 this year, excuse me. Yeah, I remember when we described this scene. Yeah. Um, we hear Natasha say, so are we going to talk like grown-ups? And we now get our first look at Yelena Belova. And this is the character played by Florence Pugh. She was from this year's Midsummer and Fighting With My Family. Um, Love she's, her. She's awesome. I think she's great. And it's awesome to see her in the MCU. Um, she's also a Black Widow. Um and it, Natasha's calling her her sister, but we don't know if they are really sisters in the MCU or if she's just referring to them both being from the same Red Room training by the KGBs, that just that they're both widows, so they're both sisters. So in the comics, they're not sisters, like biological, like, like through bio like bio bio ugh, i can't say it um biological biological bio, biological sisters thank you um they're just <laughs> yeah i'm gonna fuck up words people i'm drinking <laughs> um but uh yeah they're not sisters in the comics so i don't know if they're literally sisters in the mcu we'll find that out. there's there are things yes no yeah there are things that they've changed in this movie already from what I've heard. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. They could be sisters, but I, as far as that, I think that at the end of the day, Natasha could be calling, you know, Rachel Weiss's character, her sister as well. Like they all could be considered sisters, right? You know, just because mm-hmm. they came from the same red room trading. Yeah, I right. would lean towards that's what's going on. That they're just 
comrades. Right. I would hope, I would honestly hope that and that she doesn't actually have a sister. Um, I don't know. That, that, that just seems like it's too late. Um, if that makes sense. Well, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Natasha's very secretive and she's been a spy and maybe she just doesn't like want a lot of information out there just to protect her family. You know, it's like, right. I think like that's going to be an interesting thing. We'll probably be finding out a lot of things about Natasha in this movie that we didn't know. Like we've only seen her interacting with the Avengers and not this other family. Like she's never even mentioned any of these characters to my knowledge in any of the other movies. And you can make the argument that like they hadn't planned this movie yet and that's fine. But the MCU has not been opposed to throwing Easter eggs out there um, in other films for other characters. So I, I'm, I don't know. There's more retconning the past. Yeah, true. Very true. Um, in the comics, Yelena Belova, just like, uh, Natasha, she was trained as a spy and assassin in the Red Room. Um, she was originally an enemy of Natasha. She was sent to kill her. They later became friends. Um, she was also a member of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, she was a member of Vanguard and, and also a member of Hydra in the past. Um, and what's interesting about that character of Yelena is just like how Hawkeye saved Natasha from being, you know, this brainwashed assassin, Natasha paid it forward and did the same thing for Yelena. So I, I, I think that, I think at the end of the day that we don't really have to worry about Yelena Belova, hopefully. <laughs> I think that she'll be like, I think she'll be the new Black Widow going forward in the MCU. And I think that she'll probably stick with Natasha throughout this whole movie and be kind of like a loyal friend. Yeah, I, I, I hope agree. so. I agree. Oh, sorry, Quentin. No, I was just gonna say I hope I hope she is because, like I I love this actress and I would love to see her even further on into the the franchise. Like I would love for her to come back and I don't know maybe be a possible Avenger or something of that sense. I don't know, man. It's a, it's it's one of those things where they might be setting her up if they ever want to do a Young Avengers movie. You know, right. have her like yeah. be part of like a Young Avengers team. She's a pretty cool character in the comic books, it, seemingly. She's one of the Black Widows that they made villainous more often than not. It felt like though in the comic comic world. So, yeah, definitely. She had one of the more buggier Black Widow masks, if I remember correctly, where it actually had like the three eye thing going. Yeah, I think that they're going to be playing around with the the widows and like who you can really trust in this movie, as far as the widows are concerned. I think that she will end up being the good one. I think the I'll talk about the other one here in a moment. I think that I don't think we can trust the other one, which is who we'll, we'll talk about her in a moment. But that's, the, that's probably true. I, I think Vegas Odd says you're right on that. There's a fight that breaks out between the two of them, um, and we see this play out on screen. I, I thought it was awesome. I mean, I thought it yeah, was it. very cool. Um, uh, knives. They're using knives, and it's it's really cool. Natasha eventually says, "Good to see you. Uh, good to see you too, sis." And uh, Yelena wants to know why she's there. And then Natasha says, we have unfinished business. Um, as she says that, we're looking at what could also be a flashback scene here. We see Natasha. She's wearing a different costume than we've seen. And the reason I'm thinking that it could be a flashback scene is because what we see, what we see here 
could be the same military convoy behind her that we saw in the General Ross flashback. Right. And she's also okay, I follow that. She's also got her hair in a ponytail. And in the present timeline of this movie, her hair is different because it's it's up in a braid. And I'm not saying that like that's a definitive indicator, but I think that it I, th- I think, you know, you take the convoy, you take her hair. I think I think we're looking at a flashback scene here. So, like, this could be a scene. I Okay, it's one of two things in my opinion. I think this could be a scene of Natasha fighting against Ross and his soldiers back when she was still a KGB agent. But I think it's more likely, I think it's more likely her first encounter with Taskmaster and why she says she still has unfinished business. I'm still thinking, you know, that I, this movie has a lot to do with, with Taskmaster being the villain. So I'm thinking, with her saying it's unfinished business, this is just, we're watching a flashback scene of her first encounter with Taskmaster. And yeah, you that think makes that, perfect sense. Oh, yeah, go on. No, I'm you sorry, guys yeah. are just, Jesus Christ, I, I wish I could have you guys raise your hands. <laughs> <laughs> we need to create a system, Jake. Come on. Yeah, we'll um, get on that. Flip a coin. Right. Um my 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 thing was, do you think that like the first encounter with Taskmaster was in the past? Is that what you're saying, Brian? Yeah, oh, 100%. It, okay. I I I'm not that's what I'm saying here. I don't know if that's what's really happening, but I right. I, I think like think about it though. Think about it. The third act, who are they going to be going up against? More than likely, the taskmaster. Hopefully. Okay? She's saying we have unfinished business. So I'm thinking this, her saying that means that she's probably encountered the taskmaster before. And so I'm thinking like this flashback scene is just kind of like General Ross's soldiers showing up late after a battle. Taskmaster's already got a, gotten away. Right? right. So... Um, and it's probably like early on in her, you know, early days of S.H.I.E.L.D. that she's taken on the Taskmaster. And she's probably doing this all by herself. Well, um, I was going to say, what if that was what uh, Hawkeye was um, kind of, you know, talking about whenever he was talking about Budapest, like they were they yeah. were going against Taskmaster. I don't think it, I don't think it's I don't think it's Budapest. Oh, OK. I don't think it's Budapest. If I had to place a bet on it, I don't think it's Budapest. I still don't think we're going to get the answers to Budapest in this one. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't think so either. They'll make that bigger since there's some intrigue already built in there. Yeah. But yeah, I think that guess about, you know, Taskmaster and going on in the flashback, it, that holds a lot of weight. It, it's, you know, they're going to want to make that villain bigger and badder at the end and not just seem like he came out of nowhere, you know. Oh, you know, who's this guy? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. It just logistically makes sense for a film that you would want to set that character up earlier and give him more gravitas later on. Right. I don't know if, I, I don't know if Jeremy Renner showed up and filmed anything for this, to be quite honest with you. I, I don't, th- I didn't think so either. I don't think he did. I think like we're going to see Renner in the Hawkeye series, of course. So, I mean, that's where we'll get him, but I think this is just black widow's movie. So, um, we then get a scene of Yelena and, Black Widow running and jumping across rooftops. There's a third woman 
who looks like she's also dressed up like a like a widow. She's like in black leather. And I can't tell, but it looks like there's a scene where it looks like they're chasing her, but also in that same scene it looks like there's like they might be chased by her. I can't tell if they're chasing her or she's chasing them. <laughs> Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It, it is very unclear what's really going on in that sequence. Uh, we hear Natasha say, we have to go back to where it all started. And we get a shot of what looks like the Red Room. And the Red Room, it was, it was a KGB training program that, um, they would, uh, they would use, they would have these women, um, use weapons training, martial arts, combat training, and they also had genetic enhancement. And they would turn the women into into widows, and they would control them, and then use them on these spy and assassin missions. So then we see Natasha. Uh, the next thing we see her flipping down into uh, kind of like her um, what is it, hero super landing, you know, her hero landing pose. <laughs> definitely, <Right>? definitely. <laughs> and uh, yeah, superhero landing. And then she's wearing a a new white suit. It's it might be an old suit for her, but it's something we've never seen her in. And this is her suit from the comic book miniseries Black Widow Deadly Origin, uh, which is about her early days as a widow. So I don't know. Like, it could be like an old suit that, you know, maybe, you know, Yelena was holding on for her and she used it. But it's it's a suit that she uses for wintry climates. Um, we get a quick shot of a bunch of widows training, kind of like... Uh, you know, um, I'm trying to think here. They're just, they're just in a room and they're training. And, uh, then we're back in Budapest and it looks like Natasha and Yelena are being chased by an armored vehicle. And the vehicle is escorting Taskmaster who in the comics is Tony Masters. And this is where we get our first shot of Taskmaster. And he is the villain. And I don't know how they're going to do this in the movie, but in the comics, he's known for photographic reflexes. So basically, he can watch somebody perform a move, and then he's able to perform the same move. He's able to learn their skills. Um, he also, at one time, was able to like take on their powers. But I don't, I don't know if they're going to be doing that in this movie or if it's just going to be kind of like moves and skill-based. So when we see him in the trailer here, he's using a bow and he probably used that. He probably <laughs> learned that from Hawkeye. There might be a story there. I don't know. Um, and uh, in, the, in the comics, he used a shield just like Cap. Um, and that's really neat. If they actually do go with the power from the comic book, then there could be some really cool Easter eggs there just with yeah. the stuff that he does. Yeah, we might be. I guarantee you, people, once they've seen this movie, we're going to see somebody take a, a move that he did and then line it up with something that we've seen another, you know, Avenger do in a movie, and it'll be the exact same thing. And they'll they'll have these two things play out on the screen at the same time in a GIF, you know? Yeah, let's hope it. they go that far with it. I hope so. I, yeah. Uh, we then get a shot of Rachel Weiss's character. She's playing Melina Vostikov. Um, in the comics, she was a Russian espionage agent called Iron Maiden. And um, she hated Black Widow. Yeah. <laughs> she hated Black Widow. She became a freelance agent. Vostikov was one of uh, several, including Black Lotus, uh, Deadshot Durance, Nakama, Kono Sonata, and Snapdragon, hired to assassinate the Widow. Um 
in an assault. Iron Maiden outlasted the others and nearly overpowered Black Widow, but fled when James Wu arrived with a S.H.I.E.L.D. squadron. This might be the scene that we see at the beginning of the movie, just with different characters. The flashback, like this might be, instead of, okay, it, it might be, some of these characters, it might be Taskmaster showing up with some villains and taking her on. And then instead of James Wu arriving, it's Thaddeus Ross and his soldiers showing up after she's held these guys off. And so that makes me think, like, could they be using Melina, Rachel Weiss's character, to actually we find out that she's Taskmaster at the end of the day? I don't know. Like, that's been a rumor because we just don't know is could could taskmaster takes taskmaster take off that helmet and be rachel vice at the end of the day hmm. she kind of looks that. like a villain dude yeah that's interesting and it would have a bigger impact if it was a character that we already knew instead right. of just this person from the unknown it, yeah that wouldn't bother me too much either yeah, they've been. T- I, I've been hearing that they might do a gender flip with the character. I keep hearing this rumor. So, um, we get a shot of David Harbor as uh, Alexei Shostakov, the Red Guardian. Uh, in the comics, Red Guardian was created as a Soviet answer to Captain America and uh, the Super Soldier program. The Russians in the comics didn't have the strength enhancing serum, the Super Soldier serum. So Alexei was trained in hand to hand combat. Um, they gave him a magnetic disc that he could throw that was like Steve Rogers' shield. Um, and I'm not sure about him not having super strength in this because we get that shot of that huge metal door being flung off its hinges. And like, it's, it's, it's too, it's, it's cut weird. It doesn't look like an explosion. So it could be Red Guardian being the right. one who does it in that trailer. You see what you see is that door being blown off the hinges. You don't see him walking out of it, but it immediately cuts to a scene of him turning around. And so you're led to believe that he's the one that busted that door off the hinges. Did he was it explosives? It possibly yeah, just some kind of tool or something. Sure, but it also could be they could have changed it to where he has superhuman strength in this one. That the Russians did have their own kind of super soldier program, and he is super strong. So, just throwing it out there. It just it looked it didn't look like an explosion or any kind of like you know. Uh, it just it looked to me like somebody had just like thrown that door off the hinges. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. It's hard, hard to, hard to say. It could have just been done that way, just you know, for movie magic and to make it look bigger. Sure. Yeah, we'll find out. I'm just, I'm just, I like to just throw out theories, and if people, people like them, that's cool. But it just, it's one of those things where I'm thinking this could be one of those things where they've, they've changed it up from the comics. Um, this is something that they have changed in the comics. Red Guardian and Natasha were married before they both signed up for the Russian government. So he signed up as a pilot. Natasha became a widow. And then 
he faked his death and became Red Guardian. And then I guess I like years later, her and Captain America bump into him and it all kind of comes out. But like I found out today, just today at CCXP, it was revealed in new footage that they showed at CCXP that he was not married to Natasha, but he was married to Melina. So Rachel Weiss's character, they were married. Oh, wow. So yeah. that would hold a lot of crazy weight if uh, <laughs> Castmaster ends up being her. Right. I'm right. Mm. This is brand. like it even more. Yeah. This is brand new news that just came. I keep thinking to myself, it's like, is, is Melina like, is Melina like so jealous of Natasha that you know that that she would go to this go to these links and and be this villain and you know I mean in the comics she was always kind of like in Natasha's shadow she was always kind of like not as good you know kind of like kind of like the story I guess it kind of mirrors the story of um, Gamora and um, Nebula Nebula right it could yeah definitely do that. So, um, it's weird though. No, they're definitely not married by this time in the trailer because even though it was revealed at CCXP that they were married, we see all the widows and the Red Guardian at a table sitting together and then Red Guardian says family back together again and Melina says to him, you got fat. So it's kind of like that. Ex-wife, <laughs> right? <laughs> that just that hasn't, hasn't seen, seen him in a while. Yeah, and then she's gonna get a jab in, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Did you guys, did you guys hear that? Like, um, people are getting pissed off because of that line. No, I haven't heard any of that blowback at all. Oh my gosh, people are freaking out because she said that he's got fat, and they're immediately going back to Thor whenever he becomes fat, and they're saying they're that. Um, Marvel has a problem with fat phobia. Oh, I don't even like to entertain that shit. Do you believe? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I and, like. I'm only bringing it up because of the stupidity of it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> did, yeah, that's all I got. Did, did, did Quentin did Quentin just kill the podcast, Jake? Like, what's going on? Like, what's going on with you? You know what? I'm going to keep all comments until until much later. I'm going to I'm going to wait till I'm called upon. I yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to toss the Black Widow trailer now. <laughs> thanks, thanks to Quentin. Uh, we see a hand to hand combat fight scene now between Red Guardian and Taskmaster. And if you look on the floor, you can see it for a split second. They do cover it up here when they when they walk into the scene a little bit more. But if you look on the floor behind them, you'll see Taskmaster's shield, and it's kind of like laying on the on the ground. Um, we get a shot. It's an action scene of an avalanche near a mountain, and uh, we're at uh, the same wintry base that Natasha was dropped off in. She did her superhero landing in with the helicopter. I think that this scene here that we're seeing is kind of like the major act of the, you know, of the third act. This is like a third act, kind of like a big climax moment. But I could be wrong, but I, that's what I think it is. We then see Yelena fire a rocket launcher at the uh, outpost towers. And then the trailer ends with Black Widow. She's free falling from the sky, and then she's she's weaving her way in and out of this uh, falling 
wreckage of this crashed uh, plane. And then she's avoiding getting shot by these uh, mass soldiers that are free falling behind her. And um, I think that this is a flashback scene. Um, hmm, why is that? She has her ponytail. Oh. And the fact that she's wearing the same black suit and not the white suit makes me think that this is part of that flashback scene um, with the convoy from earlier in the trailer. Also, when she's on the ground with the convoy coming up, if you look behind her, there's a bunch of wreckage that's on fire. And I think that this is all from that flashback scene with like the, whatever that Thaddeus Ross, that Thunderbolt Ross scene is going to be. I think this is all a flashback. So I don't think like this is part of that big climactic third act. I think we'll see this at the beginning of the movie. That would make sense. Like just a big opening action sequence at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I think that I think that action scene looks amazing, though. I think it, oh, it, that's what like got my blood pumping. I was just like, "Holy shit, that looks awesome!" I thought it looked really good. Yeah, I agree. Marvel's had a little bit of iffy moments doing stuff like that, you know, and it looks like they kind of did it legit. It's hard to even tell if it's CG or not. Yeah, yeah. I think it's what was it? Go ahead, Quentin. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was going to say, uh, you you think after twenty three movies, they'd kind of start running out of stuff to do but man everything that they do still seems so fresh and new think about it man like you know 60 years of comics right right i mean no i know but i mean it's just like crazy to see where everything has gone since uh just iron man i mean they they've they've done so much and it's just awesome to see stuff still fresh and new from using the comic book but also like not repeating anything that they've done cinematically I guess there was like new dialogue in the the footage that they showed at CCXP today. And Yelena says, so the avenging sister decided to show up. <laughs> and then Natasha wow. says, I decided to do something good for the first time. So, yeah, that was a line that I saw somebody posted directly on Twitter about uh, the footage. And it's, it's footage that they're not going to release uh, anytime soon, which is sad. So, um, but yeah, that is, uh, the, uh, Black Widow trailer breakdown. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. I, I cannot wait to see this movie. Um, it's always nice when they can have these kind of droughts between Marvel movies too. And I think that's probably helped a little bit with my excitement for it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, this is like, yeah, I think, I mean, we're not getting, we're not getting anything, I think until it's May, May of 2020. Yeah, right. Yep. So it's just going to be so exciting. Like, because for a minute there, it was like, ooh, like three, four in a row, like within that right. year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And next no year. repercussions for him in next. game either. Yeah. Kind of from Infinity War to um, Far From Home. It was just gluttony right. of it. Yeah. And all we're getting next year, it looks like, is Black Widow, uh, Captain America, Winter Soldier, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, excuse me. And then, um, and then the Eternals. I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a soft year for Marvel, and I think that that's earned. Like, it's it's crazy that they have the restraint to do that. Yeah, and not just like go for the you know 
the big bucks a lot sooner. So power to them for kind of toning it down on the story to build up another massive story again. Yeah. I want to get into uh, some more Marvel news here. Um, Marvel had uh, their CCXP panel in Brazil today and uh, Deadline had the news. I'm just going to go over what Deadline said. Um, Marvel Studios boss Kevin Feige unveils Epic. The Eternals footage shares more Black Widow. Um, this is what they say. When the panel started, the crowd once again erupted with an ovation that rivals Hall H. Talking about Hall H at San Diego Comic-Con. And the venue was much smaller um, they chanted Feige, Feige, Feige as he stepped out on the stage. And he says, uh, are you guys excited for what's coming up next? Feige rehashed their slate of Disney Plus shows and unveiled images from the Falcon and Winter Soldier and WandaVig- uh, WandaVision and talked about Ms. Marvel, WandaVision as well as Loki. He touched on the Doctor Strange sequel, Shang-Chi and Thor Love and Thunder but then directed his attention to the Eternals directed by Chloe Zhao, which is set to open November 6, 2020. He surprised the crowd and everyone squealed with ear piercing delight with raw footage from the upcoming comic book pick starring Richard Madden, Kumail Nanjiani, Angelina Jolie, Salma Hayek, Lauren Ridloff, Brian Tyree Henry, Leah McHugh, Don Lee, Kit Harrington, Barry Keegan and Gemma Chan. The footage starts with Keegan's druid welcoming Cersei, Icarus, Kingo, Makari, Sprite, and Thena to some sort of ranch. Make yourselves at home, he tells them. From there, it cuts to various scenes which are woven together in an epic tapestry that Feige said will redefine and change the MCU. We see various members of the group in different parts of the globe showing the film's diversity. We see brief glimpses of the characters using their power, as well as what seems to be a romance developing between Chan's Cersei and Madden's Icarus. Nanjiani's Kingo in some sort of Bollywood scene, McHugh's sprite clearing dust, and, of course, Jolie's Thena kicking some major ass. We get more glimpses of the other character with no defining narrative, but close to the end, Hayek's Ajax says, this world has changed. We must protect it. Um, The footage is certainly different from any other MCU movie we have ever seen before. Jack Kirby fans will be pleased. The CCXP crowd certainly was, as you could feel the chills and excitement reverberate throughout the room. And as soon as the title card, The Eternals, was shown at the end of the footage, the audience cheered with the force of a football stadium. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Rough footage, but it's something, it looks like this is stuff that we're, we're not going to be able to see anytime soon. So I would say probably we're about three, four months out from seeing anything on this. Right. I, I'd agree with that. Wow. Sounds like they had a really rabid audience for this stuff. Though. Oh, did you hear them? Did yeah. you, did you hear, no, did you, did you like audibly hear them? Have you watched oh, no, the video? No. Let's see if I can pull this up real quick. My phone's about to die. They're going fucking ape shit, huh? Yeah, it was, hold on, let me see if I can play this here real quick. This is fucking crazy. They were going pretty nuts during the panel. Oh god. Yeah, here we go. I'll see if I can play this.
Jesus Christ. That sounds like a sporting event. Kid Harrington just won the World Cup. <laughs> Fucking crazy. They, they, they That was introducing Feige, man. <laughs> Feige, Feige, Feige. Dude, there was this whole, they're showing like all like these, th- this huge screen. There's like lights, all these lights changing colors and moving around like it's a fucking rock concert. And they're showing scenes from past movies like, you know, Thanos doing a snap, Captain America. They're showing all this shit and people are just going nuts. This is like as they're introducing Kevin Feige. Like it was it was like a rock concert, man, like a fucking sporting event. (laughs) Shooting fireworks off into the crowd. It was nuts. It was fucking crazy. Feige came out with a fucking t-shirt gun. Yeah. Man. (laughs) That's wild. People Uh, are rabid in that crowd. Yeah, they showed some new, they showed some new fucking Black Widow footage. Like, I don't think that Deadline did a great job of kind of like breaking it down. I heard, I just, I read more about it through Twitter than this. They basically said like, they got an added bonus that you got to see Harbor struggle to fit into his old Red Guardian costume. Um, and then like, um, a dysfunctional family moment between Yelena, um, Alexi and, uh, Melina. So I, I don't know. Like I found out I had to like go on Twitter and that's where I found out that Melina was married to Red Guardian at one time. So yeah, crazy shit. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I'm really so they showed more Black Widow stuff at this panel as well. Yeah, they showed extended scenes. They showed like that. I read you like that fucking that small little quote that I had found online that they had. They showed oh, the a scene. avenging sister. Yeah, there was that scene, um, and then I guess there was an extended scene of David Harbor trying to fit into his Red Guardian costume. So like that'll be probably pretty funny. And like when he comes out and he says like. You know, it still fits. It was probably like a really a struggle. Like we might see him using like baby oil to like slip in that thing or a crowbar or something. So <laughs> probably a choice music cut playing at that time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So um, let us take a quick break and then we'll come back <laughs> with good pop, bad pop. I mean, it shows backwards today. Show's backwards. It's fucking weird. (laughs) Yeah, it is weird. We'll come back with good pop, bad pop. He's dynamic. He's the big dog. Dex Detective is back in the house. That always runs to the rescue. I still got it. Charlie Sheen is Dex. When in doubt, just do the right thing. With Hillary Duff. Listen, tough guy. Doesn't mean that I couldn't kick your butt. Eva Longoria. I've got a hot case for you. Wayne Brady. I'm your best friend, Daredevil Dan. And Christopher Lloyd, the super sleuth, <laughs> is about to tackle... They're building an entire army. ...his biggest case ever. Let's get him! I do have an idea. It's our food! I love it's this guy. It's a battle between the world's most beloved brands and the forces of darkness. Attack! Everyone will be there. Charlie the Tuna. Watch the tail. Mrs. Butterworth. Take that! Mr. Clean. And Twinkie the Kid. It's It's checkout time. Great idea! 
food fight. And the party starts jumping when we all come out. All right, hey, we are back. I keep thinking to myself, like, that crowd at CCXP was so wild. I wonder if Kevin Feige, like, went wild and started, like, went all back to the future and started, like, knocking speakers over and shit and fucking, like, he's doing that thing where he's, like, on the ground and he's, like, moving backwards with his feet on the, you know what I mean? That scene. <laughs> and the, I bet he fucking jumped into the crowd and went crowd surfing. Crowd surf. I keep thinking of, like, him doing that and then he gets up and looks and the crowd's silent and he's like, oh, you're not ready for that, but your kids are going to love it. him fucking crowd surfing i another thing is do you think that any of this do you think that any of this will tie into what they've been teasing about bringing back like we know the mandarin and the 10 rings like that whole criminal organization do you think like you know setting up shang chi like do you think that that could be like the overall big picture of this like if it's setting up the future of the mcu do you think that the we might find out something about the 10 rings yeah very possibly i mean there's no other place to kind of introduce that that kind of thing i, I could see that well shang chi movie yeah yeah but i mean leading but, up to yeah it. leading up to it if it's like the future right yeah I keep, I don't know. Yeah, I could see that. It could be very much just like the Infinity Gems, and you could make kind of an event out of that and see a few of the rings and where they came from before mm-hmm. we get to that Shang-Chi movie. I could very much see that. Yeah, I don't know. Just a thought. Uh, let's. That fucking, that fucking crowd, though. I mean, if, <laughs> if you played them like the Inhumans trailer. They probably would have gone crazy like that. You just, know? just if you showed them the food fight trailer. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> like they were, you can't judge like how great anything's gonna be by that crowd. Like, they were just, they were eating that shit up like fucking candy. Just yeah, rabid. Just happy to be there. Just rabid. Oh my, they're like, Charlie the Tuna? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Could you imagine coming home, your throat's just so sore from being at the fucking, that fucking panel? Yeah, oh my god! You gotta call into work. You're a, you're a telemarketer, and you can't talk on the phone. I was at CCXP last night. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I just <laughs> could stop thinking about that crowd. Ah, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. I kept, oh man, I kept thinking that. Uh, I kept thinking they were gonna save that Black Widow trailer for CCXP, but they I they wanted to get it out early because they knew that that Wonder Woman trailer is coming. Right. Yeah, and they got Star Wars coming out, and they want a big Marvel movie trailer to show before Star Wars. So that kind of makes sense to me too. Yeah, but they could have waited for CCXP. It sounds like the C- they got they got more footage at CCXP of the movie, just additional stuff. But yeah, I don't know. It's I'm fine with it. I don't give a shit. I wasn't. Mm. I didn't lose maybe my they, I didn't lose my voice over it. So maybe they got wind <laughs> about the uh, Wonder Woman trailer. Honestly, with their inside sources, that's what I'm saying. They, is like they knew this Wonder Woman trailer was coming out, so they're like, we're gonna we're gonna bust this shit out early. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly we, because we want like the you know we want that full 24 hours of views to see how this does on YouTube. You know what I mean? Yeah, you don't want to be outshined by 
15 second Wonder Woman 82 clip. Well, that was the sneak peek. Yeah, yeah. The real trailer is coming tomorrow because we're recording yeah, this on correct. Saturday. The real trailer is coming out tomorrow. That was the sneak peek the of trailer the trailer. for the trailer, yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's jump into good pop, bad pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop. Bad Pop! Mm. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Uh, we went over our rating system. You should know it by now. And we are going to be jumping into what we've been watching. I uh, want to let everybody know some quick things that I watched. I watched the uh, season one finale of Godfather of Harlem, the epic series with Vincent D'Onofrio, Forrest Whitaker. Wow. What a great fucking show like just tremendous i tupperware the whole season this is just just an amazing fucking show so if you're not watching godfather of harlem uh and you've never had epics i think you can get like a seven day trial and i highly recommend using that seven day trial to watch godfather of harlem and then watch perpetual grace and then if you knock those two out and you still have some time left watch uh pennyworth but um, also uh, watch the finally watch the Titan Titans season two finale, and I liked the season overall. The finale had its flaws, but I like what it's setting up for season three. So I will. I, I'm not as high on the season two finale as I was high on the season one finale. The season one finale was phenomenal. Um, Quentin, are you watching Titans at all? No, I watched the first season, and then um, we just kind of got rid of D- DC uh, Universe. Yeah, yeah. I still, um, I'm still, I still got it until like January, so I'm still making up my mind as to whether if I'm gonna re up right away or if I'm just gonna wait until uh, Titan season three comes out. So we'll see. I just want more content, so like I, I am willing to wait. Um, and I'm just talking about in terms of like new content. I mean, I know like they had the whole back catalog of yeah. uh, animated DC or animated Batman and all that, but like I want to wait till they have more stuff and then I'll probably, probably get it going again. But I did watch the first episode of Harley Quinn. What'd you think? <laughs> I loved it, man. Like my, my mouth was on the floor in the first five minutes. Cause I know that you and Paul talked about it yeah. in great lengths. And I was just sitting there. I was like, Oh my God, I like, I'm feeling exactly what Paul did. This is, <laughs> it was great. Like I really loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't watched the second episode yet. Um, that's, Me either. I'll plan on, I'll, I'm going to watch a bunch of animated shit tomorrow. So I'll probably watch it tomorrow and then, Oh God. And then I'll be watching that wonder woman trailer. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Titans season two finale, not as good as the season one finale. Kind of a, kind of a, kind of a letdown, but I am excited for season three. It seems like it's going to be a more of a, uh, Starfire centric season with, uh, Blackfire being the big bad. So I'm looking forward to season two. I feel like they just kind of wrapped up the Deathstroke stuff really quickly and there was, <laughs> there was a, I don't want to get into spoilers, but there was some dumb shit going on in that finale. I'll be honest with you. Some really dumb <laughs> shit. Um, but, oh, God. Let me just say, can I just say one word? Nightwing. Oh, I want to know. Nightwing. Now, I'm not going to get into the stupid shit, but I will say Nightwing. And it was. Wow. Yeah. I've seen those photos surface. Yeah. Ooh, 
it was cool. That was cool. Um, I saw Harriet in the theater. Uh, theater. A theater. I said it like a moron there. Theater. 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 I saw Harriet in the theater. Good good chap. Good chap. Uh, Rightio. I saw Harriet in the theater. Um, yeah, I saw Harriet in the theater. Um, this is one that Rebecca talked about a couple weeks ago. And, uh, I'm also gonna give it a high taste. I, I actually, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was a, I thought it was a good movie. I liked it. I'm not gonna talk about it too much. What kept it from being the Tupperware for you? Same as Rebecca? Uh, no. I think, uh, not, not the same as her. I just think, I think that, uh, some of the, some of the acting wasn't, Great. It, 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 it's like, you know, I, it's really hard to kind of like narrow it down. It, it, it just wasn't, I think like under a different director, this could have been a more epic movie because it's an epic story, right? It just wasn't, it didn't, at the end of the day, I, I feel like you could get a better director in there and you'll get a better movie. I, I wasn't, I wanted to be moved and there were times that I was tearing up, but there were other, you know, I just don't feel like it was as epic and, and, uh, as a, uh, a telling of the story that I felt like it could have been. Um, but it's still a very good movie. So, I dig. That makes sense. Yeah. I saw the first three episodes of truth be told on Apple plus TV. Um, did either of you get a chance to watch any of this? No. I did, yes. What did, how many episodes did you get through? Uh, I got through one and a half. Okay. I, I watched, there's three that have been released. I believe you can watch the first two for free. The show focuses on podcaster Poppy Parnell, who is trying to reopen a murder case that she was involved in solving 18 years earlier, which put Warren Cave behind bars. Uh, we've got, um, Octa- Octavia Spencer playing Poppy Parnell and Warren Cave is being played by Aaron Paul. Uh, new evidence compels podcaster Poppy Parnell to reopen the murder case that made her a national sensation. She comes face to face with Warren Cave, the man she may have mistakenly helped to put behind bars. Her investigation navigates urgent concerns about privacy, media, and race. Truth be told, is based on the novel by Kathleen Barber. And it's said to be uh, said to provide a glimpse into America's obsession with true crime podcast. The show aims to challenge its viewers to consider the consequences when the pursuit of justice plays out on a public stage. Sarah Kenig, who created and produced Serial, a podcast similar to the storyline in Truth Be Told, consulted on the series. Uh, this series also stars Lizzie Kaplan from Masters of Sex, uh, Ron Cephas Jones from This Is Us. Uh, Mecky Pfeiffer from ER and Elizabeth Perkins from Big. Um, what did you think about this one uh, so far, Quentin? Um, I think that the the show has a really good premise. Um, I love Octavia Spencer. I think she is a phenomenal actress, and I'm glad that she's kind of the big lead here. Um, but I mean, I, I am I cool to rate it. Oh, you can rate any. Yeah, we're you can oh, rate yeah. anything that we bring up today. Gotcha. You can rate um, you, you can rate my performance on this show, Quentin, if you want to. I don't really want to get into that. <laughs> oh <laughs> fuck! Oh shit! <laughs> you motherfucker! Uh, All right. <laughs> Damn! I got no, tossing me. Give, listen, man. Listen, I'm not trying to cause any 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 uh, complications here today. You know that. 
So um, I'm definitely going to give this first episode a taste it, though. Um, I think the actors did a fine job with the show. And I like, like I said, I like the premise, but because it's based on a podcast host and it just, the episode, the, and like I said, I only watched the first, first one fully and then part of the second one. Yeah. So, I mean, it didn't really have me clamoring to go to the second one. I was kind of just watching it just to watch a little bit more. But I mean, the, I, I just keep thinking about like, this is only 40 minutes, the first episode, and The Mandalorian seems so fast because that was 40 minutes, and this one just felt like, I don't know, it just felt so much longer. And Aaron Paul's character of Warren Cave is so strange, like when he was first introduced, and like it had a little bit of mind hunt, of a Mindhunter feel to it. I mean, I don't know if you agree with that, but like it, it, it just kind of felt like that, and then just hearing kind of the mystery behind it all and like, did he really do it and all that? And so it's just, I know that this series is going to come, uh, it's going to have more to do with like actually figuring out what's going on. But yeah, this first episode was okay for me. What about you? I love this show. I think it (laughs) is awesome. I really like this one. I think Octavia Spencer is doing a phenomenal job. We've got basically a guy that was uh, Warren Cave, played by Aaron Paul, who at 16, his next door neighbor, um, his next door neighbors, uh, it was it's a family. You've got uh, the mom, the dad, two daughters that are twins, and the father, somebody breaks into the house, murders the father. And one of the twin girls sees who she says in her testimony was Warren Cave, Aaron Paul's character, leaving the house. So then he's pinned for this murder. Well, new evidence comes out. It's actually not new evidence. It's basically her first kind of uh, interview um, uh, as she's being uh, interviewed by the police where she's not sure 100% of who she saw. And so, like, this is, like, new stuff that's come to light and we've got Octavia Spencer, who is wrote this, you know, article years ago that kind of helped put him into into prison. And he was 16 years old at the time, and he was tried as an adult. And he, I mean, when we first meet him, he may seem weird and different. It's because he's been he was just a normal kid, in my opinion, that was innocent. And has gone through the prison system for the past 19 years and has been probably beaten, possibly raped in prison. We don't know. We don't know right. what his character has gone through. And, and so even alludes to that. We find, yeah, we, we find out that the, like prison has changed him. There's a huge reveal, I think, in the first or second episode, um, where we find out that pr- prison has changed him in a lot of ways. You know, he's had to choose sides while he's in prison. And, um, this show opens up and you learn more about Octavia Spencer's family and uh, where she came from. And um, she's really trying to dig and find out a lot more about what really happened. One of the twin sisters has not been seen or heard from since, like, you know, the trial and trying to find out, track down this sister and trying to get more information from her. And a lot of the, a lot of the narrative is being played out. Of course, a lot of the drama elements are being played out on screen, but we're also hearing a lot about the drama and elements being played out through the narration of Poppy 
on her podcast. And I like that. I think it's really cool to hear yeah. like some of the stuff that we don't know as an audience, but like she's recording this podcast and, um, the podcast is a huge problem from her, for her, you know, she's got, um, it's, it's kind of like, um, uh, reignited this case. It's very popular. People are listening to it. And, um, I'm, I am enthralled with this fucking show. I think truth be told is I'm three episodes in. I don't know how satisfying of a series it's going to be overall, but I'm all in. This is another Apple plus TV series, just like for all mankind, which I've recently finished the fifth episode of that. And I think I have like three or four more episodes to watch. I think they're currently on episode eight, but I am loving for all mankind. Oh my God. That show just picks up and it's so good. Um, last episode I saw like their Apollo 15s on its mission to the moon. And, uh, so I'll be starting the next episode of that shortly. This is another one just like Servant that I'm hooked on. It's, it's, I think mm-hmm. it's, I haven't started the morning show. I haven't seen C. There's a new movie that they just dropped too with, um, that, uh, that actor from Cockblockers, the John Cena movie that played his daughter. I think her last name's Fitzswanathon. I can't remember, but she's in a movie called Hala that I'm going to watch. Yeah, I saw the, uh, I saw the uh, advertisement for it uh, yeah, on gonna... the on the website. I, so that released um, Friday this weekend. Friday, oh, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, Friday. I I'm all in on Truth Be Told. I can't. They, they, there's so much mystery and it's so compelling. And I think, oh my god, fucking uh, Elizabeth Perkins from everybody will remember her from Big. She played like the yeah. the woman that um, Tom Hanks when he was a kid. Kind of like start seeing and everything. He's a twelve-year-old. Ends up fucking her as a twelve-year-old in a man's body. Remember that in Big? Do you remember that when a twelve-year-old fucked a fucked a what woman? A charming family movie that was. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be big, and then I want to fuck a thirty-year-old woman. Yeah, twelve-year-old's dream. Oh man, yeah, we've all been there. We've all been there, <laughs> dude. I, I, I still go to the Zoltar machine. Nasty, begging for that shit. I, I literally went to a fucking Zoltar machine and just said, "I want to fuck Elizabeth Perkins." <laughs> that was my. <laughs> what the little piece of paper say? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, I, I don't have anything funny for that chick. Sorry. Um. <laughs> yeah, I just I just read off my lucky numbers and left. Um I love I love Truth Be Told. It's so good. Elizabeth Perkins is really good in this show. Mm. Yeah, she does a good job for sure. I like I like her character. Quentin, are you gonna stick with it? Are you gonna watch any more of it? Yeah. No, I'm I'm gonna watch the second and third episode because I like I said, I, I wanna give this a chance. I just wasn't able to watch the the next two episodes oh, fully, fine. so this might not be for you. Yeah, I mean, it might not you know, like I, I just think like I was just as as the story goes along, it's everything's not what it seems. And mm-hmm. I've kind of like I've really kind of like enjoyed watching stuff like this. Um, and it's fucked up. It's fucked up how, like, we're fascinated by shit like this. Like when I watched, um, Making a Murderer and when I watched The Staircase. Did you see that Harrison Ford's gonna be playing that guy from The Staircase documentary in a movie based on The Staircase? I didn't. No. <laughs> yeah, that's happening. If you haven't watched The Staircase, I think it's on Netflix. 
watch it. Oh my god, it's fucked up. It is so fucked up. It's all based on a real thing that happened. It's crazy. It's a crazy documentary. Oh my god, you gotta watch the staircase, guys. It's insane. But um, and so like this is just kind of like more of that you know true crime stuff, but uh, with uh, you know, but but in a series and I'm, I'm and they blend it with this whole podcast element and I, I'm just it has all the elements of of a, of a show that I that I like and I don't know I've really God I really love Aaron Paul I. I've really turned around on this guy since like Breaking Bad and then I reviewed last week uh his uh movie The Parts You Lose and and I loved the Breaking Bad movie this year. I think Aaron Paul is really When did good. you not like him? I didn't like him when I had never seen him in anything. Like I was just like, oh, okay, who okay, the okay, yeah, okay. who the fuck is this guy? Like I didn't know. It's not like I didn't like him. I just I'd never seen him in anything. You know what I mean? And it's like now it's just like I'm seeing him pop up everywhere and I'm like, God, I fucking love this guy. I think, he, I think he's, I think it was like he was so popular on Breaking Bad that like most people can't see him doing anything else. And so it's been yeah. nice to see him do some other projects this year that I've really enjoyed him in. Uh, you know, aside from, of course, like, you know, doing another Breaking Bad, you know, movie here or, or appearance as that character. But yeah, I fucking loved it. I'm gonna pass it off to one of you guys, uh, Quentin. What do you got for good pop, bad pop? Yeah, so I <clears throat> I watched this show called Mary Happy Whatever on Netflix. Did you guys see anything about that? No. Okay. Um, it's uh, it stars Dennis Quaid and Bridget Mindler. Oh, and, this is uh, the fucking sitcom, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Christ. Yeah, I saw the. I saw like you know the trailer for this one on netflix and it was just like yeah dennis quaid is in a sitcom and they're using a laugh track no thanks i know yeah and <laughs> that's exactly what made me want to watch this because i wanted to see where it was going and what it was about and i mean it's a uh i'm just going to read you guys a little bit of a synopsis but it's a strong-willed patriarch must balance the demands of his complicated family with the stress of the Christmas season when his youngest daughter comes home for the holidays with a brand new boyfriend. And um, this actor, the boyfriend, uh, Brent Morin, I've never heard of him or seen him before. Have you guys seen or like did, uh, from the trailer that you saw? Um, did, did you see who Brent Moore was? Oh, God, I love Brent Moore. And I'm a huge fan. I've got a poster on my wall right now. <laughs> I'm looking at I'm literally looking okay, at a poster yeah. of Brent yeah. Morin right now. <laughs> Great. OK, well, then you can tell me all about it. I've got but, a uh, cardboard life size cutout of Brent Morin in my bedroom. So Brent Morin. Yeah, I've never seen him. before. I strap a dildo on that cardboard cutout of Brent Morin. And so Elizabeth Ho is also in this show. Oh, Brent Morin. Uh, Brent Morin is my hoe <laughs> in the bedroom <laughs> with that fucking strap on on that cardboard cutout in the bedroom. So Elizabeth Ho is easily the funniest person that I've seen in the show. Um, but like, it's just, I don't know. It's just cute humor. It's like Fuller House. I mean, it's, it's just there if you want to watch it. I mean, there's nothing really to grab onto. Um, Trust me, all uh, I've grabbed onto Brent Moore in more times than you can <laughs> count, sir. <laughs> Quentin just setting them up. There you are. <laughs> you you rack them, I stack them. <laughs> well, that's all I have about the show. 
so I'm just gonna. How's um, uh, how's how's uh, Quaid in it? Ah, dude, he's he's just. <laughs> It's, it's not good. It's just not a good show. Really? Like, it's so not you it? You, 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 yeah, well, I didn't really get get a chance to go on there because I know how much he loves Brent Morin, so I didn't want to really disappoint him. Oh, that's fine. Um, so, it, it, but what, yeah. what me and Brent Morin do in the bedroom has no, it's not, it doesn't have, like, whatever he's doing professionally, doesn't it doesn't matter. Right. Well, I appreciate that. I, like, I never want to get in between your guys' relationship, but yeah, I'm going to toss this shit, and I apologize. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, what, what's it called? Happy Mary Whatever? Happy Mary Whatever, and I doubt it's going to get a second season because it's a holiday series, but... Well, it could come out, it know. could come out next season during the holidays. We, the holidays oh, come every... Wow. Brilliant. Yeah. That's how it works, that's Quentin. Something. Quentin, the holidays come every year, Chief. Oh, man. I know. It's weird. It's weird how really time works me. like that. You, you really got me there, Brian. Thank you. I, I think I kind of did, Quentin. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the holidays will come back. It's it's oh, it's not like it's the Olympics and you got to wait four years for Christmas. Well, fuck you. <laughs> that escalated quickly. <laughs> Not sure why that yeah, happened. Wow. Fuck you and fuck the holidays. How's that? Yeah, wow, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Quentin. Can't wait to have you back on. Um, oh, yeah. I'm already, bu- I'm already booking you for your next appearance. <laughs> I'll make it a great, great first impression on you all on this show. Oh, so. Jesus Christ. I watched. We've had worse. Yeah, we, oh, yes, we have. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a uh, documentary on uh, Netflix. It dropped, I think, Wednesday. It's uh, called Iron Fists and Kung Fu Kick. And um, it is uh, basically just kind of like a um, – it's a documentary about kung fu and uh, kung fu movies and their impact, kind of like their, like where they started and where we are now with kung fu movies. And it goes through like the whole – like the whole history of kung fu movies. This was – I didn't know what to expect from this. This was like – once I completed this, I was just like, this is awesome. And it gave me so many ideas and uh, of so many different movies that I want to go back and watch now that I haven't seen. Um, a lot of them I have seen, but there were some movies here that they're talking about that are just like kung fu movies that are just like that have inspired other movies. Um, and I was just I was blown away by this documentary. It talks about like going back to like the Shaw brothers doing like kung fu films and them having a chance where they could sign bruce lee who we know is like one of the biggest names in you know kung fu films they didn't they passed on they also later on years 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 later the shaw brothers and shaw brothers made some great fucking kung fu flicks but they passed on jackie chan later um oh man this doc just makes them look dumb it does it does but it like there are some movies that they did that are just like you know amazing films but there's commentary from a bunch of people that love martial arts martial arts enthusiasts and and even martial arts actors they get uh jessica henwick from iron fist is in this they get michael jai white um who um was in you know he, he was in what was it um was it black dynamite I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, Michael J. White, he was in, I believe he was in Black Dynamite, and he was in also, 
and he's been in a string of kung fu films. I haven't seen a lot of Michael Jai White stuff, but like I know um, he's the original Spawn, right? Well, yeah, but I'm talking about his kung fu films. Yeah, I didn't even know he did kung fu. Yeah, I think he was in the the Black Dynamite films. Um, there was the, and he might have even done the voice acting in Black Dynamite uh, for the cartoon. Um, but um, they talk about they yeah they talk about kind of like the influence that kung fu had in like hip hop and stuff like that, which I had no idea. Like all the Wu Tang stuff and no, they didn't even bring up Wu Tang. They just talked about wow. like yeah, they talked about like um, break dancing and stuff like that and some of the moves and um, just the influence it had on hip hop. It was crazy. Um, they talk about a lot of women in kung fu as far as like. Um, Oh, oh shit. Cynthia Rock. What's her fucking name? I can't think of her. I'm, I'm literally like blanking on everything right now. But, um, they talk about Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee is a huge focus in this. Bruce Lee was originally wanting to be on that Kung Fu show. They like the David Carradine show, Kung Fu. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they didn't feel I, I remember that. they didn't feel like American audiences would be able to like get the his accent, and so he didn't get the part. Um, this uh, oh god they get they get into Jackie Chan they get into um, Thai kung fu like Thai martial arts with like Tony Jaa and the Ong Bak series they get into. The Indonesian martial arts with, you know, Eco UAs in the raid films. They get into, um, the, oh, they talk about the, the, um, the 36 chambers of Shaolin. It's a, it's an older movie and how like the training montages in that movie were the inspiration for the Rocky training monta- montages in the eighties. It's, oh, wow. it's, it's, I'm telling, I'm not doing this justice because I'm all over the place with all this stuff and I'm like blanking on a bunch of shit right now, but Iron Fist and Kung Fu Kicks on Netflix is a tremendous documentary and I think it's like maybe an hour and 45 minutes or so and it is just incredible. They get into, they get into, um, uh, the Matrix as well and how they used wire work and stuff that they'd already been using in Hong Kong for years, like the Wachowskis brought on like a, a fight choreographer from Hong Kong that incorporated the fighting styles from Hong Kong movies that they'd been using for years in that movie, introduced it to American audiences. And that kind of like brought about like, you know, later on in Hollywood, Crouching Tiger and Hidden Dragon. That's the reason we kind of got that movie. They talked about like how in Hong Kong <laughs> that that the stunts, they can get away with so much more over there. There's a scene where they're talking about this movie. They're talking about this movie, Jake. Um, and, oh, and the Jackie Chan films, like how dangerous those fucking movies are. He does his own stunts over anyway. But oh, like, yeah, I've seen stuff on that before. But like, like even like his, you know. Unlike his Western movies, like when he's making movies in, in, in Hong Kong, it was w- much more dangerous. They showed a scene and they didn't talk about it too much, but they, it was a scene from this movie where this guy is kidnapping a young girl 
and he's in a car and he grabs this young girl by the back of her head with her ponytail and starts driving. So you're literally watching a guy driving a car in reverse and holding a girl's fucking head by her hair out of a moving car. And, and the guy brings this up and talks about it and like doesn't really get into it at all. Like, like, um, he's like, yeah. And, and so we did this and I'm thinking like, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You got to back up, dude. <laughs> you got to talk. Is that fucking shit real? Like, am I, is, are they literally doing that? Is that really happening here? And I think it is. I think it, I think it is. I couldn't believe it, man. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, just the regulations, I'm sure, and what they can do are probably just way less strict, especially back in the past. Yeah, this is like this goes through the whole history of kung fu films. Like, it doesn't talk about it doesn't talk about like. Um, it just talks about kung fu. It doesn't really get into like Jeet Kune Do or Wing Chun or anything like that. It just, it's all strictly kung fu and kung fu films. And oh God, I was, the part about Bruce Lee after his death and like the impact that it made and how like they had a lot of like these guys that were trying to look like Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee filmed like his final movie. Um, he only got to film, I think like 17 minutes in it. And they tried to finish it with actors that look like him. And listen to this shit. He, I guess he dies in the fucking movie. And they used footage from his real funeral in the movie. Oh, that's so distasteful. Yeah. I couldn't, I, you have, you guys have got to watch this. Like, it's fascinating. Like, even if you're not a huge kung fu movie fan, this is Fascinating. I Tupperware the fuck out of it. It's called Iron Fist and Kung Fu Kicks. It's on Netflix. There's so many Kung Fu movies that I want to watch now after seeing this. It is so good. It is really, really good. That's cool. You have to go on like on a little marathon sometime when you've got a whole day to kill. It was crazy right. because like as soon as they're naming off movies, I'm like looking on uh, the Just Watch app and I'm like, that's on Amazon Prime. That's on Amazon Prime. That's on this. It's like I'm watching these. I cannot wait. And you can totally see the influence of these movies to like what inspired Quentin Tarantino to make the Kill Bill series. It's oh, 100%. yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of kung fu movies, I watched uh Quentin, have you ever watched any of the Ip Man films with Donnie Yen? Um, no, I haven't actually been able to dive into those, but I know that they're regarded as really great gong or really great films. Uh yeah, I, I I recently got uh Joe Stark into him. We've had Joe Stark on the pa- on the podcast in the past. Got him into the Ip Man movies. He's been really enjoying them. And uh Oh, Joe, you gotta watch that fucking documentary. Um, but I, I, I watched Master Z, Ip Man Legacy. This is one I'd heard like bad things about. And, um, I'm a big fan of Ip Man. Uh, Donnie Yen is great. I love the first two. The third one, not so much. It stars Mike Tyson. It's not great, but. Oh, no. <laughs> the, the, honestly, the first two Ip Mans are awesome. They're so good. 
Um, Master Z Ip Man Legacy is a Chinese martial arts film directed by Yun Wu Ping and produced by Raymond Wong. And it's, and, uh, Donnie Yen is also a producer on this one. It's a spinoff of the Ip Man film series, which stars Donnie Yen. And it takes place after the 2015 film Ip Man 3. This film stars Max Zhang, Dave Bautista, and Lu Yan. Um, defeated by Master Ip, martial arts expert Chung Tin Chi tries to lead a normal life in Hong Kong until triad leaders draw him back into fighting. So we've got Chung Tin Chi and he has, he's given up on his martial arts. He's given up on martial arts, uh, his school that he had. He was teaching Wen Chung. He now just owns a store. He's a store owner, but you've got the triad and Drugs are running rampant in the streets. He's trying to raise a son and he starts to see that the people he cares about that he's meeting are being hurt. And, um, there's a lot of drugs going on. There is, um, great, some really awesome martial arts action in this movie. And, um, I, I don't, I, I kept hearing bad things about it. Don't listen to the critics. Like, if you're a fan of it, man, I think this is a much wa- must watch. Like, like I, I think all of the Ip Man movies are on Netflix. Master Z Ip Man Legacy is also on Netflix, so I highly recommend this one. It's, um, I would watch Ip Man, Ip Man Two, and Ip Man Three, then watch this, and then I think it's Christmas Day we get Ip Man Four comes out i oh, think it's wow yeah okay. I, think, I think it's called it man for the finale is what they're calling it so it's the final it man movie um but i would watch these these are fantastic movies it man 3 is watchable it's not great but it, it it's watchable but this is really good i'm going to give it i'm going to give it a tupperware fuck it i loved it i had a great fucking time watching this movie um i wonder why it got such bad um, press in the first place. Because I think it's just critics. Like, they're, I don't think that, I think they're just, they're, they're, I don't, I think they're watching it for like the acting and like the, the story and all this stuff. And they're like, it's like, oh, oh, there's a, um, uh, a couple appearances by Tony Jaw in this one. He's not in it a lot, but if you love Tony Jaw from the Ong Bak series, he was also in The Protector. Ong Bak, uh, Tony Jaa makes a couple appearances in this movie. Not big ones, but he does, and it's pretty fucking cool. And I will tell you this, Dave Bautista is a, he's a badass. Oh, and he's brutal. Oh, he's brutal in this movie. Not, his acting is, it's, I think it's, I've seen him, he pulls back on his personality in this one and he's just mean. And it's what's weird about that is cause like Dave Batista just seems like such a nice guy. So it's hard to, <laughs> yeah. but man, he's brutal in this. He's so brutal in this. I think he did a really good job. Um, it was very cool to see kind of like the mix of the martial arts style with him. And then just like the, the brute force of Dave Batista. There's a real brutal kill by him in this one where he's basically got a guy in handcuffs and he's holding onto the handcuffs and punching this guy and not letting him go. Just fucking this guy up, man. Oh, man. It's, Damn. yeah, it's fucking brutal. And you can see the handcuffs just ripping the flesh off this guy's wrists. And it's, this movie is fucking, I think it's great. So Master Z, Ip Man Legacy. If Ip Man is based, a lot of this is based in fiction, but the, 
the guy who is it man played by Donnie Yen when you watch those films is the guy who trained Bruce Lee in real life. So it's based on, on the man that trained Bruce Lee in real life, these movies. And, um, I, I highly, like if you, if you love martial arts films, I think like if you haven't watched uh, any of the Ip Man films, this is, this is one to check out. So you can stream this on Netflix. It's available there. It came out last year. So I'm glad I watched it. Yeah, he took a whole year because a bunch of dumb critics were shitting on him. I know. I see. That's the thing. As I watched this fucking kung fu, this uh, that that um, documentary, and I'm like flipping through, looking for some martial arts stuff, and I'm like, let me watch this. Why haven't I watched it? I'll give it a shot. Fuck it. And honestly, I didn't know it was. A, I thought it was just like I thought it was. I didn't know it was actually connected to the series. I didn't know Donnie Yen was a producer. I just thought it was just like. Another kind Some of like crazy spinoff. Exa- well, yeah, that wasn't even connected to like the main canon of the the first three films. And come to find out, it was connected. So yeah, uh, shame on me. It was really fucking good. So <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely will check it out because of your recommendation. Yes, check it out. It's awesome, Jake. What do you got? Um, I got a couple games for Black Friday. Um, nothing too spectacular, but um, two retro collections that I've been eyeing for a long time but didn't want to pay $20 for. Um, I got both the Contra and Castlevania collections. That I think both of these became available during the summer around July. Um, I've had these things on my wish list since they came out. Um, yeah, I know I could have paid $20 for them back then, but, you know, I didn't need to play them immediately, and I knew they would eventually be on sale. And I believe they might still be on sale for another few days here. Yeah, they're, they were nine ninety nine on a Black Friday special. And, man, these are both just Tupperwares if you're into big-time retro gaming. And um, I won't go too much into, into them. I mean, it's just collections of classic Contra and Castlevania games. But one of the real standouts to me about these collections is the the Contra collection actually has – the arcade versions of the games along with the Nintendo different versions. And, you know, back when we were kids, the arcade edition of games was just so much better. Like the graphics were better. The amount of things that could be on the screen without slowing it down was increased. So it's real. I don't think I've seen these arcade versions of Contra and Super C since I was like really young. So it's been really neat to see those games again. And, and they really, hold up and with with the arcade versions you can just put another quarter in for free by hitting the button so you actually get to play through and beat these games without spending five to ten dollars like we had to when we were a kid and Mm. yeah it's just really neat it's been fun playing the old nintendo ones too you could still do the code we all have memorized the old up up down down and Uh it's a great collection um Honestly, even if you have to pay $20 for it, if you're a fan of these games, this is fantastic. I I haven't seen so many of them together, especially the arcade ones, in in a long time. So, And, yeah, the Castlevania one's just as neat. Um, I haven't played as much of that as I have the Contra one, but I played Castlevania 3 for a little bit for the Nintendo. That was always my favorite one because it's the one that has uh, Trevor Belmont. And introduced uh, Alucard. Alucard, yeah, which was Alucard. Dracula. Alucard, which was uh, Dracula's son. 
and it's yeah, Dracula's son. It's Dracula spelled backwards. backwards. It's Dracula backwards. Ah! Dracula backwards. Uh, I remember that blowing me away. When me I was too. Like I was blown away too, dude. It was, uh, dude. Dr- uh, Castlevania three was such a breath of fresh air from Castlevania two. Yeah, Castlevania two was rough. They tried to do the metroid thing but didn't quite successfully do it as well as metroid and and castlevania eventually gets their shit together like by the time you get to symphony of the night it really is you could see what castlevania 2 wanted to do but just kind of failed miserably at Uh, castlevania 2 is like terrible in my opinion yeah yeah it's it's a great idea with a terrible execution Mm -hmm. and I, i think luckily the series is able to overcome that and even do that idea with good execution in later games. Oh my god, once they got fucking to the Super Nintendo and you're able to control the fucking whip, I'm just like, what the fuck, this is incredible. Yeah, and all that's on there, it's got all the Nintendo ones, it's got the Super Castlevania 4 on that, there's two of the Game Boy ones that are on that, like the really old Game Boy games on the collection, which is really interesting. Jesus, yeah, I remember the, I remember playing that, it was a fun Game Boy game. It was one of the one of the better Game Boy yeah, games. Yeah, it was really good. So yeah, these are available, I believe, on all the platforms: um, Xbox, PlayStation, Switch. I, I believe even Steam has these things. So if you're only a PC gamer, and yeah, I mean, if I don't think these will do much for you if you know you're 20 years old and you've never done any of this crap before. But if you know you're around the same age as me and Brian, like between 30 and 40, I think this is just a great trip down video game memory lane and. Yeah, yeah, you got to show your kid Contra. Jeez. Oh, those Contra games. Remember the uh remember Contra the uh the box art on the the first game? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course it's ridiculous. It was well, it was it was basically they just took Schwarzenegger and Stallone and turned them into these generic characters. Oh, yeah, they did that with so many games. They I think they did that with like Bad Dudes as well. <laughs> bad Dudes. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> what was that movie? The president's been kidnapped and now they got to he's got to get rescued by Bad Dudes. <laughs> oh man but yeah these, these are fantastic um just i'm really glad i was finally able to get them and it's it's one of those things where i play one for like 20 minutes and i'm like okay i gotta see a different one now yeah oh so my it's God. been fun being like a kid again with like 20 new games that is cool man that is fucking cool yeah uh that konami code jesus christ i spent i i spent hours playing contra just oh hours, yeah so hours much fun. And hours. i i I loved how they always had different kind of levels. Like in the original one, they had those ones where you like kind of ran into the screen. Mm-hmm. And then on Super Nintendo, they did all the Mode 7 shit where it was like the top-down stuff where you had to blow up all the bombs. That movie was just a huge rip-off of like – they rip – like of course, like I talked about, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Rambo. Like your characters are like those guys from like, you know, Commando and, and, and Rambo. And uh, the aliens in that – fucking game were a ripoff from Ridley Scott's aliens. Oh, straight up. They had the eggs, the things <laughs> yeah. that came out of the eggs were like exactly like fucking face huggers that you were blasting. Yeah, it was oh my god. But it, it we didn't care when we were kids. We weren't fucking like pretentious like that, like what a ripoff of it. We were just like, yes, game is awesome. Oh yeah, it was great. And it still really holds up. I mean it's some of the best hit detection you'll ever find in some of those old games. Like I'm not Super Nintendo Con- Super Nintendo Contra. When you die, you know you died because you fucked up and you could have mm. moved left just a little bit fucking quicker. Or you could have jumped just a moment sooner. Like, and I talked about Cuphead a, a bunch of episodes ago, and it, it really does feel like it just you know that's the descendant from this. They yeah. have such similar games. 
Yeah. Oh, God. I remember playing Cuphead with you. That shit's wild. Um, Contra, what was your favorite gun? Was my First off, I think my favorite gun was the spread gun. Yeah, you know, this is a, a controversial opinion, but I really love the laser. Not the – my least favorite is the one that moves around in circles. Oh, I hate that. Oh, that yeah, gun's terrible. Like heat or something like that. I, I, I forget. I, like, I just like the laser because if you were brave enough to like evil Knievel stand right in front of fucking something. Yeah. You could just pound through it with the but laser. I like the spread one because you could like jump in the air and like flip in all different directions and just shoot enemies from all different directions. Yeah, it was like kamikaze. Yeah. yeah the spread was good. Usually, especially in the Super Nintendo, we could have one of each. I would always have spread as one of the two no matter what. Yeah. Spread eagle, man. That's a, that's a porn terminology there, uh, Quentin. <laughs> for sure. For sure. That's one of my favorite when, outcast songs. It's when a spread. lady opens her legs and exposes her vagina. Quentin. Yes, yes. And there's sandwich <laughs> spreads too. There are. And if you, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is thing. Thank you, Jay. Name, name a spread. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah. Oh, name that spread. What a fun. <laughs> <laughs> Could be kind of promising, Brian. You name, start that going, buddy. What, got a new, new podcast. What, right what a fun game show! <laughs> and you hear the audience chant it. Name that spread. <laughs> ding 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! You can do a porn version too, real easily. Yeah, you could. It it all. <laughs> um, what, do they, what do they just basically show a vagina, and you have a bunch of <laughs> you have a bunch of perverts that uh, that recognize that vagina? Yeah, that's Cindy from down the block. <laughs> you, can't, you can't fool me. Name, name that spread porno edition. <laughs> It's, it's like it's like it's like vaginas are like fingerprints. They're all different, and these guys they they've watched these vaginas so many times in these pornos that they can tell you just by looking at the vagine that they know that that belongs to that porn star. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, name that spread. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I would love oh, to man. Wait, till you, the, wait till you get to the audio challenges Oh god, the, yes <laughs> Dude, I would love to see the contestants for that show Like, and the <laughs> and the basements they came out of You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy Yeah, who, yeah that's the only version is the uh, pornographic version let's Yeah straight to that Yeah, let's go straight to that We're not talking that's about That's where the money's at <laughs> We're not talking about sandwich spreads <laughs> <laughs> oh man I saw a movie this week um, In the theater uh, Dark Waters Have you guys heard about this one? No, I saw it I Don't even know it uh, Oh you saw it Quentin? Yeah uh, a corporate defense attorney takes on an environmental lawsuit against a chemical company that exposes a lengthy history of pollution. This is based on a true story. Uh, Dark Waters is directed by Todd Haynes and uh, written by Mario Coria and Matthew Michael Carnahan. It is based on the 2016 article, The Lawyer Who Became DuPont's Worst Nightmare by Nathaniel Rich. 
published in the New York Times magazine. Uh, parts of the story were also reported by Mariah Blake, whose 2015 article, Welcome to Beautiful Parkersburg, West Virginia, was a National Magazine Award finalist, and Sharon Lerner, whose series Bad Chemistry ran in The Intercept. Rob Billet, the... Balat, excuse me, Rob, Robert Balat, Rob Balat, the principal character in the film also wrote a memoir, Exposure, detailing his 20-year legal battle against DuPont. This film stars Mark Ruffalo, uh, Anne Hathaway, Tim Robbins, Victor Garber, Mayor Winningham, uh, William Jackson Harper, and Bill Pullman. Um, my big kind of like draw to this movie is like I, I, I love Mark Ruffalo as an actor. I think he's fantastic. And mm-hmm. um, I, I was kind of like, I was really excited about this one because the trailer was so fantastic. Um, you've got, it, it, what drew me in is just the fact that he's, he's this, he's a corporate defense attorney that protects these big corporations like, you know, um, like, like DuPont. And these chemical corporations, and here he is fighting them. And it, I was, I could not wait to watch this movie. Um, he's introduced to this farmer, Wilbur Tennant, from his hometown, that this farmer has had a horrible time recently. He's lost all of his cows. They're dying. And, um, the ones that are being born are mutated. And they're, they've got tumors, and we find out it's all because of this landfill that DuPont purchased. They purchased land, they made a landfill, and they started putting their chemicals into this stream, and uh, into this landfill, and the chemicals leaked into a stream where animals are drinking from. So animals in nature, his cows, and we've got Mark Ruffalo playing this, you know, corporate defense attorney, Rob Billet, and he comes to the defense of this farmer and then we find out basically to the defense of this entire town of Parkersburg. There's, there's this chemical that DuPont used. They labeled it PFOAC8. It's an indestructible chemical compound that they, that they created. It's the military took a form of this and they used it to coat tanks and then DuPont used that chemical. They, they changed it a little bit, and they called it Teflon, and they put it on the pans that we use. They put it in our carpeting, and they put it in a bunch of different products that DuPont made. And if you heat your pans up to a certain you know, temperature, it can get into your food. And especially the people in this town, they were – it was getting into their water um, and people were ingesting it and it was causing a ton of long-term health problems. Um, at the end of the movie, Jake, they say 99% of all living creatures on the planet have ingested PFOAC8. It is in our bodies can't break it down. And it causes cancer. It causes all this horrible stuff. And I, I don't want to spoil. Scary. Yeah, I don't want to spoil too much. It, they call this one a legal thriller, and it really is. Like I was like, legal thriller? What the fuck? And it really <laughs> is. Like you, you see 
just how big DuPont was and how they were basically sacrificing the people of Parkerburg's health for money, how they're sacrificing actually, you know, the entire population's health for money. Cause they were, they were making money hand over fist. It was like, why would they want to fucking, you know, report themselves or, or, you know, expose themselves when they're making a billion dollars? Um, they fought and they fought this and, Rob Billet fought them right back. Like this one man, like fought them back, and it it took a toll on his family. It took a toll on his health. It took a. It was. The, I I'm gonna give this a Tupperware. I, Quentin, I want to know your thoughts, but I thought Mark Ruffalo is just tremendous in this film. Tim Robbins was tremendous in this film. This was a must watch. This was such a fantastic movie, and. um a real like we don't always think of lawyers as heroes like you know what i mean it's like this not often honestly. yeah this movie this movie like this this rob Bellat is just a just an incredible guy um what do you think quentin yeah i'm gonna have to mirror a lot of what you said brian i'm giving this a tupperware as well um these are the same guys that gave a spotlight right yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes yeah. from some the the same people that gave us Spotlight, in which another Mark Ruffalo film. Yeah, and that that film was my favorite film of 2015. It's very good. It was really good. Um, yeah. And so, like, I was I was very much interested in seeing this, and thank God you brought it up and you said that you wanted to talk about it because I was like, hell, hell yeah, I'm going to go see it then. So, I mean, like, it, this film did such a great job of progressing year by year. And like I said, I'm not giving, I don't want to give it too much away, but like using that as almost as a tool for the story. Like I, I don't think they could have done it in a better way. Mm -mm. Just like you, it's, it's like using time as its own kind of character in Mm -hmm. a sense. I hope I'm not losing you, No, but like, I think they just just show the desperation, especially in the later years, like you're hanging on to it all. And especially with with what you said, I mean, we're following um, this character through this whole like two decades mm-hmm. and you're on the edge of your seat, even though it seems like it's taking forever. You're still like it's so tense. And I don't think that Mark Ruffalo like they couldn't have picked anybody better no. than Mark. Ruffalo. Oh, he's, he is this. so good in this. So good. And he always looks so upset all the time because he has that bottom <laughs> lip out. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? <laughs> yeah. The pouty lip. Yes. Oh, he just – there's nobody better. And Anne Hathaway's character is playing his wife. Like, dude. That like, scene. It, that scene where where she's like, what is going on? Why are you acting like this? I mean she can tell, like, you know, he's – he, what's going on? Is he crazy? What is going on here? And she, yeah. and he sits her down at that dinner table and he starts to explain what DuPont has been doing. And, and the editing yeah. that is used, Brian. Yes. Oh God. And yeah. you're sitting there, you're like, fuck. Like I am hanging on every single word that he is saying uh-huh. in that moment. Oh my, I, I seriously wanted to get on Twitter and just fucking like, at DuPont, fuck you. Like I was so right. like, I'm <laughs> right. serious. Like this, Jake, this is really good. This is a really yeah, good movie. Good. 
I couldn't believe it. I think everyone needs to watch this. Everybody needs to watch this movie. It is scary. It is fucking scary what these companies can get away with and what like and what's not being regulated and like like mm. the people that we think that are protecting us that aren't protecting us like what they're right. and it's all it all comes down to money and like these people of Parkersburg West Virginia like dude it's crazy how this all works out because the only reason that this farmer finds finally finds an attorney that will help him is because he knows someone that knows Rob Billet's grandmother, who happens to live in Parkersburg. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like all the, you know, like this story wouldn't have That's happened. Shitty. Yeah, it's because everybody just basically was telling, dude, the scene when he goes to visit Wilbur back on the farm and when the cow goes crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. That. That scene shook me. It felt too real, Quentin. It felt like I was, and, and, and you're feeling sorry for this farmer who has been doing this for years and has, has, this is how he's made, and these are how these farmers have been making their living. They put food on our fucking tables and then when they go to someone for help, they're basically being told to shut the fuck up. I felt very much like, when I watched um, the Super Size Me Two Holy Chicken, where like the way that they that Tyson was treating the chicken farmers, I felt like this was another like this is happening. These are this is happening to the people that are trying to put food, good food, on our on our tables. Like this is a farmer trying to make a living, and like look what was taken from him. Like every health money. Um, san- like sanity. Like, did you see what he was going through in this movie? Oh my god, yeah. I couldn't believe that scene. Quentin felt too real for me. Yeah, and I and I and I want to give uh, Mark Ruffalo all the praise in this film, but I think Bill Camp, the guy who played Wilbur, just deserves yeah. as much praise as Mark Ruffalo. He was very good. He was really good. This is this is one of the uh, the best films that I've seen all year. It's uh, called Dark Waters. It's out now in theaters, and um, yes, this movie, people, yeah. like what what Brian and I are saying, like this movie, and I, and I'm not going to give it away, but this is just for you, Brian. But like the stuff that they, like the last few scenes that they had at the end of the movie, like that was just kind of like a, like it puts a little bit of a smile on your face seeing, yeah, uh, what what happens at the end there, and really? I just, yeah, no, I, I agree, I agree, yeah, I I, I was hoping that they weren't going to end it. Like I was hoping it didn't end, and and we didn't get other you know information, updated information. But they exactly, yeah, they it's it's good. It's called Dark Waters. Everybody, Mark Ruffalo, fucking incredible film. Let's talk real quick about. Um, did you have any final thoughts on that, Quentin? I'm sorry. No, no. Uh, everything everything that was said was perfect. I think that um, I think that I want to talk about the Outsider trailer. Did you guys watch this one? Yes. yes, the HBO show. Yeah, the the new HBO show. This is a this is a Stephen King adaptation, correct? Yes, yeah. yes. It was a spinoff of off the Mercedes trilogy, I believe. Okay, Mr. Mercedes. Uh, t- it's a it's a ten episode series that follows police detective Ralph Anderson, played by Ben Mendelsohn, as he sets out to investigate the mutilated body of an eleven year old. 
Frankie Peterson found in the Georgia woods. The mysterious circumstances surrounding this horrifying crime leads Ralph, still grieving the recent death of his own son, to bring in unorthodox private investigator Holly Gibney, whose uncanny abilities, he hopes, will explain the unexplainable. The cast includes Ben Mendelsohn, Cynthia Erivo, Jason Bateman, Bill Camp, Mayor Winningham, Patty Considine, Julianne Nicholson, Yul Vasquez, Jeremy Bob, and Mark Menchaca. Now, this is going to premiere in, yeah, on HBO January 12th. Jake, what did you think about the trailer for The Outsider? I thought it looked really good. Um, I thought it looked like the perfect kind of platform for this kind of miniseries on HBO. I was really excited for it after seeing this trailer. Uh, I'll just give it a middle of the road taste it though. I, I thought it was a little bit long, maybe dipped into showing a bit too much of the supernatural stuff. And mm. it might've been more, more fun seeing that evolve in the series instead of, um, having this kind of spoiled that there is indeed so much supernatural stuff going on with this case that they're on. Is that a, Good thing or a bad thing? Here's the thing. It's like I feel like in a way they're letting you know this is what this kind of show is going to be as opposed to like they could have held back on that. And then but but then people are watching it and they just think it's kind of like this, you know, police detective crime drama. And then all of a sudden we get this supernatural stuff and then people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This I didn't think this is what I was watching. I thought I was watching some kind of like. You know, detective drama. Now you're bringing in supernatural stuff. Do you think that that they did that um, to let audiences know, like, no, this is the kind of sh- show that you're going to be watching? I, I, or do you think that it was enough just to put the name Stephen King anywhere in this for people to pick up on that? I, I think the Stephen King thing should have been enough because, and that works both ways. Like. Uh, People that don't want any of that kind of thing can stay away. And even fans of Stephen King are still going to be on the fence with how supernatural this this thing's really going to get. Because Stephen King has done plenty of stories that don't delve into that. I mean, like Shawshank Redemption doesn't really get supernatural at all. So I just think it would have been cool to have a bit more intrigue than they left us at the end of the day with uh, how much supernatural stuff's going on in this show. I'll be honest with you, Jake. When I watched this trailer, I was like, I wish they wouldn't have given away the supernatural stuff. I'm right there with you. I was thinking the exact same thing. I think it's intriguing, but I feel like they should have pulled back on it. Yeah, I agreed. The Stephen King of it all is just enough threat that that could happen that we didn't need to see such a sizzle reel of it by the last 30 seconds. Yeah, the Stephen King stuff is just enough to make you want to watch the show. Everybody's so high on Stephen King stuff. Everything he's ever written, like he could a grocery list, Stephen King's grocery list. They could, somebody could pull it off of his fridge and they would turn it into a goddamn movie right now. Like literally everything he's writing is being adapted into something by one network or one movie studio or it's all over the fucking place. Yeah. And I can't think of a, a writer whose work has been more prolific, prolific and as steadily popular for licensing like Stephen King's. Like it's pretty much been our whole lifetime. I know that his, his right? properties have been hot for TV and movies and properties. And if they haven't made, like if they've made it already, like they're already making like a, a reboot of it, you know, like that's happening. Like, you know, with pet cemetery, like I remember the watching stand. the stand. I mean, 
you know, we, we're still, they're still talking about doing the Dark Tower series now. What well, we saw, it was a TV, a TV, you know, event. Uh, and now it's, you know, this movie. Quentin, what did you think about the Outsider trailer? Um, I'm just glad to see Ben Mendelsohn not in a villain bad guy role. Jesus Christ, (laughs) right? Yeah. Yeah. And like when I I first saw him in it, I was like, oh, great. Here we go. Another bad guy. But then like, yeah, as you can start to see, like from just the evolution of the trailer that he seems to be on the good, the good side. And I want to see more of that. Ben Mendelsohn is a prolific actor who I feel like has just been typecasted so much lately and I, I'm excited to see him in a different role. Like I will be checking this out on the day of launch because um this does seem very intriguing and I can't I can't agree with you two more about I wish that the supernatural element was out and that was kind of a surprise for for us as you watch the show, like kind of rewarding us for continuing with the show. Um and like just tacking on Stephen King's name, that's all you need. I mean, just from the success of of the It series, and I mean, I know Doctor Sleep didn't do as well, but the people who've seen it really loved it. Oh um, man! So like it's yeah. it's just you know like that's all you need with that. Uh, Doctor Sleep was uh, really good. Except I had problems with the third act, but overall, I still enjoyed that movie. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah, I know you've talked about it before, and I I have to agree with you. I think it was a great film. Um, but I, I love you and McGregor in anything. So, um, yeah. but yeah, he's no, he's no fucking, uh, Brent Morin though. Jesus. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to, they're going to put you and McGregor to the test with you with uh, birds of prey. <laughs> we'll see. Right. We'll see how birds of prey does, man. We'll see. Right. I've, I've heard test oh, screening. How it does and how it is are two different scenarios. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, I mean, how, how. I've heard good things from the test screenings. That's that's all I'm saying. Like that's all I'm saying is like people that have seen the test screenings have said good. But that's that's the thing. You never know with test screenings, and you never you know you never know what you're gonna get. I, I think it I think it's too premature after one trailer to just say it's gonna be a shitstorm. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not jumping on the birds of prey hate wagon by any means, yeah. but I, I'm also not like really freaking out for it either. Uh, yeah, I yeah I'm. I'm gonna see it. I hope it goes good. I hope it's. I hope it's a. I hope it's a great movie. Um, sounds like it's gonna be rated R. Uh, we talked about this last week on the show. It looks like the Suicide Squad. Variety's saying the Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey are both gonna be rated R. So we'll see. Fingers crossed. Um, let's see here. Yeah. Uh. I, yeah. I'll rate. I'll rate this trailer a taste. It. I'm. I, and fucking, it's got Jason Bateman in it for crying out loud. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be there. I agree with Quentin. This is one of those HBO shows that I'll be watching the premiere on premiere night. Yeah, I, I just didn't think this was the greatest advertising of a new HBO show they could have done. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. I watched uh, V Wars on Netflix. I watched the first episode. Quentin, did you get a chance to see any V Wars? No, I wasn't able to watch it this week. Yeah, V Wars. Uh, the V stands for Vagina. So is it from the producers mm, of Name That Spread? It's from the same producers of Name That Name That Spread. <laughs> oh man, V Wars. No, it's V Wars. Uh it's a science fiction horror series based on uh the V Wars comic book series by Jonathan Mayberry from IDW Comics. I remember when this comic book came out. I 
did not pick it up. Um, it's not that I, it's, it's just that I just, you know, there's so many fucking comic books that you can't read them all. Anyway, V Wars start, uh, follows the story of a scientist and his best friend as they face the evolving crisis of a deadly outbreak that fractures society into opposing factions, potentially escalating to a future war between humans and vampires. So we've got this character, Dr. Luther Swan, enters a world of horror when a virus is released in ice, melting due to climate change. This disease transforms his best friend, Michael Fane, into a murderous predator who feeds on human blood when he has the hunger. As the disease spreads and more people are transformed, society fractures into camps, putting normal people against the growing numbers of these vampires. Swan races against time to understand what's happening, while Fane rises to become the powerful underground leader of the vampires until revolution and a new election. Uh, this one stars uh, Ian Summerhalder, who... Uh, Funny enough, played Damon Salvatore on the CW's The Vampire Diaries. So he's jumping back into the world of vampires here on V Wars. Is his shirt off a bunch yet again? I don't know. I, I seen once, maybe once his shirt was off. He looks like <laughs> he looks like Rob Lowe. He looks like Rob Lowe mm-hmm, if they mm-hmm. if 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 they took if if they sucked all the talent out of Rob Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. If, um, yeah, if, that's very accurate. If there was a way to siphon all the talent out of Rob Lowe and leave him as a fucking uh, a shell of an actor, that's what would uh, that that's that's Ian Summerhalder. Yeah, there's a reason they killed this guy off season one and lost. I I uh, I got through one episode on this one. I don't know if I'm going to be jumping on to episode two. I'm sure the comic book is a great comic book but this is it basically it felt like you know this guy comes from the cw doing the vampire diaries show that i didn't watch i I was more into true blood and i can't say anything bad about the vampire diaries because i've never seen it it may be a great show but i was i was watching true blood and i didn't need two vampire shows in my life at that time so i just i just picked the one who does so um I like a good vampire story. I know. Every, no, I, who yeah. needs two? Who needs? I don't need to. I picked one, right? Yeah. It's yeah, not, yeah. It's not you like the better one. Yeah. You it's, put a gun to my head and said, you got vampire diaries or true blood. It's true blood all day long. Man. Well, and it's not like uh fucking like, oh, I got to watch The Walking Dead and Z Nation. <laughs> like, yeah. I, oh, geez. That's yeah. Walking Dead all day long. Yeah. Too. I'll pick Walking Dead over Z Nation. So. I don't know. I, I wasn't a huge fan of this one. I, I think it, it did feel very CW. They, of course, they're, it's Netflix, so they can drop the F-bomb here and there. But, like, you know, you, I want to watch these comic book adaptations because, like, we have been getting some great things from Netflix, like the Umbrella Academy. Like, I was like, ooh, could they? But they didn't, they didn't get the level of talent involved in this that they had in the Umbrella Academy. There's just too much goddamn good TV right now for me to want to finish. can't waste time with the fucking Vampire Wars. I can't waste time with V-Wars, man. I gotta finish, I gotta finish fucking, I gotta start Fleabag. I gotta start, uh, fucking, uh, The Expanse. There's other shows that I've gotta Marvelous watch. Miss, Miss Maisel season three came out, too. Exactly. I gotta watch that. I gotta watch season three of Marvelous Miss Maisel. And I gotta, you know, I gotta finish The Watchmen. These are shows, I'm, I'm 
not, it's not like I just, oh, I'm going to watch a mediocre pilot for V Wars and, uh, hope it gets better. You got to grab me. You got to grab me by my, 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 by my P Wars. You got to get, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. I, th- I, I basically, I said, you got to grab me by the penis. Um, in the first step, this show just didn't grab me enough and, and it, it just felt like a, a generic CW show that you'd watch on a Friday night after you watched an episode of Name That Spread. <laughs> yeah, stay away. Okay. The only people watching Name Netflix That Spread. Netflix has everything, man. Now they have yeah. vampire CW dramas. Jeez. Everything, everything. They're dropping shit all the time. All the fucking time to drop a new shit. They dropped a sketch comedy show just the other day from, uh, it was, uh, Astronomy Club. It's, um, the Upright Citizens Brigade group, but it's all of like the black members from the Upright Citizens Brigade doing sketch comedy. And they dropped that. I was just like, oh my God, they're, do- they got everything. You watched any of that yet? I watched like the first 15 minutes of it and I was just like, it's, it's like, it's like 90s comedy. It works better on a stage, which is like, that's what you, that's why you see the UCB. Like, that's the best way to watch Upright Citizens Brigade. Like, I know it was a Comedy Central show, but like, the best way to see them is like, in person. And it just felt like a stage show that they're trying to do, you know what I mean? Like, on a Netflix show, and it, like, it just didn't, it'd be a lot more fun to be there watching them do this. Like, some of the comedy just felt very kind of like, Oh, I, I remember when this kind of shit was funny in the 90s. Like, I, I don't know. I wasn't a huge fan. Mm, that's unfortunate. Yeah, sorry. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm very judgy. And then, oh, Magic for Human season two came out on Netflix, people, if you like that first season. So check it out. Um, I'm going to talk real quick here about, God, what the fuck else do I have left? Jesus Christ, I got three more things. That's it. What do you, what do you, what do you got? What do you got? What, you got anything left, Quentin? Yeah, I was just going to mention briefly about, uh, I've been catching up on Toys That Made Us and, uh, I watched the Power Rangers episode. Have you guys talked about that on this show yet? I talked about it. I think, the, uh, I talked about it briefly, but I did talk about the Toys That Made Us. I talked about it briefly, but yeah, I saw that episode. Yeah, um, I'm a big Power Rangers fan. And uh, I know you're you're youngin', you're youngin'. Yes, yes, you grew, I know, I know. You grew um, up on so the I Rangers. Didn't, I didn't grow up as much with Mighty Morphin. I mean, it was around when I was um, a baby, but like I I got to watch all the reruns. But like the fact that like toys were so big. I mean, when I was a kid, but they were on such a different level when you know you guys were definitely younger, um, and like. The, the fact that the action figures were making such a huge stride in the toy business is always so interesting to me because, like I said, I, I, I don't know if I would say that I got better toys, but like, you know, things, things have improved, but also, um, declined in, in some things, like in terms of material and all that. So, I mean, Power Rangers was its own brand when I was a kid instead of it kind of coming up and becoming its own thing. So it was just awesome to kind of see it back in the day. Um, I'm, I'm trying really hard not to make you guys sound old. (laughs) (laughs) I was not playing with toys when power Rangers came out. So I was past the point of playing with toys. I was 15. So I'm not 
playing with action figures at 15. So right. I was just kind of, and I wasn't watching, I was still watching. I was watching Saved by the Bell and California Dreams and Nine O cartoons and Nine O Two One O. Like I wasn't watching fucking, you know, these dorky kids with their Zords and shit. I I I tried watching like one episode of it when it first came out, and I was like, "This is some stupid fucking shit." But see, I was it, I was just I was because I was older, and I'm not judging any kids that grew up on it and they have like nostalgic love for the Power Rangers, but. Right. Uh, for me, I was just like, that was, it was just like, uh, <laughs> I was just past that age. <laughs> I was, I, there's no way 15 year old Brian's getting into Zords and whatever the fuck they were doing. <laughs> I don't know what they were doing. Thank you for your insight, Brian. I, I really value that. Well, fuck you, dude. Fuck you then. <laughs> fuck you then, Quentin. If you don't like my fucking insight, my insight is like, I, yeah, I can't really, I can't really dive into fucking Power Ranger shit. Who said I was using sarcasm, man? I, I, oh. I meant that. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Th- thank you for ha. your, thank you for your insight, Brian. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. But I don't <laughs> care if you were serious. Insight, it Brian. sounded snarky enough for me to say fuck you, Quentin. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know what? All right. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So you enjoyed that episode, Quentin? Yeah, I did. I, I really enjoyed it, Brian. I hope you enjoyed it more than people are enjoying this one. <laughs> <laughs> Seems likely. <laughs> Very likely. Vegas odds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What else? Uh, yeah. Call back. Anything else? Me? No. I. That was mostly it. Everything else that you're probably going to mention, I. Uh, I watched. Uh, I watched some of this stuff as well. All right. I watched uh, real quick. I'm going to talk about this. I watched a movie on Amazon Prime. It's a couple years old. Um, I recently talked about how like the art theater here uh, near me in Champaign, Illinois, closed its doors, and um, you know, seem you know, it's like I loved going to the art theater and you know, kind of like seeing something that you love go away. It it sucks, and so. You know, another thing that's been going away over the years is drive-in movie theaters. Mm-hmm. And I watched a documentary on Amazon Prime called At the Drive-In. And um, it's about uh, unable to purchase a $50,000 digital projector, a group of film fanatics in rural, rural Pennsylvania fight to keep a dying drive-in theater alive by screening only vintage 35-millimeter film prints and work entirely for free. It's directed by Alexander Minnelli. And we're introduced to uh, Jeff, the owner of the Mahoning Drive-In Theater in Lehighton, Pennsylvania. And he's just like this older guy. He's a super sweet old guy. And he just couldn't keep up with the times. And the business was failing. There was a, there's a moment where they stopped making 35-millimeter prints years ago for new movies and he just couldn't go digital. He couldn't afford like a fifty, sixty thousand dollar digital projector. And he didn't know what he was gonna do. He's starting to lose money and he just didn't know like how is he going to how is he gonna make this succeed. So basically the these two younger guys, one of them just happened to drive by by chance and saw that there was a drive-in theater there 
and went to the theater and joined up with him and him and this other guy kind of like started to help him with social media and marketing and figuring out how they can make this work. And they started to do themed nights, like whether it be like horror or having a theme for like a, a or a director themselves, like Kevin Smith or Steven Spielberg. And they started to do these things to keep the theater alive. And one night they promised like, you know, their patrons, like there's going to be, we're going to do a Spielberg double feature of Jurassic Park and then Jaws. And so they got the 35 millimeter of Jurassic Park, but they were not able to get the Jaws print in time. They had the rights to show the Jaws movie, but they didn't have the movie. So like they promised everybody, like you've come out for this double feature. But anyway, one of the younger guys took a small digital projector, like the ones that they use like in classrooms. And he threw it up on the drive-in screen and it showed up, but it wasn't bright. So like the lumens rating on that digital projector was too low to give you like a perfect picture. So he thought to himself, like, what if I just got a couple additional projectors like this one and I line them up to it like, to where like the picture would align on the screen, it would match up. Would the lighting be bright enough to give us a crisp picture? He bought those projectors and like moments before they showed the movie, they tried it. It worked and they, they played a VHS of Jaws that night. Um, and, uh, from there on, they, they started to actually play even more VHS movies, like movies that they could not get in 35 millimeter. They would play them on VHS and they would use that system. It's, it, you get to meet like the projectionist, Jeff, the guy who owns it. You get to meet these guys that helped them out. Like this guy, Virgil, these are really awesome people that it's like a community and there, you find out some of the, like their patrons like there's this one guy that drives six and a half hours to get there and he goes almost every weekend um it's the only 100 percent 35 millimeter drive-in left in the country this is a awesome fucking documentary where'd you say it was at again amazon prime no, I mean, what, where's the drive-in located again? It's in Pennsylvania, Lehighton, Pennsylvania. It's called the Mahoning Drive-In Theater. Pennsylvania, all right. Jeez. Yeah, uh, I wish I was closer. That sounds awesome. There's a drive-in Definitely. theater near us, like in Springfield. Yeah, they show newer movies, yeah. double features at it. I, yeah. I've looked into going. I've gone. I definitely want to check it out soon. I've gone. Um, I've gone uh, quite a few times. I'm trying to think of, like, what are the movies that I saw there. I saw Avengers there, actually. That's awesome. Yeah, I saw Avengers there. I've always wanted to go and see a Star Wars movie there. That would be cool. I always think of horror movies as what I associate with the drive-in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They'll have double features. They have two screens. They have two screens, so they'll have double features. Um, most nights, so you'll like two different movies on one screen and two on the other screen. You just pull. Yeah, up, I heard they do. Yeah. They told me they do like Kitty Night on one, and mm-hmm. then like more adult movies on the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, it's awesome. If you've never been to drive-in movie theater, it's it's pretty awesome. If, if it's your first time going, make sure you bring some fucking Windex and some paper towels because when you drive there, you're 
windshield's going to be dirty and you want to clean that shit up. I, I like, I totally hit like when I got there, I was like, Oh my God, my windshield's dirty. I can't see how this somebody had Windex and some paper towels. Let me use it. And I was like, thank you. Oh, that is super nice. That's a good tip. I never yeah. even thought of that. Thank you, man. Yeah. I always used to remember sitting outside in the lawn chairs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, same. That this is like, you, you're sitting in the car. It's really nice because you could just like sit in the car and then you turn in your, you turn, uh, tune your, uh, car to like an FM station that plays like the audio for the movie. So. Oh, that's kind of awesome because I could really blast that audio on my car. Yeah, it's not like the, back in the day when you pulled the car up to like the speaker that they had there for you, right? Oh, yeah, because you could just sneak into them and listen because yeah. everyone had their speakers on so you could hear pretty well. Oh, my dad right. – when my dad went to the drive-in theaters when he was like a teenager, like they would have one guy pay and like all the all of his friends would sneak in through the trunk. They'd all be in the trunk of the car. <laughs> So yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's how, how you do. That's how they used to do it. Um, I watched Dead Kids on Netflix. Um, this is a uh, it's a it's an all Filipino cast, so there are subtitles in the movie. Um, I think this is I, it, it's one of the I, I don't know how many Filipino movies they've had on Netflix. So I know that they just started doing this maybe a year or two ago. Um, Dead Kids follows the story of teenagers who plot together to kidnap one of their classmates. The victim is their school's golden rich, uh, golden boy, rich, athletic, and beloved. However, due to the fact that they are far from professionals, things go awry as the group carries out the deed. Uh, the title Dead Kids refers to outcasts or unpopular kids in school, those who don't exist to the other students. Because I had no idea what the fuck a dead kid was in the terms of this film. So I had to look that shit up because like, I never heard that term. I would have never known either. That's crazy. Um, I liked this movie. I thought it was good. Not great. This is not like an amazing movie, but like, I think it, I think it's good. Um, yeah, you've got these kids who like this one, uh, golden boy has kind of like, you know, um, made their high school lives hell in one way or another. And uh, his family, uh, his father is involved in crime. And so they're like, we're going to kidnap this guy and we are going to hold him for ransom. And his father has enough money to pay up. Yeah, things do go fucking crazy. And um, yeah, this movie, it, it gets a little nuts. I, I'm going to give it a, uh, I'll give it a, uh, I'll give it a taste. It. I'll I'll teeter on a high taste. It. I'll just give it a taste. It though. It's good. I would watch. I yeah. If you have nothing better to do, watch Dead Kids on the Netflix. I didn't hate it, and I think some people will like this a lot more than I did. Yeah, it doesn't really sound like my cup of tea, but yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I didn't sell anyone on it. Hey, I saw. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but it was a hard, it was a hard sell. I blame the material, not you. Yeah. I kind of Brian a little bit. A lot oh. of, well, a lot of movies have done it better. You know what I mean? They've done it better. They've made, they've done it better. Uh, what was that one fucking movie? American Animals or whatever the fuck it was called. Yeah, I'd say that one did it better. Anyway. Marriage Story on Netflix. Quentin, did you watch this one? Oh, yeah. Mm. 
Marriage Story on Netflix. Marriage Story is a comedy drama film written and directed by Noam Baumbach. Uh, he also directed uh, 2017's The Meyerowitz Stories with Dustin Hoffman, Adam Sandler, and Ben Stiller. That's also a Netflix original. Um, it's, a, uh, it's a compassionate look at a marriage breaking up and a family staying together. The film stars Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver, Laura Dern, Alan Alda, and Ray Liotta co-star. Um Oh, fuck, dude, 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 Quentin, Jake, did you hear, did you, did you watch this or hear about this? No, I did not. I've I've heard about it, but I did not watch it. Quentin, this is, this, I don't even know how to start. You go ahead, please. This movie put me through the emotional ringer and, and it didn't as early as I've read some other people's tweets. Yeah, definitely. I was looking on Twitter for like what people were, how people were reacting to marriage story. Um, not to influence my opinion, but I just wanted to see how people were reacting to this one. And a lot of people were saying like I was in tears 15 minutes in. It is the story of a couple that fell in love. We don't see the love story. We see the aftermath. And they're going, it's a coast-to-coast divorce. So you've got Adam Driver living in New York, Scarlett Johansson living in Los Angeles now. And um, it's, it's, it's a lot of... It's it's not an easy divorce at all because you've got a child involved here. Mm-hmm. And we see scenes of like they're in like these mediations with lawyers. Oh god, the lawyers in this fucking movie. <laughs> um yeah, the, the the like it all starts where it's going to be like an amicable amicable divorce where it's going to be like let's not get lawyers, let's just you know, uh, what, what you want from the house you take, you know, and, and, and then we'll just do, you know, 50%, 50% custody, you know? Yeah. And then it turns into this thing where you've got, you've got, you've got so many issues that they've had in their past. That they haven't worked through. You've got Adam driver who is like this, um, director who's done plays in New York and now his play his his theater group has been picked up to do Broadway but and his wife has been involved in this she's an actor and what happens with her is now she she gets a uh, she gets an offer to be in a pilot for a show out in Los Angeles now Adam Driver's character being like this Broadway director thinks that TV is a step down. It's not a real art. She, on the flip side, she wants to go for this. She wants to do this. And this kind of like triggers like their divorce and how he reacts to all this. We, we hear about this in, in the story. We don't actually see that scene, but we've got a woman who wants to make her own life now and live her own life. And to live her own life and be who she wants to be, she's got to move to Los Angeles. He wants to stay in New York. Now, how can you have an amicable divorce with a child? You can't have a kid in two places at one time. And it just kind of spirals out of control where it becomes kind of like 
this this movie feels like it's a competition at at certain points and and a battle at certain points between them and trying to get custody um of of uh of their child uh it's Oh God, Quentin! I don't know. I don't. You can jump in. It's it. There are. Yeah, I'll have Quentin. You jump in. Yeah, you want me to? Yeah, jump can, in. Ta- yeah. I'm gonna tag you in, Quentin. Like right. this is. Oh God, it's an emotional goddamn movie. Um, and I think the best way is to not get too spoilery. Um, if that's okay with you, unless there's anything that you definitely need, like that you think needs to be said. I mean, this isn't like something that, um. Like, if it is spoiled for you, it's not going to ruin the movie. But there are just some key scenes in this film that kind of like like what you said, like, they struck me, man. Mm-hmm. Um, the the scene, like, the verbal fight that they have in his house. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That I'm, I'm sitting there. It felt too real. Yes. Like, it, it felt like you were actually there listening to this. And, like, you feel awkward in the sense because you just don't know how to react. Like, how are you supposed to react to that? Mm-hmm. And I think that Adam Driver's character, like, my God. I, and it makes me think that, you know, he's just such a good actor. And, oh, and it, I, I fault myself yeah. for not seeing more. Um, but, I mean, I saw him in Logan Lucky and Star Wars. That's where he's mostly familiar with me. Um, but, man, it's I don't know if it's just like – this guy needs more credit than what he's been <laughs> He getting. really does. He's so good in this. I've never seen him as good in anything than this. This is so good. Wow. Yeah, he's it incredible. Felt like, Jake, it felt like this guy was, is totally different than anything I've ever seen in the two Star Wars films that we've had. And even in Logan Lucky. Like, he... He, yeah, oh, dude, yeah, like you can't. He was a, you can't. Fuck, he was like he was in a Coen Brothers movie. He was in that Coen Brothers movie with Oscar Isaac. I mean, that's right. Real small yeah. role, but like, I mean, this guy's been around for a while. Like, Quentin, you will never guess. Like, I did, I did tear up in this movie. You will never guess where I teared up in this movie. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I can guess, but what it's did the, it have to do with him singing? It's the no. It's the weirdest okay. spot in this movie. It was just, it was the part where they're in mediations with their lawyers, and the right. lawyers are doing all the talking, and then all of a sudden they break to order food from that 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 catering place, mm-hmm. and he's looking at the menu, and it's a place he's never eaten from before, and he and he's just he's looking at the menu, and she takes the menu. And orders for him to help him. And it was just like that moment of like, it just hit me like, that's their, that was their relationship. Like that was their relationship. Like when they, you could tell like she's done this for him in the past. Like if they've right. gone to a, a place and they've, they've never eaten there before and he doesn't know what to order. Like you could tell like she's done this for him in the past and she's, doing that again for him here and i'm just like you could tell that like that moment was built upon previous moments that they've had and she's this is something that she's just done for him out of habit and even though that they're in that that scene just like i started to tear up there it was like oh that's fucking so powerful 
And, you know, I've been through a divorce, nothing like this, but this movie really fucking hit me. It really fucking hit me. Um, Brian, it's, it's the subtlety, man. And the, the scene of her cutting his hair kind of was like another one of those moments. And then like right. the whole gate not being able to shut and like how they, how they, how the director, how the cinematographer, like as the gate is shutting, they're it looking. It pans to both of them. Yeah. It pans to both of them. And you're seeing them both being not able to see each other after the gate closes. And it, it's kind of like, uh, it's showing you, you know, that, that that they are that they are separated that they are getting a divorce. It was uh, man, and the fucking lawyers in this movie, all of them. Oh my god, God, dude! Like I never hated Laura Dern in a role, and I'm just like, God, <laughs> get out of here! Oh, fucking um, Alan, Ray <laughs> yeah, Ray Liotta, Alan Alda was just like, oh my, I love Alan Alda. I've always loved him, but it's like, right. it's like this is like. You you were thinking to yourself like oh this is not the guy to go up against Laura Dern and then right. oh god uh, yeah if I was representing you you are representing me yes oh god <laughs> this is guys this is a this is a much watch it's on Netflix everybody and like this is being nominated I think this is being nominated for for it's an Oscar contender it's won a bunch oh, wow. of awards already um, yeah you know. And um, I would highly recommend watching this one, Marriage. I would recommend watching this one before you even consider getting married. No, I definitely agree with that. It is, yes. Before you consider having children, watch this fucking movie. (laughs) Oh, my God. It is... Cautionary tale. It Tupperware the fuck out of this one. Adam Driver, in my opinion, elevates himself as an actor in this. This he carries this movie and is amazing. Very. Did you did you find it like I was surprised at how comedic some of the movie was. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, the like call, I, it's I think a, it was such a great balance. They consider this one a comedy drama. That's insane. Because yeah. I would not I would not put it as a comedy in any sense, but the beats that they use for comedy were perfectly put in. Mm-hmm. But I never, I would not take this as a comedy drama. Like this is a full out drama. Like you are, you are in tears and parts. Yeah. 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 It, I'd, I'd say it's more of a drama, drama first, but there are elements of, of comedy in it. But yeah. Um, yeah. This is a must watch. Marriage story is like, like I got my, like I, I got my mom watching it. I'm like, cause like I like, I, I think like sometimes my mom's a little bit behind on stuff. But, so I wanted to make sure that she was on the in on this one. I was like, mom, everybody's talking about this. And that's how I get my mom to watch stuff. I'm like, mom, everybody, right. everybody's talking about this. That's, it's peer pressure with me. I'm letting her know, you know what I mean? You gotta be cool. I gotta be cool. Yeah. My, my mom wants to be cool and hip. You know what I mean? You know, and so I told I text my mom, I'm like, everybody's talking about this marriage story on Twitter. And then she did mention something like, oh, I'd heard a little bit about that. And um, and so, yeah, she started watching it. And I think I think she liked it. I think she liked it. I, yeah, love, I immediately yeah. called my mom right after I watched it. And I said, you and dad need to sit down and watch this. 
<laughs> oh God! What if they called you back and said, "Me and Dad are getting a divorce"? I'm like, "Well, fuck." That, that's that's not what I meant. <laughs> like, Quinn, what the fuck? Thanks for opening our eyes. Son. Oh my God! Yeah. Then I'm gonna then I'm gonna, <laughs> then I'm gonna text Brian and be like, "You did this." <laughs> <laughs> you did it! You did it! When you, when you, told you family destroyer. <laughs> God, have you fucked up, Quentin? Oh, I would feel so bad. I was. <laughs> be all your fault. I would. I probably wouldn't watch this without your recommendation. So th- this would be all your fault. Oh wow! Thank you for ruining my my parents' uh, marriage, dude. <laughs> that would be. Oh my god! I would. That's that's some power, though, isn't it, Jake? That I did that. If I. If I, if I don't I, think you ruined a marriage. I think you saved two lives. <laughs> oh man, oh, that's great. Yeah, uh, like Quentin goes on to see his dad a lot happier. You know what I mean. Right. You know, two your Christmases. Da- two Christmases. Like mm. you turn on the TV one day and you're like, "What the <laughs> fuck? My dad's a contestant on Name That Spread." <laughs> <laughs> He's made it. I'm proud of you, Pops. Part of the elite. Oh my! He's he fucking won the Daily Double. He did it. Yeah, he fucking <laughs> he named two vaginas on one turn. It's amazing. Uh, Ten seconds on the clock, he got it. Oh, they they call he wins the grand prize where they call him the Vagenius, <laughs> and they crown him the Vagenius. At the end, goes on the hall, of yeah, he goes on the Hall of Fame. He wears a click crown, and they call him the Vagenius. <laughs> the the Hall of Fame. You just the Hall of Fame is actually you walk into a vagina, <laughs> spread legs, and you walk right into it. What was it? So what was it in here? What movie was that where they had like a, a gynecology? Oh, it was Patch Adams. Have you ever seen that where they where they hosted yeah. the, the gynecologist and it was the open legs and you walk into the vagina? I, I, I know exactly what you're talking Hilarious. about. Hilarious. That's crazy. That shit's funny. Are you guys ready to take a break and go and then and come back and then and then do the news? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just laying things, I'm just laying out the show for you right now is what I'm doing. <laughs> That's how the things work here. Uh, we'll you are be, getting laid, I mean laying it out. I like getting, oh, I like, I like how you, <laughs> <laughs> you, you tied it in. Stuck that one in there. That was some synergy there from you, Quentin. We'll be right back with the news. Hi. I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Dan and yogurt, and the next thing you know, you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit, that freckled face fucker was right. Anyway, the whole point of this is to tell you that popcultureleftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. 
You just shop like you regularly would, and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. All right, hey, we are back, Jake. I got a question for you. Tell me, Quentin. You can jump in here. Yeah, I got a question for you. here. Name that spread. Do you think like? <laughs> Let me see it. <laughs> yeah. Come on, brother, on, bring it in. Name that spread. Do you think? Oh, I- you fooled me. It's a schlong. <laughs> Hold on. No, I'm not asking you to name that spread right now. Um, do you think, like in the show, like did they give you, like, um, like, it, like if you if if they can't buzz in immediately and name the spread, do you think that? Um, do you think like they give you clues, like? Uh, this spread was featured in 127 films, and that was <laughs> this spread has won seven AVNs. <laughs> like, like, and that was just 2011. You know, like, <laughs> um, and, and you know, maybe Ron Jeremy's the host. I don't know, but like, do you think like they give you clues, and then and then like then you can buzz in, and then ask, the, and then give the answer if you think you know who it is. Would they at least give you like the genre that it? It's is all porn. Affiliated? It's, porn. it's porn. What the fuck? Like, you need to know. It's all <laughs> porn. It's genre. Parody porn. We parody <laughs> porn round. It's all porn. Cosplay porn round. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Quinn. These are the questions I need asked. I'm they'll, sorry. They'll give you the genre. They'll be like, the genre is porn. <laughs> and now it's pizza delivery porn. <laughs> <laughs> do you think? Do you think the the guest just shows? Up, they show up with like cum stains on their shirts. Prerequisite <laughs> <laughs> makeup puts it on them. <laughs> they, they turn on the black light for a bonus round, and whoever has the most <laughs> wins some bonus points. <laughs> I keep, whoever's podium is the messiest. I think there should be a round where like they have like you see like six squares on the screen and then like they throw up like part of the image and then it's like you try to like like uh you know and but then in order to get like more of the image to guess that but to name that spread you've got to answer another trivia question and then they'll show you like another part another Image of said spread. If you get the question right, do you get to pick which box? Yes. No pun intended. Yes. You totally, you're like, I want, yeah. It's like they're all, it's kind of like, like, um, it's kind of like Battleship, but not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take C one. Uh, C one. <laughs> you sh- you sunk my battle clit. <laughs> oh no. Oh man. I oh, I can't quite get it. I need I need another box. I need another box. I can't. Uh, I know. One more question. I box. know. I've seen that clitoris before. Oh, where was it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't I pay more attention? <laughs> I never knew it was going to come to millions of dollars. I'd like to, I'd like to, I'd like to phone a friend. 
<laughs> oh man, you think the guy on the show is creepy? Wait till we get <laughs> wait until you see the guy. They yeah, <laughs> he's like, how could you not get this? They call him and he's like, you can hear him furiously <laughs> mas- masturbating. <laughs> what do you need? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you calling me? I'm watching name that spread. <laughs> this is why people text these days. <laughs> The fact is that he answers while he's in the middle of it is the best thing. <laughs> Man, what he's you such a friend. Point, you can't stop. They only show they only show his text on screen, and it's an eggplant and water drops emoji. <laughs> oh my! Uh, you literally hear the dude fapping on the other end. <laughs> Oh God! Oh, name that spread. Oh, We're getting my some God. feedback here. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's not feedback. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's it, it's on a it's on a service instead of Netflix. It's called Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> man, we're giving away million dollar ideas here. Oh man! All right. Oh, it's time for the pop culture leftovers news. Yeah, 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 read all about it. It's a lift of a news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangsta as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. <laughs> I so wanted to make the fab sound during that bumper the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't matter who they call. It's the same same guy <laughs> he's there jamie yeah. oh god um oh, let's see here deadline has confirmed that 20th century fox under its new parent disney has tapped maze runner filmmaker wes ball to develop a ball <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, West Ball. <laughs> He's like Tupac. He's only got one, too. I'd like to phone a friend. I'd like to phone West Ball. <laughs> uh, they've, uh, Disney has tapped Maze Runner filmmaker West Ball to develop a new Planet of the Apes movie. Um, it's very early in the works. And it's not certain if this will pick up where Matt Reeves' War of the Planet of the Apes left off uh, or if it's a complete remake. So I don't have a lot of news to report on this one. It's just we're getting Wes Ball making a fucking Planet of the Apes movie. I liked the first Maze Runner film enough. Uh, I believe I gave it a high taste it when it came out years ago. The sequel was not good. I hated it. And I didn't even watch the third movie because the second movie was so bad. But, um, yeah. Didn't they drop the ball after the first one? Oh, <laughs> God. Jake, you were on, you were on a roll and then that happened. 
I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, didn't uh, it wasn't the same director? I believe after the first movie, right? Uh, I don't know. I would have to look. I w- yeah, I have no idea if he did all. If he <laughs> what? Did. <laughs> this is where we need our Jamie. This is where we need our Jamie. All his Maze Runner knowledge. Maze Runner knowledge. We'd have somebody click clacking on their fucking computer looking up all the West Ball projects. Quick, read all three books. Name that spread. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but. Yeah, another Planet of the Apes movie. It it's just, it feels weird to me if they didn't do a It feels weird to me just to just to do a complete remake at this point. After the, I feel like I'd be fine like if if we're starting over again, it feels like time for that, right? After the last one? Yeah, yeah, I suppose. I don't know. It just it just seems too soon. Yeah, I mean, you know, in today's day and age, when you reboot Spider-Man yeah. two years after you, you start over it, I, I don't know. I, I I think it's a it's a franchise that they don't want to sit on too long. Yeah, and let it become dated, and strike while the iron's hot with the apes. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. I just I don't know. I I love the last two Matt Reeves movies. I love the first one, the Rupert Wyatt film. I thought it was great. And I love the two the two the last two Reeves films so good. I just don't know if Wes Ball is the guy that I want to see uh take over for the franchise. So it it I'm not going to lie. It does sound like a bit like corporate greed and West Ball's a guy that's just going to come in there and mm. not spend a ton, a ton of money, not have an insane vision. I mean, hopefully I'm proven wrong because it's yeah. a franchise I really mm-hmm. enjoy seeing good movies with, but I, I don't disagree with your fears that this could just be a cash in on the property. I love Planet of the Apes. I do. I, I, I love, yeah, I do. I still love, I love the original movie. I love the sequel. I, uh, I even loved like the really bad sequels, you know, so, um, and they got really bad, trust me. And, uh, I never really watched the cartoon, but I did read a lot of the comic books and the comic books are fantastic as well, but, uh, we'll see what they do with this one. We'll see what, what happens. It'll be interesting. Uh, are you guys excited for the new trailer for Jason Reitman's Ghostbusters Afterlife that we're going to get. Are you guys looking forward to seeing the Paul Rudd, Carrie Coon, you know, Grace uh, McKenna Grace and Finn Wolfhard in a new Ghostbusters movie? Mm, My excitement level is kind of waned. I mean, I'll definitely check it out when they release it, but I'm not, they're going to have to impress me a lot with this trailer to get me to be excited about this Ghostbusters thing. Uh yeah, um Quentin, what are you thinking? Ghostbusters, you excited? You looking for it? You you anxious? You nervous? You you give a shit? Uh I give a shit, but I don't give too much of a shit. Um I'm I'm excited enough. I'm I'm on the same par with Jake. I I have to just kind of see it and see where we're at and then I'll maybe show a little more excitement. But for right now, I saw the pictures and the pictures look like I think there's four. Um Yeah. And they look they look cool, but I mean I'm I I love Paul Rudd, so I'm excited to see what he has to add to this franchise. But yeah, I'm I'm on the same level as Jig, just waiting. I'm nervous. I want a great Ghostbusters movie. I really do. Um, I think Dan Aykroyd <clears throat> is pretty terrible these days, and 
knowing he's going to be hammering it up on screen, it's like, oof, that, that's going to be hard work for this director. Yeah, but is, like, how much is he going to be involved? We'll see. He's got to be involved. I think behind the and scenes. I'm just scared with that yeah. their retaliation to how the last one re- was received is going to be lots of sequelitis, like lots of member berries, member berries to Ghostbusters movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to really see any part of that either. So I'm just like, yeah. well, what, what even is this? Well, we'll, we'll find out when we get the trailer. I'm not counting it out just yet. Um, hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully it'll be, uh, something good. I, uh, Bakeem Woodbine's going to be in it. I love him. We'll see. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I love Carrie Coon. Yeah, I do too. They, when I was at Universal Studios uh, with Scott, we did the Ghostbusters Haunted House, and they said that you're going to get to see um, a new ghost in the on this in this haunted house that uh, they're going to have in the new movie. And it was like this. I don't know. It was like this weird. Skeleton, animal, werewolf-looking thing, or something. I wasn't too impressed with it, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't make the final cut. Actually, the movie we lied about that. Yeah, I don't know. That's what they were saying. They were like, "Oh, you're going to get to see a new ghost that you're going to get to see in the new Ghostbusters movie coming out next year." Um, speaking of uh, reboots, sequels. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids director Joe Johnson is in negotiations to. Um, Disney's upcoming reboot of the film franchise shrunk with Josh Gad and talks to star. So it looks like Joe Johnson's coming back to direct this one. He, well, he's in talks and in this version, uh, Josh Gad will be playing Wayne's grown up son. Wayne, uh, was, uh, Rick Moranis and, uh, he's going to be playing Wayne's grown up son who follows his, in his father's footsteps by not only becoming a scientist, but also accidentally shrinking his children. Oh, no. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, yeah, this is a perfect Disney Plus original movie material here. Ah, so. hold on, hold on. Um, they, the studio, this is what Variety says, the studio had flirted with the idea of debuting the film on Disney Plus, but Rosenberg's recent draft elicited enthusiasm from execs. Now the plan is to release the film theatrically. Sources also add development is still in the early stages and a green light has not yet been given. But they're, yeah, it, it was, they were talking about it going straight to Disney Plus, but they really like it. Yeah, I mean, that is crazy. I mean, this could be, this could be a really popular thing. I mean, it kind of makes me think of, um, Ant-Man. Think about what they've done with Ant-Man recently. Yeah, that's where my mind like, went. And just these reboots, like Jumanji did so well. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I think this is a pretty beloved property from people's childhood, you know? Yeah. I, oh, are you seeing Jumanji next week? Yeah, I'm super excited. I uh, I'm, I'm, I, I think I'm going to go see it in 3D. Like, I could see it in IMAX, but they also have a 3D showing. I think I'm going to go see it in 3 I've already got my 3D ticket, so. It looks like it's definitely, yeah. like, suited for that, just from the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Quinn, did you, did you have any experience with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids growing up? Um, yeah, I've seen, I've seen the original. Um, I think, cause they made a sequel, didn't they? Blew up the kids? Honey, I blew up. There's a few of them. Yeah, Honey, I blew up the kids. Honey, we shrunk ourselves. Yeah. Right. And then they had a ride at Disney that was, uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And I remember riding that. And it was like a 4D ride. Did you ever watch Honey Name That Spread? 
<laughs> not the not the 4D experience. It was no. just Rick Moranis holding a magnifying glass and looking at really small vaginas. Wow. He retired shortly after that. Yeah, it <laughs> was not well received. No, what were you saying, Quentin? Um, no, I was I, I was just saying that I I remember distinct distinctively seeing it on uh, the Disney ride. It was a 4D ride where like you're you're basically getting shrunk down and like you're seeing all of kind of the events of the first movie. So the first yeah. movie was kind of what I remember the most, but from there that's that's about all I got when it comes to that franchise. Wow, thanks Quentin. <laughs> <laughs> hey, anything for you, Brian. I love to give my insight, bud. Oh, oh, I yeah, I'm fucking with you. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think I think people are ready for a new Honey I Shrunk the Kids movie. I think kids will like it today. Josh Gad's popular enough. I don't think this oh, movie's yeah. being made for us, you know. I mean, I think it's being made for kids now, and I think with the technology that we have now, and look what they've done with Ant Man. I think, I think that this could be a huge hit. They could have a huge hit on their hands here with this one. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's a great property to mine and try to do it again. It's definitely been long enough. Yeah, looks like we got our first reactions to uh, Netflix's The Witcher. Nah, the Witcher coming out. Come coming out. What the fuck am I saying? The Witch. The, the Witcher's comings out. Um, the Witcher comes out uh, December twentieth on Netflix. This stars Henry Cavill, and uh, the first clip was actually released on uh, Jimmy Kimmel this week. Um, I don't know. Did you guys get to see that? I did not see this. No, I, I, I would have liked to. I, I didn't remember heard it. Nothing huge, to be quite honest with you. It's like it's 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 Henry Cavill as this what's his name Geralt, um, something like that. Yeah, I know these these fucking people that like love the video game and the book are yelling at me. Yeah, it's Geralt. And you, listen to you stumbling over the Witcher. I love it. it's beloved. What are you? I'm sorry. I just haven't had any exposure to it, so chill the fuck out. Um, but uh, yeah, they showed a small clip on uh, Kimmel uh, this week. I watched it. It's it's uh, him, and he's uh, wielding a sword with another guy, and they're fighting a bunch of guys in what looks like a in like a in like a room or something with the swords and shit. And it, what, it wasn't a lot. It was just it, it, really hardly any dialogue, and it was just a, some action. And it went on, I think the trailer was like less than 10 seconds. This clip, excuse me, it was less than 10 seconds. It was not a lot. They're really holding this series close to the chest as far as like what they've released so far. But apparently uh, Netflix has given screeners to some members of the media uh, NME.com had an article titled The Witcher Praised in First Reactions Makes Game of Thrones Look uh, look Like Two Drunks Fighting. And I think what they're, what they're saying is like it's given – they're giving big praise on its um, choreography, like its, its fighting scenes. I, 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 I think like – you know, I think the battle scenes in uh, Game of Thrones are amazing – but I think like they're just I think they're basically just talking about, um, you know, just like these individual fighting scenes. But they had some um, some reactions on enemy dot com. And I read through them. We've got one that says uh, plowed through the initial screeners for Netflix is The Witcher. And I've got to say, I'm quite liking it. 
Uh, I'll have more to say about it when the embargo drops, but it's well cast, smartly structured, and nicely paced. Good, solid, pulp fantasy nonsense. Another one read, watching the screeners for Witcher Netflix. I'll admit, as a huge fan of the books, I was a little worried, but... Um, and they give the Twitter handle um, of uh, somebody that's uh, involved in the project, saying that they've done a masterful job telling the story. Um, it also helps that the cast is amazing. And Henry Cavill, just wow. Um, many, many have also compared the show to Game of Thrones, suggesting that the Witcher's fight scenes were far superior. And... Um, hmm. I read uh, the fight scenes in The Witcher. Wow, makes Game of Thrones fights look awful. Watching The Witcher season one this weekend. Uh, there's more of this. I mean, there's just people. Yeah, those shitty Game of Thrones <clears throat> fights. I, oh my god, it's I, just a weird thing to critique Game against Game of Thrones on. Though. I th- well, here, 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 here's somebody says I have watched the first two episodes, and I can say this: the best sword fighting scene I have ever seen. I have laughed and I have cried. Don't be anxious. You have done a wonderful job. This show has a soul of its own. Can't wait to savor the rest. So, um, let's not get, <clears throat> I mean, maybe, the, maybe the critics are, are being a little too harsh on Game of Thrones here and maybe they shouldn't be comparing the show to it, but it sounds like Netflix might have a winner on their hands here with this one. Yeah, it does seem like there's some quality here. Like that, pe- the people that made it actually cared about it, and it mm-hmm. doesn't, it's so easy to come off as fucking super cheese when you're adapting video games. So, it just anything, even well, even to be compared to Game of Thrones means they've elevated video games. It's not just here. a video game. It's a, it was it was a book series first, and I like, oh, I, I oh, made my apologies. I made that. Hold on, yeah, I made that mistake. A year ago when we announced this thing, like I said, like, oh, it's based on a video game. And I had somebody come at me and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's also a book series, you fucking asshole. And I was like, oh, shit. So I just want to make that very clear. Like, this is <laughs> this is a book series that turned into a video game and is now a Netflix series. Wow. So that means they've got a lot of material in them on. And that would make sense that it would be easier to make this quality than, say, like yeah. Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, that Assassin's Creed movie. What a pile <laughs> of shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Fucking terrible. Fucking terrible. So, yeah, The Witcher, hopefully it's good. Comes out. We won't be rebu- uh, reviewing it that first week, Jake. We got to, that, it comes out the same weekend as, um, the Rise of Skywalker. Oh yeah, we will be busy. Yeah, we'll be busy. Well, I'll talk about it the next week. So, um, <clears throat> Train to Busan sequel news from Dark Horizons. Um, one of the best. Quint, you ever seen Train to Busan? Yes, I'm so excited for you to talk about this. Yeah, one of the best films of 2016 was Korean frantic zombie drama and genre hit Train to Busan, which scored critical acclaim and grossed just under a hundred million dollars worldwide from an $8.5 million budget. The original film story deals with a zombie apocalypse suddenly breaking out in the country and comprises the, uh, compromises the safety of the passengers on board a bullet train, which just left Seoul over a year ago. Did you ever see the animated movie? No. Oh, you got to watch that, dude. Okay. I think it's called Soul Station, I think. 
I have to look up the title, but um, it's like Escape from Soul Station or whatever the fuck. I, don't, I can't remember. It's really fucking good, dude. Um, over a year ago, the film's director, Yan Sang Ho, confirmed a sequel was in the works. And now the West News reports that Yan is targeting a summer 2020 release for the film. Titled Bando, translation Peninsula, the story will take place four years after the major outbreak. And the action follows a group of survivors and their fight to escape the infected land. It's expected none of the actors from the first film will return. The project is separate from the James Wan produced English language remake, also currently in the works. Fuck your English language remake. I am so ready for this sequel, (laughs) dude. I cannot fucking wait. Yeah, I'm I'm there too. Um, also, it is called Soul Station. Okay. Um, and it's on it's on Amazon, so I'm going to be checking that out. Yeah, this uh, the director <clears throat> the director from um, Train to Busan is a originally comes from anime. He he did animated projects, and so when he did Train to Busan, like when you watch it, there are moments that it 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 does feel like an anime come to life in a lot of ways. It's definitely, a, yeah, it's really, oh God, it's so good. And the perform that little girl at the end of the fucking movie, I'm crying. I'm fucking crying at the end of that movie. <laughs> You're kidding me. You're not crying, Quentin. No, I am. It's just, I, I can see you crying. That's why, like, I'm, oh, just, it's, I, yeah, I, I uh, just, Brian, I see your pain and I raise you a uh, ha ha. Fuck you. Fuck you. No, fuck you. <laughs> I see your pain. Yeah, Brian's Brian. a real ugly crier. <laughs> um, yeah, I go full snot, don't I, Jake? Mm. Full bubble. Yeah. Oh, oh God. Tissue, tissue. I'm sorry. What, 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 yeah. What's going on with you, Quinn? Um, fucking Train Up is not a great movie. Can't wait for the sequel, man. I hope yeah, it- me too. I'm very excited for it. Oh, my God. These are, like, these, uh, the Korean zombies are, are kind of like the, uh, they're like the, they're like the the British zombies that are fast. They're not like these slow yeah. lumbering George A. Romero zombies that we get in The Walking Dead and like you know the Night of the Living Dead movies. These are, these are the fast running zombies and man, I, I the Twenty Eight Days Later zombies. Oh yeah, yeah. So like, they, 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 oh god, they're fucking terrifying. Yeah, and like the way they move, definitely, like you said, reminds me of the anime style, like the. The action, of course, but like just their quick, jerky movements feels like it's not even like it. It's crazy that a person can move like that. The beginning of Train to Busan, the opening scene of Train to Busan. I'll just say this: there's a deer at the beginning of that movie. Isn't it hit by a vehicle, like a car? There's a deer on this on the road, and it's I believe it's hit by a car and mangled, fucked up. Well, it's infected by the virus. So, like, this virus can infect animals. Mm -hmm. And it's infected by the virus. You literally see this deer who's fucking beat up and mangled and bloody. Just the legs start to heal. And you see, like, them, like, snap back into place. It stands up and it's fine. It's, it's, it's such a, just the way the movie starts is fucking awesome. Like, oh, yeah. I fucking, Oh god, this is a fucking must watch. One of the best uh horror movies that um 
I've seen that I'd seen in a long time. Especially probably the the best zombie film I'd seen in a long time. Really good. Train to Busan. Watch it, people. What the fuck are you doing? Um, let's move into you, yeah. Let's move into some more Marvel news. Um, Shang Chi movie. Did you guys want to hear about this Shang Chi? Mm-hmm. Yeah, please. I I want to hear about this property. Uh, it's it's not. A, it's I, I don't have a lot here. This is. I read an article from ComicBook.com, and it, it's about the star of the upcoming Shang Chi movie that I, I wanted to kind of go over here. This. This actor, Simu Liu, who will join the Marvel Cinematic Universe as its first leading Asian superhero when he headlines Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings for Marvel Studios, admits the experience has been terrifying. And his initial call from the studio overseen by Kevin Feige left him hysterical. The Canadian actor was first announced as Marvel Comics martial arts expert at San Diego Comic-Con in July where Feige said the Disney-owned studio underwent a really in-depth search to try to find somebody who will capture this character with all the dimensions that he deserves, and it's going pretty well. We found him. Lou said uh, in a profile by South China Morning Post, it's terrifying. <laughs> when I <laughs> when I got the call from Marvel, I was crying, just hysterical. And I, I remember thinking immediately after, why am I crying? I think it was because this is such a wonderful opportunity and my life is going to change forever. But I am going to have to say goodbye to certain parts of my life. There's a kind of grieving process that has to start as well. This guy's very like introspective. Like he under- he gets it. Like like he's not going to be able to walk out in the street like a normal person anymore. You know what I mean? Like everybody. No, gonna, no, it's next level. Like it, he used to yeah. be unrecognized, and soon everyone's going to recognize him everywhere. He goes. He's going to. He's going to shape Asian culture for like little little kids. That's forever. what. He, it's his, that's what his next quote is. He says, "Kids are going to dress up like me for Halloween." Um. So, Adults will too. It's true. Oh God, yeah. After Lou was cast, one of the star's cheeky tweets resurfaced in a tweet published in December 2018. He wrote, "Okay, at Marvel, are we going to talk or what?" Hashtag Shang Chi. Months later, Lou replied to his own tweet with a Marvel-like joke. Well, shit, because <laughs> he because he'd been cast, um, right? He says, I didn't just send a tweet and then they called. Lou explained of the viral tweet that earned more than 62,000 likes. It was a long process of phone conversations, callbacks and auditions that happened over a couple months. Now tasked with a, with convincingly portraying a character who is among the most skilled fighters in the entire Marvel universe, Lou is training very hard under stork coordinator Brad Allen, described as a phenomenal martial artist who trained under Jackie Chan. And Allen has assembled a wonderful team around me. So, yeah, I just thought that that was an awesome story to kind of like, I don't know, get us excited for this guy. I like, I like his attitude and, and, um, this Simulu guy just seems like a cool guy. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do with Shang Chi. Yeah, me too. I thought the Twitter stuff was hilarious. I remember when they were pointing that out when they made the announcement that he had made yeah. that tweet way earlier, and that, that, that's really cool. That's something I'm sure he'll always look back at and just be like, "Wow, this really happened." You know, absolutely. It was just this thing I put out there in the air, and then boom. Yeah, I hope he didn't make any racy jokes though, because then we can <laughs> we can take you. 
Excellent. Or he's deleted them by now, at least. He's yeah. He he was like, oh shit, James Gunn. I'm gonna go back and delete it. Delete. 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 Yeah. Um, could Venom two be R rated? It's possible. In a new interview with Cinema Blend, uh, Venom two producer Matt Tolmach said, I, "I mean, I think you always have to think about it now that that works." Having said that, our movie worked really well. Our franchise exists as it is, and I don't think anybody is looking to just say, hey, they did it. We have a place in the world. So it isn't like suddenly everybody's considering what to do with the rating. I think what Joker does is it tells you that you can succeed for a very long time. That was the narrative, and Deadpool sort of wrestled that to the turf. And then Logan, for a long time, that was considered totally forbidden. So, you know, I think it's the greatest thing in the world that R-rated movies are being embraced by massive audiences, and it just means that there are more opportunities for that kind of storytelling. Um, I, after this quote, don't think that that means that it's going to be rated R at all. Yeah, I think he just kind of just said we don't need to do it. I think he just said, like, yeah, it's great, but I, yeah... Sure, I happen. agree. At the end of the day, I think Sony still isn't willing to make that leap with the Marvel character. I don't and think they're going to still want to make Venom yeah. made so much money. Yeah, I don't think they have. They're going to want to just keep it going. I don't think they have to. I, I think it'd be awesome. Like I think it would be like if they if they'd made Venom to rated R and just made it as silly with the interactions between Venom and. The only reason that they make it rated R is because of the violence and make it like kind of like Sam Raimi Evil Dead level violence, like with blood and gore. Like, yeah, but also it it could work. It could definitely work. It's not a question of it not working. Sure. But just I if they were going to make that decision, it was more likely they were going to make that decision right away with Venom 1. And now that they haven't, I don't feel like they will. I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to flip either. I don't think Venom 2 is going to be rated R. I think it'll be, I think it'll definitely be PG 13. But who knows? I mean, you got a new director in there. You got Circus in there. You've got, you know, Tom Hardy. I don't think he'd be opposed to it being rated R. But I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think PG 13 will be just fine. So we'll see what happens. Um, also, Variety reported that uh, the Irishman actor, Stephen Graham, has joined the cast of Venom 2 in an unknown role. So I just wanted to report that real quick. I love Stephen Graham. I was a huge fan of him as Atticus on Taboo. I think he is a fucking really good actor. And so they just keep you adding. You think Tom Hardy's word got him in there? Oh, God, you bet. I mean, they work together on Taboo. I guarantee you. I guarantee you Tom Hardy had something to do with that. Yeah, you think. So I I think it's great. I think it's great. And they're just adding more talent to uh, a fucking silly-ass movie. Because, like, that's, right. that first movie, like, it is – it should not be a good movie. It should – I should not like it. it. That movie should offend me and comic book fans around the world, but I had a fucking blast. I had a fucking blast. I'm not ashamed to say it. I fucking loved it. No, I, I loved it too. Yeah. I, I was just ready to think it was the biggest pile of dumb dog shit ever, and I was laughing my ass off. Yeah, I couldn't believe it, man. It should not have worked, and I fucking love that movie. Uh, yeah. what what's what's that, Quentin? Oh, I was just saying, yeah, Venom's my favorite villain, and I and I had a blast. 
Yeah, it was, a, it was a fucking fun movie. DC News, everybody. We're getting a Wonder Woman trailer tomorrow. So um, we will be talking about that next week. I just want to point out that we did get the sneak peek. We got the sneak peek teaser <laughs> of the teaser trailer that's coming out tomorrow. And it's I just want to point out that one of the spoilers that I talked about on a previous episode to that film happened in the teaser in the teaser sneak peek because Jake I'm telling you like when I do these DC leaks that I find out about I only give the ones that I think are legit I only give out the ones that I think are legit and I think that I had found some that I believed were legit people that have seen the movie that it's been screened they seemed legit and and one of the spoilers we talked about how like and it sounded silly, but somebody said that in the movie, she lassos lightning. She lassos <clears throat> lightning. Dude, we saw that in the fucking sneak peek teaser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was kind of the big end moment that they showed. You can't just make that shit up. Like, like, so I, I think this is just reiterating the fact that like the spoilers that we've kind of gone over on the show are true. And Jake, I also, on the subreddit today on DCEU leaks, I believe I read an accurate full movie breakdown from Redditor Gamitco. And Jake, I sent this to you and you said you read the whole thing. Like I didn't get through, I was getting ready for the show. I didn't get a chance to read it. You said you read the whole thing. Yeah, I made through the whole thing. It was, it was pretty fascinating. It was very detailed, a lot more detailed than I thought it would be when you said you found it. I mm-hmm. mean, just down to like a lot of the big, beats that shift from scene to scene even mm-hmm. and, and um i don't know it a lot of it mirrored a lot of the plot beats we talked about earlier but it definitely sounded a lot cooler spelled out a bit more than it did when we first talked about it there were two screenings for this and i think like two i think the screenings people have seen different movies both times i think that i believe it i believe it yeah they made some radical yes. plot changes yes Yes. So, um, if people, if you want to know, uh, if you, it's basically, it's a, it's a, it's a full, uh, movie breakdown. If you want to, I think I'm pretty sure that Warner brothers, just like all the other leaks that I fucking talked about on the show that I had to screenshot. I'm pretty sure that Warner brothers and Warner brothers took those down. They were removed at the request of Warner brothers. And I've sent, I've sent these out in emails to people. I screenshot this and I also copied and pasted it. So if you want to read this, send me an email, brian at popcultureleftovers.com and I will uh, copy and paste and send this to you and you can read what I believe is the full movie breakdown of uh, Wonder Woman 1984. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, if you're not adverse to spoilers, I highly recommend it. It's a it's a good read too. It took me a good probably fifteen twenty minutes to read this whole thing. Yeah, I think the um, the title card was WW eighty four. They said. Yeah, they said just initials only. Yeah, they they don't even like say the full name. I like that. Yeah, the opening opening sounded super sweet. Right. Yeah, the opening sounds awesome to this movie. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah, so. there was a, the, the one thing that I'm really worried about is how the cheetah stuff's going to play out. Um, I yeah. didn't get 
reading this whole thing didn't make me any more excited to see this character. And yeah. man, hopefully visually they pull it off. Some, some of the descriptions of how she was going to look, especially in her final battle sounded a little stupid. And the whole Max Lord stuff with the stone, I was not a hundred percent like a fan of, right? Yeah, there's some there's some wonky stuff going on yeah. when it comes to Max Stone. The final battle, Max Lord, Max Lord, Max Lord, Max and Lord. that stone, yeah, with the stone, with yes, the stone, yes. yeah. The, the final battle sounds kind of lame. Yeah, um, it, it seems a little bit more like Final Boss Part Two. Yeah, so eh, that's unfortunate. But you know, a lot of times, strong, stunning visuals and acting can make up for a lack of really 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 great story and i'm hoping maybe that's the trick that happens here yeah i've had a lot like i've I've offered these spoilers in the past i've had a lot of people send me emails wanting to check this stuff out so if you do want to check it out send me an email brian at pop it's b-r-i-a-n you fuckheads i swear half the people that write itunes reviews spell my fucking name wrong it's B-R-I. Oh, with the Y? Yeah, I can't imagine how many fucking people have sent Brian at Pop Culture Leftovers to the wrong spelling of my name. B-R-Y-A-N. That's not how you spell my fucking name, people. Jesus Christ. I put it in, in like, I'd say in like 90% of the fucking descriptions that I put on our episodes, if I do put my name in there, I put it B-R-I-A-N. People still fuck my name up in iTunes reviews. Fucking repugnant pieces of shit. Anyway, I'm sorry. No, it's me. <laughs> I'm not that angry, people. Todd Phillips spoke with. Hey, Quentin, are you doing okay? What are you doing? You, you all right? Yeah, I'm just listening to every all the news. All right. Thank you, Quentin. You're welcome. You're welcome, Brian. <laughs> I love it when we ask our silent guests, like, "Hey, how you doing?" And there's like, "Oh, I'm just listening." I'm just, over here. oh, I'm great. I'm great. It's like a, it's like a part of the show, and I'm listening. <laughs> Don't they all do that, Jake? It's so, way when they're when they're quiet for a long. I honestly feel like it's like it's like I just want to get one of them to be honest and be like, "God damn it, I'm ready for this fucking episode to end already." It's fucking. It's past ten. I'm tired. And I'm fucking, I'm ready for you to wrap this fucking shit up. I'm just, Look, I'm here. Let me, let me just add. No, this. you can't fucking no, no, do no. it now. You no, fucked up. You're, you're over there doing your little listening bullshit. Listen to us you're do right. the news. So you can't pull that shit on me now, but go ahead. Right. F my ears. Um, the, the thing with Wonder Woman is I, I don't want to, like, I, I've, I've, Listen to the episode where you guys kind of broke that down. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't, like, it just doesn't intrigue me as much after hearing it. Yeah. Like, the whole rabbit's foot thing. Like, I I just, I'm like, that's really going to be the movie? And I was kind of disappointed when I saw her um, get the lightning. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, fuck. Brian was right. It's it's some goofy shit, man. I don't, Jake, I don't know about you, but that, that visual just, it, it is weird, right? Am, am, am I thought I, it was cool. Lassoing lightning? I thought it was neat. I liked it. I, I like those <laughs> giant bombastic visuals like that. I, I thought it was neat. She's swinging through lightning strikes like she's Spider-Man in New York City. I think it looks silly. Or like Tarzan in the jungle. Yeah, I thought it looked silly, man. But I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait till we get this trailer, and then we'll see what happens. But 
Yeah, I'm not yeah, saying the whole. I saw that. I'm not saying. Like, Fuck. I'm not saying the whole movie is going to be garbage. I think that this that uh, being able to lasso lightning. I don't know. I've never. I didn't know that was a thing she could do. Okay, mm-hmm. I guess it happens though. Um, Todd Phillips spoke with IGN this week, and we got some new uh, news on uh, what's going on with a possible Joker sequel. Todd Phillips has reconfirmed that no Joker sequel is in the works, but he says he thinks Warner Brothers is giving him time to think over how to approach one. Speaking to the IGN UK podcast, Phillips was asked if the huge response to the now debunked reports that a sequel had been confirmed, Warner Brothers had begun pushing for one. He said, well, there was that push even before Joker came out. A movie does that kind of business and became that beloved around the world. They had talked to us about it. Joaquin and I had spoken about it anyway as far back as when we were shooting the movie. But in all honesty, we haven't gone any further on it. Even Warner Brothers hasn't. I think they're just giving us time. And if we can figure it out, and if Joaquin's down to do it, we would do it. But we haven't gotten near that yet. Phillips also made clear that he recognized a desire from some of the audience not to see a sequel. Quote, I think some people really think we shouldn't. And I understand that as well. You know, you were saying that people's reaction to it is all positive. Some of it is no, don't ruin it with a sequel. And I understand that too. It's interesting. Um... Uh, there's more. I like this. that he said that a lot. Yeah, there's more to this article that I'll read. But yeah, yeah, he's he's totally aware of it, man. He's not fucking. He's not stupid. He fucking knows that that uh, you know a lot of us think that it should be one and done. Yeah, yeah. It's easy to mess this whole thing up with a sequel. I like that he's very aware that Phoenix definitely needs to be part of this. I do feel like though, if like Phoenix in an interview said he was all about it that they would fucking fast-track this shit like fucking lightning. Phoenix said that he wouldn't count it out. I can't quote him. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, yeah, I've heard him say yeah. stuff like that, too. But I'm saying if he seemed gung-ho about it for a second, they would fucking... It would happen one way or another. I don't think that Phoenix would say that until Phoenix got a hold and looked uh, hold of a script and looked at it and said, I like it. I think, it, I think like... But, I, I th- yeah, I think there's two things that would need to happen. A script and Phoenix to be excited about that script. Because I honestly think, from what it sounds like, and I don't know this, I think he really likes playing the Joker. Like, a lot. Like, if he, if like, if he was forced to admit, I think he really enjoyed playing this role. I think it pushed him, and I think he liked it. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, you definitely do better at things you like, and he just killed that role. Yeah, yeah. I think he really liked it. I think, I think he really liked it. I don't because I, I think before this movie came out, and before he even, you know, when he agreed to do the movie, but before they shot anything, like if he, I don't think that he would have said he would have done a sequel. But I think like after they made it, I think he really liked getting in the head of the character and. um We'll see what happens. Um, Seems like he had a really good relationship with Todd, too. True. Yeah. 
Asked if there were other DC characters he'd be interested in taking on for a single character film instead of Joker, he made clear that his interests still lie with Arthur Fleck. Quote, I think there are DC character studies I'd like to see personally, but there's nothing that I've been drawn to. No. Phillips also touched more on his pitch for DC Black, a, a movie label he had, uh, envisioned uh, that would allow for low-rent, low-budget movies where you get a filmmaker to come in and do some deep dive into a character. Asked if it was a fully sketched out idea or more freeform, Phillips revealed he had an early slate of directors in mind. No, it wasn't freeform. I pitched it as three movies, Joker being the first with me, and then these two other movies with two other directors. But I don't really want to name them because then it'll become a thing and I'm pulling these directors into it when I've never even told them about it. It was just me. <laughs> it was just me telling Warner Brothers about it. This is fucking crazy, Jake. Oh my God. Because it was like one of those things like we're hearing from different outlets that Todd Phillips went in there with like, dude, these outlets are reporting that Todd Phillips went in there to Warner Brothers, and he's like, I'm, I'm going to do this Joker movie, and I want to do all these other fucking origin movies. I've got two, <laughs> two face, clay face, all the faces, all, all, the, all faces, the faces, all the faces. He's like, you name that spread, I'll fucking make it. Like, he's <laughs> he's doing it all, man. And it's like we're hearing these reports. And he, like, I love that Todd Phillips is like immediately coming back out into the media, doing like interviews with IndieWire or even IGN now and telling us like, well, hold on. There's no sequel. And then now he's like, say, like, hold on. I only, yes, I, I pitched it as three movies, but I wasn't involved in all three. I was just doing the Joker. I had two other directors in mind for the other two movies. They don't even know. They don't even know that I talked about them to Warner Brothers. So I'm not going to tell you who those other two directors are because they don't even know about this. It, it's crazy. It's like, it's like the media. It's like a game of the, it's like a game of telephone where like where one person says something into somebody's ear and the next person says it into the next person's ear. And then the final person, like you're hearing a completely different story by the end of it. Right. I mean, yeah, it is wild. <laughs> it's like, wild. It is cool that he came out like he, he probably felt like he had to. He probably doesn't want to field all these questions over and over and over again yeah. about the next Batman villain spinoff prequel he's going to do when he's not planning on doing any of it. Right, right. These movies might never get made. It was pitches. I, I think it's cool that he didn't pitch that he was going to do all three. He like had other directors in mind that he's trying to give work to. <laughs> Which is kind of interesting. I I would like to know who those two other directors were out of curiosity and who were the villains, right? Definitely. I I think he's being very smart with the media. Like he's just like making sure that everything that is being said is coming out of his mouth. He hasn't always been smart with his responses to the media, but in this case, yeah, I would no. agree. Oh, no, no, no. I just meant <laughs> just in this case. No, that that's all I meant. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I, I just had to clear that up real quick. <laughs> right. Thank you. Thank you. Because I don't want to anger anybody. Yeah, because he was saying yeah. all the really dumb stuff about yeah. how you couldn't make edgy comedies anymore these days. And it was like, oh, dude, shut up. Yeah. Right. And I love it how, like, what is immediately after that, like – um 
Oh god, I can't think of his name. God damn it. Uh, Kroll. What's his fucking first name? Nick Kroll? Yeah, Nick Kroll came out and said like, you yes, can, you can still do a bunch of like edgy comedy now. You know, it's, you know, there's many ways you can do edgy comedy right now. So I, yeah, it's yeah. called Jojo Rabbit and Bash Brothers and, right. <laughs> you um, know, it's, it's still out there, Todd. It's just, it doesn't have to be Hangover 4. Oh God. Bash Brothers is awful, Jake. I'm sorry, dude. I know you love that. Oh, God, it was so oh, bad. Straight. One of my favorite things of the year. Oh, God, it was terrible. Well, good or bad, it's edgy comedy <laughs> that people didn't, like, say couldn't be allowed on TV. I, thank God. I'm sorry. Oh, it was so terrible. I'm it's just, Comedy is so subjective. It really is. And Bash Brothers is proof of that. <laughs> so... Oh man, yeah, easily one of my favorite things of the year. <laughs> oh god, Jake. Oh my god. Um that's fine. There's other people that liked it, I'm sure, but um um Henry Cavill made some comments about the Snyder cut this week. Did you guys see this? Yeah. I did. Yeah, this news comes from Dark Horizons out doing promotional rounds for his The Witcher TV series on Netflix. Cavill was asked by Kevin McCarthy about his stance on the Snyder Cut, and he offers a surprising reveal. He's not sure if it exists. Quote, I have not seen any Snyder Cut. I don't know if there's anything that exists that's a Snyder Cut. I'm sure there's footage out there that's probably been pieced together over the years. And while I'm always interested in seeing how stuff like that turns out, that is very much a chapter in my past. I would rather talk about what's going to happen in the future, the future of Superman and how I can express that character from from the comics, which ties in nicely to Man of Steel. I really like I really like that movie and I'd like to tell the story from where it was left at that point. I have more of the article I want to read. That's he, hilarious. He's like, yeah, I hate everything after Man of Steel. Can we please get back to the basics of this character? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what's interesting about this is that he is saying he's like he's like I've not seen the Snyder cut. I don't know if it exists. And basically like I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about like, you know, I liked Man of Steel. I want to do a second I want to do a Man of Steel sequel, blah blah blah. Like this is a far cry from Jason Momoa Last month, sitting talking to MTV News and saying that he's seen the Snyder Cut. Like Jason Momoa, I've got his quotes right here. Jason yeah, that makes no sense. How is he of a higher priority than uh, Henry Cavill? Henry Cavill. Well, I mean, I guess he was a bigger deal right then and there since he had his movie coming out next. With Aquaman and everything. I don't know what the fuck is going on. But anyway, here's these quotes. This is, uh, this is his quotes last month. Well, from October. This is his quotes for, uh, to MTV News. MTV said, so is that partially why when we spoke about a year ago and I brought up the Snyder Cut, you were like, fuck yeah, I need to see it? Jason Momoa responds, yeah, absolutely, but I have seen it, so I have seen the Snyder Cut, so, and then MTV says, so what does that mean? Because the effects aren't done, like, you've seen his assemblage of footage 
and alternate takes, etc. Jason Momoa says, oh, you you think Zach couldn't finish it? MTV says, I don't know. You tell me. Jason Momoa says, I mean, listen, man, next question. And then MTV says, do you think we'll ever see it? Do you think the public... I think at that point, Jason Momoa is like, oh my God, I'm saying too fucking much. Like, I'm... Oh God, yeah, I just admitted there's a Snyder cut. <laughs> like, I should shut the fuck up. Right. Um, but MTV goes, do you think we'll ever see it? Do you think the public will ever see it? It seems like the groundswell has grown. Jason Momoa says, I think the public needs to see it. I'm obviously indebted to Warners in DC, and I don't know how they feel about it. As a fan, I'm very happy. I'm, I'm very, very happy that I got to see it. MTV says, does it feel like a totally different movie than the Justice League that was released? Jason Momoa said, yeah. Wow, if that doesn't add fuel to the fucking fire. Now, here's the thing, is that when this release the Snyder Cut hashtag, when Reddit basically banned together and said on this particular Wednesday, we're going to get together and blow up the Twitterverse with hashtag release the Snyder Cut. We're going to send that tweet to HBO Max and Warner Brothers, and we're just going to fucking let them know. We're going to let them hear our war cry. Two of the actors involved in that film were also part of it. Jason Momoa, hashtag release the Snyder Cut. Gal Gadot, hashtag release the Snyder Cut. Nowhere to be heard hashtagging release the Snyder Cut was Henry Cavill. I don't know. It's it's just it's what the f- I that's I that's a little odd to me. It just seems like Henry Cavill's the odd man out here. I, I talked about it last week. I, I feel like Warner Brothers has just been, you know, Gal Gadot's getting her sequel, and that movie just came out a couple years ago. We. Uh, Jason Momoa is getting a sequel. That movie came out last year. And I said last week, like, if a movie performs in the box office, it gets a sequel. They're saying Variety was reporting last week that we might not get a Superman, another Superman movie until 2023. Does that not alarm anyone that we wouldn't get another Superman movie? Um... A decade after Man of Steel is released in theaters? Like, do you bring back Henry Cavill to play this character in a sequel a decade later? Like, I don't know. Is Warner Brothers, like, are they waiting to see what his stock is in Hollywood, Jake? Like, I brought this up last week, and it was like one of those things where like, oh, you know, uh, he did – People really seemed to like him in Mission Impossible 6. They loved him in Fallout. He was a great villain. Are they, is Warner Brothers waiting to see how people, um, see Henry Cavill after the Witcher series comes out on Netflix? Are they waiting for his stock to rise or fall before they fucking, I don't know, piss or get off the pot? I think they're looking for a, Oh, sorry. You know, I'm just saying, are they waiting for his stock to rise or fall before they piss or get off the pot with a fucking Superman sequel? Or do you think it all comes down – are you thinking it comes down to a director, getting the right director in there? Yeah, I think it's – they just haven't mm-hmm. found a creator director that they're willing to 
go all in with yet. You know, it seems unlike Marvel, it doesn't seem like they're really looking for any young up and coming type directors. Well, what like, about you know, they're looking for a James Wan or a you know people that have cut their teeth and or a Matt Reeves or you know. Well, what about what about what about J.J. Um, Abrams recently signed a first look deal with Warner Brothers? What about a J.J. Abrams like in the Variety article? It, oh, that would be huge. They would do that in a second. With the Variety article, like they speculated that it would be like you know J.J. doing a Green Lantern movie, if anything. But like, yeah, what if they did get like a J.J. A Abrams Superman movie? That's what they should do. I mean, if they were going to have JJ do anything, that should be the number one thing they'd want him to do is to get that character going again. Yeah, I just, I, it just seems so weird. It feels like Cavill's on the outs of everything, even down to the fucking Snyder cut. He hasn't seen it. He's not using the hashtag. Fucking, you know, you're not using the hashtag. I'm, he's not using the hashtag. It's like, it's like out of the, out of the, you know, like you've got, you've got fucking, uh, I think even maybe even Ben Affleck used it, but, um, it's, yeah, wild. I mean, he's, it's kind of the jo biggest joke for his character, right? He's the one who had the mustache CG work done on it. It does seem like. It, and it, it's always been so weird that Zach just went straight to the let's shove Batman into it in the second movie thing. So I don't know. Like maybe there is just something where Cavill just isn't it with the click as much as other people are. Uh, it's, it's wild. He seems like a really cool guy. Listen to this back to the article separately. Uh, he, he also talked with Jake to Jake Hamilton and was asked if there was a reason he didn't join his league co-stars and tweeting about the Snyder cut to which he said, quote, I wouldn't say there's any particular reason. I, it's, I mean, I miss my mustache. <laughs> <laughs> which yeah, is, see? He goes, which is the most important thing. And for me, it was just a harrowing reminder that I didn't have it anymore. And so I just didn't want to dig that wound any deeper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I, I can see where Henry would just want to forget this whole Freaking debacle as soon as possible. But I it's he not doing his career any favors. But he definitely wants to continue being Superman. Like he's made that clear in my opinion. Like he is not ready to retire as Superman. I, I don't think that he's ready to hang up the cape. No, he just wants a good movie and not to worry about yeah a director's cut of a movie that has already been out for almost two years. Yeah. Wow, thanks for that insight there, Quentin. Well, hey, I'm not trying to butt in because it seems like, you know, Jake. No, that was, wanted... I was just, I was getting back at you for the whole insight bullshit. Yeah, no, I, I understand where the joke came from. What, but, uh, what were your thoughts? I want to know your thoughts. What did you think of Man of Steel? Like, it's, 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 this goes back to like the first fucking, Jake, this goes back to like the first like two months of PCL, like this right. Man of Steel shit. Like, well, that was like episode number eight of Pop Culture Leftovers. But we uh, we have our thoughts. What are your thoughts on Man of Steel? I think Man of Steel was was fine. Like, it was not amazing, and it I don't know. Like, it 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 didn't feel like a Superman movie right off the bat. But then you give it some time, and it I don't know. Like I said, it's just fine. It just it's just there. Okay. I, I, I see Jake hates it. I, I love it. I think it, I think it's, uh, I think it's an amazing movie and I still love it to this day. I think it's so good. Right. 
I mean, I bought it when it came out on on Blu-ray. I mean, that that was kind of something okay. that I wanted I, to get. I have the Blu-ray that has the little miniature General Zod and the miniature Superman figures in it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I went all out. That's no, that's that's cool because like <laughs> I I think they did a good job with with Michael Shannon. Um, I love that Michael Shannon was in the movie, um, but I hate how much they're harping back to Justice League. And like, like you said, it's been two years. I mean, the movie oh, hasn't no, I want, well. Don't don't confuse Jake's comments with me, Quentin. I I want the Snyder cut. Like I. I want to see it so badly. Oh, I, well, didn't, no. I didn't want to see it. I, oh, I no, no, no. It too. With, with, Cavill's, yeah. with Cavill's quotes, I want to see the Snyder Cut. I am dying to see the Snyder Cut. Yeah, and I'm going off of Cavill's quotes. Like, okay. he, he wants to move on, and I get that. But, like, it's just, I don't know. It's just the DC extended universe is, I feel like, in such shambles right now. And just needs to be reworked because it seems that even the co-star, or I'm sorry, the stars in the series have no idea what is going on with the future of DC. No, I and, think I think the stars that do have an idea of what's going on with the future of, uh, of DC are the ones that use the hashtag. I think like Jason Momoa right. feels pretty comfortable right now. Gal Gadot feels pretty comfortable right now. And I think the one guy that does feel left out, and you alluded to this as well, is like, it's Henry Cavill. Like, I don't think his main concern right now is releasing the Snyder Cut. He doesn't even know if he's going to be fucking Superman. So I think, like, he's going to use this outlet. Somebody's asking him about the Snyder Cut. He's. I think he's going to use this outlet, uh, this this question to just basically kind of, like, reiterate the fact that he wants to pick up the story of Superman. Like, you know, I think, yeah. I think, it's, I think it, it comes down to him, like... You know, yeah, he's not concerned about the Snyder Cut. He doesn't even know if he's going to be fucking Superman at this point. Like, there's nothing until they greenlight a fucking sequel for him right. or another movie for him to be in. You know, he's it's it's um, I don't know. It's it's I feel I kind of feel bad for him. Like it, they're just like keeping this guy hanging on. And well, Brian, let me let me kind of like just end it with this. If Man of Steel 2 did get greenlit yeah. and it had Henry Cavill in it, mm -hmm. I'm there. I'm going opening day. Like, I'm still excited to see if they tell a great story with Henry Cavill's Superman because I enjoyed it enough that I want to see more. But I just, just with everything that's going on, I just, I, like you said, I feel bad for the guy and wish that, you know, it's like he, he was, he was the cool kid, and he was invited to all the parties, and now he's just kind of in the background waiting for somebody to text him. Yeah, they wanted to, it was it was a they wanted to get him to do that cameo in the Shazam movie, and I think it came down to it came down to money. He wanted it to he want he wanted it to count as like a movie appearance where one of his movie appearances, Jake, to where like he got like a big payout, and they weren't wanting to they weren't wanting to do that so i mean that's kind of like that's a lot of where some of this started but i mean god damn it we're, we're fucking think about it we're it's 2019 it's been it's been fucking six we're going into 2020 it's been like seven years and this guy right. they haven't they haven't 
they haven't done. I mean, like, yeah, he's been a guest star in every movie since. Yeah, basically. Yeah, like, like, did he? Like, his his Justice League role was 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 not huge. No, it was laughable. He was basically just a a villain for the fucking Justice League for a moment, and then he was he was he was Hawkeye in Avengers, which is hilarious because fucking Joss Whedon (laughs) directed that movie too. That one, yeah, yeah, he was not good. Um, And even Batman vs Superman was, I would say, more of a Batman movie than a Superman movie. Yeah, totally, totally. And then and then you're throwing in Lex Luthor. You're also throwing in. Um, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman in that movie for the first time. Doomsday. So, doom, yeah, well, yeah, it was, um, uh, yeah, Doomsday. There was fucking Doomsday. And, uh, I was trying to think of that. Oh, it was Justice League where they had the shitty villain that was the lackey of Darkseid. I forget what his name even fucking was. <laughs> I can't Steppen remember. Wolf. There you go. Steppenwolf. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry that I, I knew that. No, I'm glad you did know that. Oh, that's awesome. Steppenwolf um, and Iron Maiden are going to have a team-up movie. Steppenwolf and Iron <laughs> yeah. Maiden. Oh, I'd be there, man. Oh, man, that's awesome. Oh, my God. Uh, Star Wars news. Um, Jake, did you want to – are you excited for this Jedi Temple Challenge fucking game show coming to Disney? Not really, but, you know, I I do – to my to Ahmed best, you know, I, I – I do know that he struggled with depression and suicidal thoughts, and that's been heavily reported. Yeah. And I am proud for the guy that he's got a gig in the Star Wars community again, and I hope the fans don't go toxic on his ass I th- it's and a make ki- things it's, even worse. It's a fucking kid's show. Oh, I know, but that could make fans even more jerky about it. Yeah. No, I hope so. The fans everyone don't. back the fuck off. Yeah. There's no need to hate on this show or Ahmed Best. If you're my age, it's not for fucking you. Exactly. So settle the fuck down. Yeah, don't get on Twitter or whatever. He's probably not even on Twitter. I don't blame him. God. Is he on I Twitter? think this could be really cool. It could be a really cool way to introduce the younger set, like the six to ten year olds, into Star Wars. Because, I mean, no matter what you know about the plot of the whole thing, you know you like laser swords. And it's just a great introductory, I think, into the universe of Star Wars that will encourage kids to want to watch the movies later in the future. I think it'll be a fun little game show for kids to watch. And yeah. yes, I'm, I'm not going to be, I probably will watch about 10 minutes of this and turn it off, but I wish I'm at best, the best. <laughs> I've been saving that joke. All night, and it felt so good to get it out there. Oh. He would have been way better suited to host Name That Spread. Name That Spread. Name That Spread. Oh my God. The energy. <laughs> our voice. The energy. Yeah. Dude, the energy with the crowd yelling Name That Spread has n- like. Like, It'd be like that Kevin Feige crowd. That's what I'm saying. I was going there. Like that CCXP crowd has yeah. nothing on that. <laughs> nothing on this fucking name that spread crowd. Um, the, got some news on the Mandalorian here uh, from Slash Film about Carl Weathers' character of uh, Grief Karga. I don't know, man. I guess you can kind of consider this a spoiler. So if you don't want to hear this, like. I don't know, fast forward a little bit, but it's not a huge spoiler to be quite honest with you. But speaking to games, radars, sister site, SFX, 
Carl Weathers talked about his character Grief Karga, the leader of the bounty hunting guild of which the Mandalorian's lead character is a member, though there are still four more episodes to come in the first season of The Mandalorian. It sounds like we'll be waiting until the second season to find out more about Karga. Weathers said, I think Grief's backstory is more saved for season two, but you get some glimpses at Grief and who he is through the stories in the first season. There's some real strong indications that you give some idea of who he is, but we never let on completely. It's much more interesting to play someone who is not all of one thing. Not one-dimensional. Also, it opens up to stories later on that can reveal much more about this character. Certainly with grief, you have to keep your, uh, you have to really keep your eye on him. So, I guess it's kind of a spoiler that it sounds like he's not gonna die in the first season. They've already given us a fake-out death with a character within the first few episodes anyway, but it sounds like we're gonna find out more about who this character is in the second season. So it sounds like Carl Weathers will be returning for Mandalorian season two. That's cool. I, he's been great. Um, I'm not quite sure how privy he is so far to what stories are gonna be told in season two. I, I think that's a little bit wishful thinking on his part that he probably just wants that story explored more. Yeah. Yeah. And take it with a grain of salt, whether or not it will be. Well, I don't know about that, Jake. Here's the thing. Like they are fast tracking Mandalorian season two. They've already started production. If I'm, Oh, I agree, but I still don't think weathers has read screenplays yet. And I know they haven't begun, begun filming quite yet. Right. Or I, I think dude, I think they have. I think like they didn't they fast track this thing. Yeah, I, I remember. I think Favreau already uh, put an Instagram post or tweeted that they're filming. Yeah, hold oh, on. Wow. Well, there you go. There you go. Yeah, the Mandalorian. Yeah, it's this is from October twenty first. The Mandalorian season two has already been on filming, and this was from Cinema Blend. Yeah, I like they, this. They knew the show was going to be a hit. They wanted to get it fast tracked. They knew they had the sets up still ready to go. And they started filming this thing. So I, I think like, I, I put a little bit more, um, uh, maybe someone is telling Weathers to shut the fuck up right as we speak. <laughs> oh, you, you, you say it too much, Weathers. <laughs> shut up, Weathers. Oh my god. Yeah, no, like the, uh, the dude, I'm looking at fucking, uh, the Mandalorian season two set photos revealed, revealed here. Reveal Pedro Pascal unmasked. Holy drinking shit. Drinking a Pepsi. Yeah, he's fucking drinking one, one of those lit up fucking Coca-Cola Pepsis. Coca-Cola Pepsi. Yes. What the fuck? Is it Coke that's doing the lightsaber? It is Coke with the light up lightsaber. Coke. Those, those are, are badass. Dude, but they're not available in the U.S., are they? Yeah, they're like China or something like that. Yeah, it's like, it's fucked up. They light up when they touch. So, oh my God, the Raylo people want them. Oh my God, <laughs> the Raylos want them so bad because it's like they're fucking. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, on, true. What was that, Quentin? Nothing. You just can't. No, you can't do that. That's, that's I thought you were trying to say that's like their mantra. The the Raylo cans. The Raylo cans. They, See, this is why I said never mind. <laughs> 
I yeah, should have listened. You're right. I should have left. <laughs> he was actually trying to help us out. <laughs> yes. He dug too deep. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> never, never try to like, you know, dig into like what Quentin was saying. <laughs> like, you'll, you'll only be disappointed. Right. When I say never mind, I mean never mind. <laughs> Quentin's like, Brian, it's like trying to, trying to pull stuff out of me is like digging through a trash can. You ain't gonna find <laughs> Just you're just oh. just dirty tampons. You're gonna be, and, and and tissue. You just don't want that. You just don't want it, man. It's just a, it's just a bunch of disappointment, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, oh man. What do you what do you what do you, what do you Jake? What do you think? Mandalorian season two is going to be about. I mean, are we still getting Baby Yoda stories in Mandalorian season two? I happen to think that we won't. I agree. I think they're going to wrap the Baby Yoda up by this season. I think had they not fast tracked season two and they had waited around to see the insane reaction to Baby Yoda, (laughs) that may be different. Good point. Yeah. But I, I, I think they didn't. I, I, I'm sure they knew people were going to like it. And yeah, yeah. You know, it'd be yeah. well received. But I don't think they knew it was going to be the phenomenon it was. What are and they? What are they calling Baby Yoda on the merchandise now? Is it? Just, is are they calling the kid? The, the kid. Child. I thought it was the child. The, I thought it was yeah, the yeah. child. Yeah, I was on Entertainment Earth, and they were calling him the child, and all of that. Yeah, something like the Mandalorian's the child. It makes more sense to call him the kid because, like, the episode was called the kid. Yeah, yeah, that, maybe that's why that was in my head. I yeah. think the characters are referred to as that as well, too. So, yeah. Yeah. Lame. Yeah. Quentin, I'm so sorry. I, I called your, I called your insight digging through garbage. Right? Uh, I feel like that's pretty accurate to this episode, though. So, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> I, Quentin, I, you're a good guy. I like, I like having you on. You're good well, people. Well, thank you, Brian. You're good fucking people. You're good fucking people. And you always treated me good on your show, for the most part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For the yeah. most Let, part. Let's, let's not go, you know, we don't have to dive into my show. Are you ever gonna, you should, you know, you should, you should just every once in a while, everyone, like, why retire it? You should just every once in a while, just like, come out with a special bonus episode. Keep the feet alive. Just do it like a, just on a, just on a whim. You're just, you're just feeling silly one day. I'm gonna make a new episode. Well, yeah, I'm, I've actually been talking to Amanda about that. And I mean, Amanda was my co, or is my co-host. I'm, I'm not saying the show is dead. Yeah. Um, but like Amanda and I've been in close contact ever since that we stopped. Like there's no bad blood anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. but like her and I have talked about, yeah, we're not done. I just, you know, it's just life. I, this is a very big, big, uh, just time right now. I'm sure. a, band director and marching season is kicking my butt so yeah i just i just couldn't and you put recently, in the time you recently just got married i did yeah yeah and, congratulations and I, got married and I took a break off of that whenever uh my wife and i uh were on our honeymoon and everything and kind of yeah. getting preparations and so then but amanda has been amazing she has been great about the whole thing and she said she she plans on going with the show no matter what um, so definitely keep that in mind. And I know that we'll let you know. I told her that 
the show is needs to be alive because it's it's fun. It really is. But I just I don't want to be the reason that it's lacking in any way. Well, you know, it's it's what you know. As long as your audience knows what they can expect, like as far as like you know your time. If if you come back on and you say like we can only do the show when we can do it, just keep the oh, feet, yeah. just keep the feet alive. And when you get an episode, you'll get one. Your audience will understand, and I think the people that love the show they'll be they'll they'll stay subscribed and they'll wait for those episodes to drop. So it's when podcasts just like kind of like because like for me it was like there's a couple podcasts that I used to listen to and like they just went away with no explanation. I was like, what the fuck? Like where the fuck did you guys go? It kind of and it, it kind of sucks. But yeah, man, uh, the real Zodiac, everybody. Um, I was on a couple episodes, so check those out. They're, they should all still be up on iTunes, correct? Oh yeah, I yeah. actually was listening to it to make sure that my mic was good enough for this show. Oh, okay, <laughs> no, you sound you sound great. You sound really good. Um, uh, last story. Uh, this comes from Dark Horizons. The upcoming Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker will serve as both a conclusion of the current trilogy and of the overall Skywalker saga that began in 1977. It is expected this will be the last time characters like Daisy Ridley's Rey, John Boyega's Finn, and Oscar Isaac's Poe will grace the big screen, and the actors have made it fairly clear they're done. Talking to Variety, Boyega says he has no plans to end up on a Star Wars TV series a la The Mandalorian. He tells the trade, you ain't going to Disney plus me. I ain't going no, I ain't getting no Disney plus. I'm watching it though, but I'll stay in the feature films. He adds that if uh, Ridley and Isaac are willing to come back, then he will. But the others are just as adamant that it's over. Isaac says, I'm happy and feeling fulfilled that the task is complete, so I can't imagine what it would be that would make me want to redo this thing or revisit it. Ridley says, I just don't know if anything could top this one, honestly. I think it's just a great story and a great close, and even though, obviously, the characters continue to exist, it would have to be so extraordinary to return, and I don't know if that's possible. Um, yeah, I'm saying in about 15 years, when Disney knocks on the door and shows up to your home with a dump truck full of fucking money, saying we're gonna the, uh, we're gonna make another uh, Star Wars movie with Poe, Finn, and Ray, that they will uh, these quotes that we're reading right now ain't gonna mean shit, and they would come back. I really think that this is just. To, and I think that who knows if they've been coached to say this I kind of stuff. Say, I think some of this may be um, press instruction from Lucasfilm themselves. Yes. Where just to definitely to really drive home the finality of the movie that's about to come out, you know, much like they did with Endgame and uh-huh. like the, the press for that. So yeah. it, you can't buy any of this. Really interesting that though. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I, I honestly think that like, uh, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm definitely. Uh, in agreement that I think that um, Lucasfilm, Disney themselves basically kind of coached them on the saying like, yeah, this is, this is, we don't expect you guys to come back. You guys did a great job. And, you know, you know, let's. let's... Yeah. And it's definitely a question they knew was going to come. Will you return? Will mm-hmm. you be in future Star Wars movies? Will you be in Disney plus space? Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah, this was definitely coached. I, I completely agree. Quentin, you looking forward to the Rise of Skywalker? Um, 
I know I shouldn't like because exactly what you guys are saying. I mean, I'm falling for them all saying like for the press, like this is going to be the best movie ever. And this is going to be like the finale that the fans have been dreaming about. And I'm soaking it all up. I think that this and I know this is a very bold statement, but I think that this might be the best Star Wars movie that will ever come out. Oh, my God, Quentin, you haven't even seen it yet. I know. I know. What's wrong with me? I don't know what is wrong with you. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. I just wild. just from just from what you guys have been talking about um, uh, from the episode that you released, uh, I think it was Thursday. Mm-hmm. Like it got me so excited. Um, I'm excited to see what happens, and like this is a culmination of you know all all these movies that you know that we've watched and uh, that we've had the chance to dive into. Like mm-hmm. I I don't know. I just can't wait. I just can't wait. Oh, the hype is real on your end, man. It's like I you know I'm excited for it. To be quite honest, with you. I really am. It's a Star Wars movie. I'm excited for it. But like going back, like dude, I'm thinking like Jake. I don't think anything's gonna ever top fucking like Empire. I, 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 you know, and I know that's just like the, that's the, the fucking Star Wars answer that Empire is the best fucking movie. Right. I really think it is. I think Empire is just that amazing of a film. Like, I it love really Empire. Is. Jake, I don't know. Like, yeah, you're never going to feel that kind of like just woe and dread at the end of one of these again. Yeah. Like, I think the closest they've come to matching Empire is honestly fucking Infinity War in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, oh, just that so feeling true. of uncertainty for for characters that you love. Right, there were kids crying in that. Th- I remember fucking at that showing, listening to children crying at the end of Endgame, and it like like those tears kind of like made me. It's fucked up. Those tears were just kind of like confirmation that that yeah, this is good. It was kind of beautiful hearing children's wails. At the end. Oh, I'm right there with you. <laughs> the end I, I think that makes a lot of sense, so don't it, worry. Yeah, it's no, it's it's one of those things that I had to deal with when I was a kid. Like I remember watching Optimus Prime <laughs> die in the animated Transformers movie and crying. I fucking cried about that shit well into my adulthood, which is <laughs> insane. It's just because of the nostalgia once I got older. But like when I was a kid and he died, it really affected me. And it, like I think like those are like I, I think like a lot of media these days tries to um, keep that like keep that not not put kids through that anymore. You know what I mean? And I think like I think that that's one of the most memorable moments for me when from my childhood. And I think kids will look back on um, watching and uh, Infinity War um, and watching Peter Parker die. You know, being snapped up and, and hearing them cry in the theater and like, and like the same goes for, oh my God, the same goes for Endgame. There was a woman that was just like crying about Iron Man, like in pain. Like I, it was just a woman was crying for like the last 15, 20 minutes through the fucking credits because she's sticking around to see if there's a post credit scene and bawling the entire time. You can hear her crying. Jake, going full snot. Just crying. <laughs> just cr- That's awesome. Yeah. Cr- I'm not yeah, even joking. I, mean, it's yeah. just, I don't think the Star Wars movies have done anything like that since Empire, though. I think yeah. it'd be really... If Last Jedi, it was really surprising that they... Didn't leave any of the characters in more climactic positions. Ah, we got left with Broom Boy, though. Mm. He might be in trouble. 
That's probably, I, you know what? Looking back on it, I hate that scene so much now. The, the last scene? Just Broom Boy in general. Yeah. I, I, for, I forget about that scene, um, every time I, wa- uh, right before I watch it. And then as soon as it happens, I'm like, oh yeah, that's how it ends. It's, it, that, that scene feels like a, like a, like if they were doing like a Coke commercial for Star Wars. Right. Doesn't it, Jake? <laughs> I get what you're saying. Like I like this, it though. I want to see Broom Boy at the end of that movie. Like he g- g- grabs the broom, he's sweeping up a little bit, but he needs refreshments. He's, it's, you know, I mean, when you're when you're when you're sweeping, you get a little hot, and then he and then he drinks a drinks a Coca Cola, and you can see all the fucking Santa, like, Santa shows up and gives him a Coke. Yeah, Santa shows up, gives him a Coke, and you hear the sigh of relief. Just for the taste of it. Diet Coke. That was there. Diet Coke? Yeah, that was there. You gotta get the kids started on the real deal. Come on, man. What was the, no, what was the, what was, uh, oh, Coke, uh, this is it. Well, I'm trying to think of all the different fucking slogans that they had over the years. Diet Coke was. You got the right one, baby. Uh huh, uh huh. Was that that was Diet Pepsi? You you going with the wrong fucking? That's the wrong. The <laughs> <laughs> Ray Charles was singing about Diet Pepsi, Jake, not Diet Coke. Whoops! And you were still going with a diet brand. I don't know. This, <laughs> I this, thought you were thinking of a Diet Coke figs. <laughs> I'm sorry. This we were all on this on different pages here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I hate this episode, Jake, so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's can, a bad one. Yeah, can we let's just uh, let's put this one to bed, right? I don't know. I'm I'm really looking forward to the premiere of um, Name That Spread, though. One thing. Oh come, yeah, we did one good right thing came out of this. Yeah, yeah. The only the only redeeming thing in this episode was Name That Spread. Can't wait to call my parents yeah. and tell them about it. Oh God, if they're still together. Oh, if your parents are even together, so <laughs> no shit. You might. You might. You Mom. <laughs> oh man. Hey, Quentin. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, of course. Thank you again. This, this has been a blast, guys. I'm serious. All right. I thank you for humoring me. With that lie. Always. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jake, what are we, next week, what are we doing? What's going on? Oh, Jumanji. J- Jumanji. 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 I got a couple things on the, uh, I've always the got a Jumanji movie. Jumanji movie. <laughs> oh, man. I, I think it looks really good. I think it looks fun. Yeah, me too. The the Danny DeVito thing, I think, was a brilliant idea. Oh, so good. Oh, God. Thank God he's going to be in it. Oh, and The Rock. That really shows, like, you guys, it really shows, I think, I think it shows that The Rock is just like, if he can pull off a DeVito in this movie, like, oh my God. <laughs> it really shows it. He, the, the guy has come a long way as an For actor. Sure. I, Jack, Jack Black really, um, Give it a good turn in these movies too. Like he can come across real, just like paycheck sometimes. And I thought yeah. he really gave it his all in that first movie. Yeah, but I mean, you go back and you look at his career, and he comes from like a you know a sketch comedy background. I, I remember watching him on old episodes of Mr. Show and thinking like this guy is hilarious. Oh, same, oh same. Yeah. But just you know, having him play that vain, you know, 
yeah. pretty girl character. It was just a stroke of genius casting, too. It was really good. All right, uh, Quentin, thanks for joining us. Guys, just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya. Later, y'all. Name that spread. See ya. I, I, I just wanted to say it again. I like it. So I love the name of that game show, Jake. Name that spread. Oh, it's great. <laughs> really good. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, clean it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are originally good. I've already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft of crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushed over. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.